warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 257. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Jake, this is episode 257, buddy. Nice, nice, nice. Ever tell you I always do like a karate chop while I'm saying my name in the intro every time? Do you really? Yeah. It's been like a thing for like at least the last six months now. Just I, get myself jazzed up, ready to do this shit. I'm Jake, karate chop. You, well, <laughs> you just said jazz. You should do like jazz hands. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's maybe a good idea too. No, I like the karate chop. That's manly. <laughs> no, it's like, like the Austin Powers judo chop. Yeah, but that's it's really not a manly move if you get in a fight. I've never seen a man like men punch. I've never seen a guy actually do a karate chop, right? In yeah, real you life, hurt your hand. No, you'll hurt your hand anyway. This is stupid, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So episode two fifty seven, Jake. Episode fifty seven was that? Uh, did we christen that our Heinz episode? I'm just curious. I'm surely we did. If it, if we I, didn't, it was a missed opportunity, wasn't it? I can't imagine we missed that joke. That what? joke sounds very us. Yeah, it does. It sounds really uh, pathetic. Now, hold on. Why do they call it Heinz 57? Uh, isn't that the amount of, like, spices or ingredients Jesus in it? Jesus Christ. Or some... That's ridiculous. 57 things in there? I don't know. I'm, I'm fact-checking this. All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not alone this week. Uh, joining us for the zillionth time, and I'm glad she's here. Rebecca Daling, welcome back. Thank you. I totally did not karate chop that time, though. Just okay. want to let you know. All right. Zero karate chops over here on, on my end. Uh, zero chops. Zero chops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake, 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 if you ever did get in a fight and... And, and you were like, uh, you, one cool thing that you could say, like an action star, you'd be like, you know what my favorite kind of salad is? Chop salad. And then you chop them. 
<laughs> with your chops. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. If I'm going to do the lame-ass karate chop, at least I have the witty, the witty saying to go with exactly. it. Exactly. That guy got his ass beat, but that was funny. You know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Listen to this Heinz 57 information. This is this is way more crazy. Hey, than hold, on. We, hold on. Hold on. We got another guest. Let's introduce our other guest. <laughs> and then we'll jump into condiment talk. Hey, uh, yeah, we're also joined by Sarah Knightley of the Comp My Pod podcast. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Absolutely excited to have you. Now we're going to cut that intro off short. Jake, tell us about this this, <laughs> this, this condiment. Listen to this. Heinz 57 is a shortened form of a historical advertising slogan, 57 varieties of pickles oh. by the H.G. Heinz Company. Yeah, it's come to mean anything that is made from a large number of parts or origins. So there you go. Pickle. 57. Yeah, pickles. Huh. Okay. All right. If any Even though the sauce has nothing to do with pickles anymore. Yeah. Right. Do the, does Heinz make relish? They yeah, do. I'm pretty sure they yeah, do. Yeah, they do. With yeah. mustard. With mustard? Yeah, it has mustard like in with the relish. It's oh, really God. good. Oh, God. That's like, oh, that sounds disgusting. Hold on. Oh, it's amazing. You put it on a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah, but you put them on separately. Yeah. You don't. Thank you, Rebecca. God. No, you. you, you... <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with us? You don't put the mustard in there. It's gross. You, that's, no, that's... it's all together, and then you don't have to like. Oh, you put lazy mustard fuck. on it, and then put you, the relish. Oh, you lazy. You ah, oh. uh, that's laziness. Mm-hmm. That's just pure laziness. Yes. yes, it absolutely is. You're absolutely. Oh correct. God, I am no. I'm just picturing you. I'm just picturing. I'm just picturing your lazy ass just drinking it straight out of the fucking bottle. Well, pretty much, yeah. You're like you're like fuck the hot dog. I'm just I'm gonna mainline this bitch. Anyway, yeah, Jake. That, that I don't know. I that wasn't as an interesting as I thought the fact would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's developed from the marketing campaign that told consumers about the numerous pickle products available from the Heinz Company. How excited that they were. There was nothing going on back then if people were excited, that excited about pickles. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I, I just, 57 varieties of pickles. How I mean, I don't even know. Like, I, I, I could think of five. Oh, Dill, half sour, gherkins, bread and butter, Indian relish. Oh my gosh, you're like the. You're like. It's like even, the Bubba Gump shirt. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, you beat. Halfway through, I was yeah. like, this is a mistake. This is a mistake. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Go back. Jake, you beat, you beat me to the Forrest Gump joke. Yeah, was, that's where I was going. <laughs> the, Beck, the Becca Gump pickle company. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we got no iTunes reviews this week. Oh. But hold on, hold on. We did get this is weird and this doesn't happen a lot. We do host and we don't host our podcast on this one, but we are available on a service called Podbean and we got a Podbean review. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's like, something. You, I'll if, take what I can get. If you go to Stitcher, you can, you know, leave a Stitcher review if you listen on it. You know, like and so Podbean, they have their own service and we're on Podbean. I've uploaded our feed there. And so we got a Podbean review. So uh, let's check out this review in our new segment that I like to call <laughs> Flick the Bean. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's got a bumper. Oh, yeah, right there. 
It goes on forever. <laughs> I almost spit out my beer. <laughs> oh yeah, she's is hey, this the, is this the uh, first ever pod bean uh, <laughs> review left? I've yeah, I don't. I think we might have had another one, but I didn't use that that fancy bumper. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I know it's the first time the bumper was played. But, yeah, I don't, I don't ever remember a, a review. Yeah, no. So hopefully we'll get more so we can play that bumper again. <laughs> 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 What's crazy about the Podbean's review, it, it doesn't have a name, so I don't know who left it, but um, it goes on to say, my new favorite podcast. I started listening. That was a woman having an orgasm. That was our bumper, Jake. <laughs> I know. I, didn't even, I, I like how I didn't even name the segment, really. No. It, well, like... <laughs> It said nothing about the segment at all. I just that was my favorite part. Yeah, hold on. Let's. Play. I gotta hear this again. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Our new segment: flick the bean. Oh god. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Right there. Oh, uh, I, uh, yeah. the springy sound effect at the very beginning, I think, is my yeah. favorite part. It's so good. <laughs> Can I get that one more time? Oh, the yeah. Uh, first off, I want Rebecca. I want to thank you for recording that for us. Oh, shut the fuck up! All right, here we go. Here we go. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> just for you jake thank you oh man yeah you guys you would you like the smile on my face when i thought about this all week i was like yeah that's gonna i can't wait to make this bumper it makes a lot of sense now why we were making very sure we could all hear the bumpers before yeah the first exactly <laughs> All right. It's uh, there's no name left to this one. It says my new favorite podcast. I started listening about a month ago and I can't get enough, even though the episodes are five hours long. And that comes from who the fuck knows. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, they escaped the wrath of me making fun of their name. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, oh, my God. Love the new segment. Big fan. Oh, man. We're like. 15 minutes in and I'm like worn out (laughs) so is she oh man (laughs) (laughs) no seriously that's just like a part of the clip that's literally like a seven seven minute clip dude I am not even kidding you (laughs) yeah seven minutes yeah seven minutes in heaven Uh, oh uh, Cheyenne that that shit's fake oh sure it is yeah (laughs) I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> They're all fake. The female orgasm's fake. It. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's very much did that. That seven minute one though. Yeah. Come on, oh, I know. Yeah. Anyway, Cheyenne Etchi, our listener from Amsterdam, I've been uh, speaking back and forth to him on Skype and uh, found out he got engaged in May. So I want to congratulate him, and uh, we're going to have him back on the podcast soon. So. 
Congratulations. Oh, that's awesome. Yay, that's awesome. Congrats, Sky. Did you call him uh, Guy or Sky? Sky. It's Shy. Oh, my God. I said the wrong name completely. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry. Shy. <laughs> Someone's not shy about fucking up somebody's name, are they? His <laughs> parents' hippies name him Sky and shit. What is he? One of, one of, Frank, one of Frank Zappa's kids. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, yeah. Don't be embarrassed, Rebecca. That's all right. It, it, it will not be the first mistake I make this evening, nor the last. I'm quite sure. First mistake was, was signing on to Skype to talk to us. So, yeah, no, my uh, yes, my my first mistake was like, yeah, I'll join this call. Yeah. Why not? All right. Uh, I, this week we do the mashups every week uh, with uh, Michael Cannon. We gave Michael Cannon the week last uh, last week off. Uh, he still presented us with an amazing uh, mashup last week, which was cool, which we posted on the Pop Culture Leftovers Facebook page. This week's Michael Cannon mashups are brought to you by the one and only Joe Vitale from the Supercast podcast. Me and him were talking back and forth over Facebook Messenger, and he sent me some uh, suggestions. He didn't even send me these to be on the show. Uh, he was just saying, hey, here's some cool mashups. And I said, you know what? You own the segment this week. I don't want this to set a precedent, though, that people start messaging me with mashups now for the show. Mm, good don't, disclaimer. Yeah, don't do that. Come on. This is a one-time only deal. I don't need that shit going in my yeah, – and then I got to think to myself, oh, that was terrible. I don't want to see that. So just – yeah, this is, this is for Joe. Uh, number one – Backstreet Boys to the Future. <laughs> number two. Number two. This is my favorite. Gauntlet with the Wind. I like the video game. What? Oh, or the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about like, the, like oh yeah, the the four players Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah, like the dungeon crawling. That's crazy game. that your mind went to that first. <laughs> yeah, well, with, I don't know. Without the um, other words like Marvel or Infinity in front of it, yeah. I just I instantly started thinking about the dungeon crawling game. Yeah, oh my gosh, I, was, I, I haven't <laughs> thought about that game in a while. No, I watched the arcade. Have you ever, play, have you ever played the arcade version? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Was, I, you, you could squeeze all four people together on that thing. Yeah, I watched the uh, video. I'm not going to talk. This is stupid. Anyway, number three, doc- <laughs> <laughs> number three, Doctor Stranger Things. So there's your three. Backstreet Boys to the Future, Gauntlet with the Wind. You can, if you want to use the Nintendo game, Michael, go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> Knock yourself out, buddy. Number three, Doctor Stranger thing. So thank you, Joe Vitale. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually floored that none of those are like Superman or Aquaman related. Oh, because uh, he's a DC fan. Yeah. I just was expecting at least one, especially with three. Not even a knock, you know? Nothing. Not a damn thing, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting weird. Yeah, back, Backstreet Boys to the future at the front of the list. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, what are we doing here? Oh God, we got to do a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! All right, let's jump into uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop. Bad pop. Good pop, bad pop. 
is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. First thing that I watched, uh, not first thing that I watched this week, but the first thing I want to talk about this week. I went to the theater and I saw a movie. It's a documentary uh, directed by Jimmy Chin, and it's called Free Solo. Follow Alex Hanold as he becomes the first person to ever free solo climb Yosemite's 3,000-foot-high El Capitan wall. With no ropes or safety gear, he completed arguably the greatest feat in rock climbing history. Wow. Um, first off, I'm going to give this a Tupperware. I was... This movie just makes you anxious and nervous the entire time that you watch it. I have never seen anything like this. And um, it's this huge wall, this huge um, mountain in Yosemite. And it it's basically vertical, Jake. Like there is it's, – it's just basically a vertical wall going straight up. There's all these different routes that you can take with, like, gear and ropes. But as far as, like, free solo climbing, which there aren't many free free solo climbers. Um, Out of, like, the climbers that are, you know, people that are into rock climbing, 1% or less than 1% actually do any form of free solo climbs. And um, this Alex Hanold guy is one of the only maybe one or two possibly three guys that are doing free solo climbs and no human ever has done a free solo climb on el cap and this thing is just you've got to see this thing just google it and it just it is just insane and um this basically chronicles alex's like his whole journey uh going forward into climbing this thing and doing a free solo and um what's cool about this documentary too is like the director and the camera crew typically when you watch a documentary are not a part of the actual story but they're actually included in this because they have doubts about doing this they are friends with alex they like the guy yet they don't want to be up there with him while he's doing this if something were to go wrong and he falls to his death because that's what's going to happen. You're going to fall and you're going to die. There's no rope. There's nothing to save you here. And it, you got Wow, that's crazy. It is crazy. It's absolutely yeah. nuts. <laughs> I, you watch this documentary and um, you just see the scale of this thing. And they take you through like the two different routes that he can go through on El Cap. And they show you these two routes while he's on uh, using equipment and, and, and rope and stuff like that. And just thinking about him doing this without the use of a rope is just terrifying. And to watch this on the big screen is what I would recommend if you can, if you can find it in your area, because it just makes everything look that much bigger and more massive and intimidating. But when you finally get to the point where you're watching Alex do this, it's 
there's times in this where I gasped just like, Oh my God. You know, like you freak out. It's, it's, there's something seriously like Alex is an interesting guy. There's something seriously wrong with this guy. (laughs) There really is like, he's, he's interesting. I think he's, I, I don't, I just can't, I can't relate with somebody that would do that. Like that has that kind of like, um, the need to do something this uh, adrenaline rushing and 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 he was on, recently on Joe Rogan's podcast and talking about it there. They even like take him through an MRI, giving him give him an MRI of his brain to see if like you know people always say there's <laughs> yeah. something wrong with him. He's insane, yeah. <laughs> and so they look at like the part of his brain that contains the fear receptors, and the lady says there's activity there, but not a lot of activity. And mm-hmm. so wow. it's this is an absolute mm-hmm. Tupperware and it is so just incredible. And I for me, it just made me anxious and nervous because I know like the, the movie came out and he made it right. You know, he made it. It's just just the fact that he's actually doing this and the fact that at any moment, if one thing goes wrong. And you got to see like what he's putting his feet on. You guys like this is literally a vertical climb. It, it's it's insane. Like the notches that he's putting his feet on are next to nothing. The balance and strength to perform this, the mental fortitude to get yourself in the headspace to do this is just absolutely crazy. And he's in a relationship. He's had a girlfriend for like a year and a half now. And for her to be with I sh- I think she's a little fucking nuts too because her guy does like you know at any moment she could get that call you know and with him being a free solo climber when he does these free solos he does them by himself typically this is the first time he's let anybody ever record it and he does them he wakes up in the morning and he just goes and does it he doesn't tell anybody he's gonna do it and so it's just you've got to watch free solo this is an absolute tupperware um I saw that it was playing in the theater. I'd really been wanting to watch this one. And um, I'm not even doing it justice. I've just never seen a human being do anything like this. It's absolutely crazy. So I highly yeah, recommend it. sounds interesting. This. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the trailer for this on my phone, and it did look absolutely incredible. And, the, yeah, like the – the cameramen themselves are yeah. professional climbers, too. So, I mean, yeah, you yeah can they really would have tell. to be. Yeah, they would have to be to get to where they need to be to film it, I would imagine. Because how else are you going to be able to get the shots? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're you know nervous yeah. about falling or not knowing what <laughs> yeah. you're doing. But yeah, Plus this they have like all getting... that equipment, too, that they're having to lug around. So, yeah, it's crazy. Even on my tiny <laughs> phone, though, watching this in my car, there was a couple moments just in the trailer that kind of made me gasp. So I can only imagine seeing it on the uh, big screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible watching it on the big screen. And um, it's I, it's nothing that I don't – I don't know if I could go back and watch it again in, <laughs> in the theater. It just made me that anxious. I would definitely yeah. watch this again later at a future date, maybe at home. But watching it in the theater, it was just – it's exhilarating. Yeah. And I'm the same way, yeah. Stuff like that makes me like all like nervous too. Like I'm like, oh my god, they're going to fall. <laughs> I can't even handle it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Tupperware free solo. Uh, let's see here. I, I got a few more things that I want to talk about, but I'll pass it off to Rebecca. What do you got? So I got a couple of things. Uh, firstly, I have been listening to 
Uh, it's now available on iTunes for free, uh, Wolverine The Long Night, uh, which is a scripted podcast that previously was only available if you paid on Stitcher Premium, I believe. Um, it is now available on iTunes for free. Um, one of your listeners, uh, Brian, John Figueroa, he he messaged me about this and said, you should really check it out. It's available to everybody yeah. now. And um, <clears throat> so I did. I, I started listening to it. Um, I'm up to episode nine. It is released week to week. Uh, there are ten episodes, so I, I, I'm almost done with the with the series. Um, quick synopsis here of it: um, th- This takes place in the fictional town of Burns, Alaska, and so uh, there are federal agents who uh, go to this town and they're working a serial murder case. And Logan uh, Wolverine is the main suspect, and the agents uncover his his dual identity and there's a lot of corruption going on in the small town um this takes place um at a time where logan is trying to escape society and kind of hide away and not be wolverine uh at the same time that this is going on there's um this kind of wacky religious cult called the aurora cult that is um, located in the same town and they're doing a lot of weird shit. So this is, again, it is a scripted podcast. uh, So there's sound effects and um, there's uh, cool music and uh, I I give it a Tupperware. It's Hmm. a lot of fun to listen to. Um, The, the production value is excellent. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from Marvel, but um, like the, like with the sound effects, there are times where I'm listening and there's like somebody is knocking on a door and I, I jump because it sounds like someone's knocking on my door. Like it's so <laughs> it's so realistic sounding, which is great. Um, yeah, that's cool. And, yeah, it really is. And the voice cast is excellent. Uh, Richard Armitage is uh, Logan and he does a really great job of really capturing that like – uh, like kind of gravelly Logan voice that you think of. And um, the writing is excellent. Uh, all the actors, though, do an excellent job. The guy who plays Prophet, who is like the leader of the of this cult, his name is Brian Stokes Mitchell. He's excellent. Like you really believe that he's a nut job. Like um, I really recommend this podcast. And, and I, it's, each episode is like only 30-ish minutes, like 32, 35 minutes. Uh, and this looks like only going to be 10 episodes. I, 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 so 10th should be released sometime next week and then it'll be a completed series. I, I plan to go back and listen to it again all together as a completed story. Uh, but it's really, really intriguing and it's a lot of fun to listen to. So if, if you were kind of like thinking about listening to it, but you were holding back like I was because you had to pay to listen to it, it's for free now on iTunes and you could subscribe and just download it and you could knock it out in, in a day if you wanted to. So my question is, yeah, uh, Stitcher Premium kind of like this is it's dead. It's got to be like they got to realize must be. when when you release it for yeah. free that mm-hmm. it kind of like it didn't catch on. People were not ready to, you know, I don't think people are ready to pay for podcasts. So like I think like after so much, you know, so much time went by and people weren't subscribing to Stitcher Premium, they were just like we just got to release this. I I that that was my same thought as well and um you know, so so when John messaged me, I was like, "Oh, I said, well, I don't want to pay for it." He was like, "No, it's it's on iTunes now." Yeah, so like that yeah. that was my first thought was like, 
they must have realized that this was a no go. And you know, I I listen to other other podcasts that you know they they offer like a similar thing. Like, oh, if you want to listen to our episode early, you can sign up for Stitcher Premium. You'll get the episode a couple of days early. And hmm. I'm like, why would I fucking do that? I'll get it for free when it drops. Like, I'm not paying for it. Why, yeah, why should exactly. I? And I yeah, I, I can't imagine Stitcher Premium is going to be a thing for very much longer if it even is still a thing yeah it's still a thing i mean that's what i listen to podcasts on i mean i don't use stitcher premium but i use stitcher and there's a couple of podcasts that i listen to that have gone to stitcher premium which is like really annoying but i still get some of their content but i don't get all of it and i guess they're trying to like push you know right for you to pay for it or whatever on there and i'm just i'm just not gonna do it i'm like why (laughs) i mean I was in the same boat. Like, I honestly probably would never have listened to this if right. it was still on Stitcher Premium, if I'm being honest. But, um, yeah, it's, like, for free on iTunes now. So <laughs> go and listen to it if you – Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's – I mean, it's excellent. It's a great it, – it's a fun – it's a fun thing to get into because – and each episode, of course, kind of leaves you on a bit of a cliffhanger and um, and there are ads. You know, right in the middle, there will be, you know, like a two-minute ad or whatever. But, yeah, sure. you know, whatever. Skip ahead button. It's fine. You know, yeah. so <laughs> – yeah, I, I think it's totally worth it. It's an enjoyable story. And again, the the production value is excellent. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I saw short. it before. I saw it pop up on Stitcher before. And I'm on here now trying to, and now I can't find it. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll look around. <laughs> it ran over to iTunes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It did. It left. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, I love those old like radio dramas too. Like I always mm-hmm. love the old Star Wars ones and like The Shadow and stuff like that. So. It's cool that they every now and again still do stuff like that with, you know, modern franchises. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, that's I mean, it it, it was definitely intriguing because, I mean, obviously, Logan Wolverine, a very popular character. Um, and this is like a unique original story of Logan hiding out in this uh, in, in Alaska, in this little town. And all these murders now start up, and of course he's now the main suspect. And now the FBI is there, and this cult thing—it's a—it's a lot of like stuff happening all at once. And it's fun to listen to these characters try to figure it out. Well, and it um, sounds like yeah. does it end? All right, Go ahead. yeah. <laughs> Let's. Yeah. <laughs> does it end up being vampires? Jesus Christ. Uh, does it? Uh, so far, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find a little i don't know place to squeeze in here <laughs> um i was i was saying like it feels like uh they like marvel said okay what's popular right now well we are number one but like number two true crime podcasts are very popular mm-hmm. and so it feels like they yeah. kind of it sounds like a mashup between a you know marvel property and like true crime it is it absolutely has that that true crime feel um but it, it yeah it, it kind of straddles the line between true crime and like a like a scripted radio drama which is a whole lot of fun um just to yeah. really get into the story um i i got caught up like in in an afternoon at work, I just downloaded a bunch of the episodes and just listened to them run right after one right after the other till I was caught up. And it's mm. yeah, it's easy to, it's easy to do because it's like thirty ish minutes. 
each one. Nice. Yeah, um, it's been downloading on my Pocket Cast app. I just haven't listened to them. So this nice. has been sit. I'm sure once I get started, I'll get sucked in, though. So, um, Jake, what do you got, man? Oh, I watched a couple new animes this week. Um, I wanted to talk about one of them that I really liked that I'm actually going to Tupperware. Um, it is called, hold on, I was looking at that Wolverine Long Night thing. Oh, shoot, my notes are all messed up. Um, Zombieland Zero is what it's called. And it is on the Funimation app, and it is an absolute Tupperware for me. Um, I don't want to spoil the like first two, three minutes of it, but it is one of the most crazy, hilarious like intros to an anime I've ever seen. And I was kind of just sucked in right from the beginning. But um, it's got a ridiculous plot. It's basically a uh, group of zombie girls that's being like formed into a uh, death metal pop group by this wrangler, and we don't really know what his like you know what he's really trying to do behind the scenes but it is absolutely ridiculous there is zombie rap battles and pop songs and (laughs) violence and gore and craziness and this is one of the most bizarre cartoons i've ever seen um it's brand new there's only uh two episodes of it so far so i mean you can get caught up on it really easily and uh I'll probably end up watching. I was upset when there was no episode three on this thing. It is just so wild. Oh, so it's still going week to week. It's still going week to week. They're yeah. doing their it's their brand new winter season on Funimation. So there's a a bunch of brand new shows that have been premiering every week. Um, I've watched about three or four different of the new ones. And honestly, um, this is the only one I've really cared for. And I'll keep watching so far. So. God, I'm trying to verify the name of it. I swear it's Zombie Zero Saga or something like that. I'm terrible here. I had it right loaded up, and then I was bouncing around. Zombie Land Saga is what it's called. There we go. We got the title now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but this this was a lot of fun. Um, They don't do – the whole thing is dubbed in English except for all the songs. They still use, like, the actual recording, so that's all subtitled. But I kind of think that makes it a lot neater. It's crazy to hear the uh, death metal – rap songs sung in like the native language so it's very very intense very very weird very quirky very funny the, this one just kind of had it all for me and this is the kind of thing i look for when i try to find new animes so i was really blown away by this nice yeah so zombie land zero zombie land saga Zam- it, it is a tupperware zombie two episodes Lance. in for me if you like zombie stuff you should you should check this out very cool all right let's see here did we all get a chance to see bohemian rhapsody yes yes or i, I did. It. rebecca yes i did let's talk about that all cool. right yes. bohemian rhapsody a chronicle of the years leading up to queen's legendary appearance at the live aid 1985 concert uh, this one was kind of directed by Brian Singer because he was fired <laughs> by 20th Century Fox on December 5th of 2017 for reportedly being at odds with his star Rami Malek. Uh, Singer threw an object at the actor when Malik complained to the studio about the director's absences. So, yeah, things got crazy on the wow. set there. Apparently he is notorious for, like, not completing films. So I believe they brought in... The original director who then was like the cinematographer for the project. I could be wrong, but uh, he finished the film. This one stars Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, uh, Lucy Boynton as Mary Austin, William Lee plays Brian May, who I just wanted to point out 
looks like a very young Howard Stern throughout the entire movie. It just blew <laughs> me away how much he looked like Howard Stern. Ben Hardy as Roger Taylor, Jeff Mazzello as uh, John Deacon, and he was the little boy from Jurassic Park all grown up. Huh, look at that. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, okay. a- Aiden Gillen, uh, John Reed, Alan Leach as Paul Prenter, Tom Hollander as Jim Beach, and then, of course, Mike Myers as uh, Ray Foster. He was the guy in the film who refused to play Bohemian Rhapsody on the radio, which is crazy because yeah. <laughs> Mike Myers had to fight the studio during Wayne's World to have Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> be the song that they played in the Mirthmobile. The, the story I heard in, I, so I, I funny. don't know if I have 100% confirmation on this, is that Mike Myers wouldn't bend on this. He said, we've got to play Bohemian Rhapsody in the car. And th- he threatened to quit the movie if they didn't use it. And um, that, That's correct. The studio wanted uh, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, uh. no, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I believe then went number one for the first time after after this movie came out, after Wayne's World came mm-hmm. out. I think yeah. that I, I, I'm pretty sure that that's correct, too. Yeah, I remember reading that. Because, like, the song was so ahead of its time that even the critics, music critics back then, couldn't understand, like, really yeah. what they were doing, what they were going for. Even in the movie, we saw kind of, like, the critic reaction. They actually put the printed critics' reactions up on the screen. Um and Ray Foster in the film says that no one would be banging their heads in the car to Bohemian Rhapsody. And that's exactly what happens in the movie. <laughs> Wayne World. So it's kind of fitting that uh, I believe that the character of Ray Foster was 100 percent fabricated, though. So, yeah, he was like a combination of like five dudes all in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I uh, want to hear from Rebecca. What did you think about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? I, I I struggled with my rating a little bit on this one. Um, going in, you know, I knew some of the behind the scenes production stuff. I knew uh, that there was a different actor originally cast as Sasha Baron Cohen. I knew that there was a lot of talk about the script being heavily censored by the band or wanting it to be censored. Um, there's a lot in this movie that I really really like. Um, there's some stuff that I that I did not like. Um, I absolutely Tupperware Rami Malek as Fred Mercury, I, uh, Freddie Mercury. I think he was absolutely incredible uh, playing him. I think the, obviously the soundtrack, I mean, 100% queen music uh, as it should be absolutely just gorgeous to hear that in, in the theater setting. Absolutely wonderful. I thought the, the concert scene at the end with Live Aid was, I mean, it gave me chills because I remember watching that on TV as a kid. Um, and then to see it on the big screen, it really gave me chills. It really actually brought like a tear to my eye to think like what they went through to get there. Um, but I feel like there's pieces missing from this story in the sense of there's like connective tissue that's missing in certain scenes and, I think there's a lot that's been glossed over and I think that there's a lot that this movie felt 
very PG for a PG-13 movie to me. And I was kind of disappointed in that. But uh, overall, I, I had a I had an enjoyable experience. I will give it a high taste. Oh, Nick. OK, nice. Uh, let's see here. Sarah. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, I totally get what Rebecca's saying about that. They obviously glossed over some things. Uh, but I think that they try to just focus on the music more and more of maybe his relationship. I, I noticed that there was a lot of focus on his relationship with Mary. It seemed like that they focused on that a lot, which I liked. I I enjoyed that. I thought they had a very interesting and dynamic relationship. The fact that they kind of stayed in each other's lives for as long as they did was interesting to me. So I mean, I knew that he was married before, like I already knew that going in. I know a lot of people didn't know that, but I was aware of that. But I didn't know like how, I guess, how connected that they stayed throughout each other's lives. I didn't know that she like stayed in his life. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I mean, I thought it was great. I I Tupperware the movie. I thought it was excellent. I loved it. All right, Jake. Uh, yeah, I'm going to echo a lot of the stuff Rebecca is saying, except I'm going to I'm going to more low taste it. Um, and, you know, great hearing the music in the theater, like she said, um, Remy Malik was great. But I don't know. It just felt so safe and so afraid and so like Hollywood movie fabricated that it was just kind of frustrating for me. Like, I don't know. And I I was not overly impressed with the Live Aid stuff. Um, I, too, remember watching that as a kid. And I don't know, man, those like it looked really like CGI composited the combinations of the crowds and like those pants and stuff. And I really didn't think that stuff looked very great. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There was there, I had fun. There's some light, fluffy fun to be had here. It's a decent enough of a popcorn biopic, but there's really not much beneath the surface other than that for me. And I don't know. I just kind of thought it was safe and afraid and i wish they would have like i don't know i wish they wouldn't have had to have brian may like give his seal of approval Mm -hmm. i I don't think this is the best queen movie we'll ever get so hopefully we get another crack at this sometime 10 years later yeah yeah so low low taste it for me i'm with you jake i'm gonna give it a taste it um i think the pg-13 movie just holds this movie back and it's it's a queen movie it's not a freddie mercury movie and i get that but i i came for freddie mercury and i think most people did um and i think with if we would have got the sasha baron cohen movie we would have got that hard r Mm -hmm. freddie mercury his Mm -hmm. you know his hedonism years and not got all like the fluff that we got here and most of this stuff didn't even happen the way that the movie portrayed it it's like if you actually go through and like read about like how the queen movie actually the real life events like how it you know rack stacks up like most of the stuff didn't even happen the guy that plays uh Littlefinger in hbo like that they're like their first agent you know like they left on good terms with that guy this movie totally fabricates that entire thing um the movie holds back from like we know that we know that freddie mercury's gay but like it doesn't it doesn't really show us like his struggle at all with like coming to terms with that or and and we we see him kiss men in this but we we never see him like in bed with another man mm-hmm. oh no like the news talks about it yeah like there's <laughs> um 
I did love the love story between Mary and Freddie. I thought like that whole scene where that that marriage was falling apart was was I was actually very kind of like you know misty eyed during that whole scene. Um, but the, just the movie embellishes stuff, and I I understand why a lot of movies do embellish stuff, but this like chose not to be daring either with the R rating. So mm. it, it like they chose this successful formula that we've seen in so many movies, like walk the line being like the first of many, um, you know, the Johnny cash film, like even down to the PG 13 rating, which that had, because like, they know it's going to be a huge box office hit and it's going to be a feel good story. They even end it with like his parents, like accepting him. His parents didn't even know he, <laughs> he never even came out to his parents. His parents up until the day he died, didn't know that him and that, um, what was that guy that he was with? That Jim Hutton? Mm-hmm. They told yeah, 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 Jim. Yeah, he told his parents that Jim Hutton was his gardener. I mean, like that whole scene was just fabricated, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's just um, and how they met, how Queen met. Like they make up this whole story about how Queen met. Like you know, he, he was already in another band, and they had played shows together, and it just kind of like happened that they, you know, he eventually joined Queen. It was that whole story about how the band came together was 100% fabricated here. And um, I don't know. That part was hilariously bad. Yeah, I just. Wasn't it? It was uh, like, oh, listen to me sing this song. Okay, you're in. What? Just the the timing of it all. Like, he happens to quit the same day he gets to come to go up and confront his favorite band. Get the the fuck out of here. I I honestly like I thought Rami Malek did a fine job. I wish that we would have had Sasha Baron Cohen. Like when you watch, when you look at Freddie Mercury and you look at Sasha Baron Cohen, like they just look related. It's insane how I, I think Sasha Baron Cohen, when he was attached, um, looks more like Freddie Mercury. And I think that he you know he wanted to have that edgier R-rated film that got into like. Freddie Mercury's hedonism and and things like that, and uh, I think we we you would have had a but see that's the thing here you, we wouldn't have it wouldn't have been the box office success that it is right now had they done that so you know and yeah. I, I get it like you go into the movie it's a feel good movie great music I saw this in IMAX you know the Live Aid uh, the only part that looked kind of like sketchy to me was the crowd the crowd looked like. <laughs> really CG, but everything else I thought looked pretty damn good. And I, I, I you know, um, one of the, and I, one of the highlights of the movie for me, in my opinion, um, I, I love the fact that he had separate rooms for his cats. I love that. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sound mix for the cats was good too. Oh, you get all the, the, they were always heavy on the purrs on like the right speakers. Yeah. yeah, I can. I can, if you're if you're uh, if you are a casual Queen fan and you go into the movie, um, I think you might walk out and and uh, not care about like you know some of the things that they took liberties on. But I think like diehard you know Queen purists and Freddie Mercury fans that like really wanted to see a movie that really depicted his life and 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 showed us like the hardships that he went through. Um, and uh, some of the wild hedonistic times that he had uh, in a more art, like an edgier art film, you're just not going to get that here. And Jake, I'm 100% like behind you. Is like hopefully in a decade from now we will get that movie. 
Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, it, I guess this. I feel like if I watch this a second time, I might almost enjoy it more. Just knowing I'm just going to enjoy some rock and queen music and just mm-hmm. a fun, fun enough fluffy story, you know? Yeah. I, I feel so, like this movie was painted with such broad strokes, like. Um, you know, there's there's so much opportunity here to show, like 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 you were saying, Brian. There's so much opportunity here to show uh, Freddie coming to terms with being gay, and that never happens. You know, there's so many things that happen, and it's like with a wink and a nod, like you know what's going on, wink, and it's like, yeah. well, yeah. and not that I'm like, not that I want to go in and see some NC17 hardcore sex movie, but I just think that there was opportunity here to explore a lot more of his past. I, uh, during that scene with the parents where he like supposedly comes out to them, I cringed. I was like, Oh, Oh, give me a fucking (laughs) break. (laughs) I also didn't like how the, the one main gay character was like basically the most villainous character in the movie. He was like always constantly trying to break the band up. I thought that was a little heavy handed. Yeah, I agree. And I felt like I didn't even remember them really introducing him as a character. It was sort of like yeah. he was just there. Oh, God, yes. And, right? Yes. Like he was just there all of a sudden. And he's like, hi, I'm Paul. I'm kissing you now. And it's like, what? what? <laughs> what? I didn't. I, I didn't. Under, I totally didn't understand the hold that he had on Freddie. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. I, and like even to me, that wasn't even clear. Like. It's implied that they had a sexual relationship. I guess they did, but I mean, did they? I, I didn't they? I I don't know. I was very unsure. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just honestly for me, like my my high taste. It comes from how much I enjoyed that. La- I enjoyed the Live Aid stuff. I loved that stuff. It was so. It was just. I don't know. It just uh, brought just, back. Just watch the actual Live Aid concert. Well, no, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. There was a bunch of. There was a bunch of missed opportunities that really bothered me. I, I hated the way they really yada yada the uh, North America tour. And I thought that whole montage was really stupid. And it was just like there was lots of one year laters and just goofy montages that mm. really like lots of fun stuff really could have been explored there. It's like you do the goofy montage and they're back landing on the plane again. And it mm-hmm. was just like, I mean, a lot. of I don't know. It just really bothered me how fast forward it went. And I kind of the fact that it just all went to the live aid bookend at the end was a little bit annoying. Like it was like they have time for that, but, but I don't know. And they act like queen hadn't been playing together up until that point, And that's not true. So, I mean, a lot of fabrication, (laughs) a lot of fabrication going on here. And like, I can understand just like watching the movie and it's a feel good movie. And, but like for me, it's like, I do, I watch a lot of movies, guys. I watch a lot of movies and I want that, I want that real feeling. I don't want them to I don't want them to manipulate how I should feel and manipulate the story and like try to like steer my emotions in one direction. I want the actual real story put put out on screen. Like I know you got to Hollywood it up a little bit, but I felt like this was with that safe PG-13 reading uh rating and then like with Brian May and the other members of Queen getting involved into this like they wanted to make this more of a queen movie than a Freddie Mercury movie. And to be quite honest with you, I want, I wanted, I wanted a Freddie movie. And I, I think most people would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense as a queen movie. You're, you're right on target, Brian. Like it, 
this movie is just kind of broken in that way. Like, imagine it's about a fictional band and you do, this isn't a band that you know or exists. Yeah. Like, there's no story here. Like, it, it completely rests on the laurels of you already being in love with this source material. There's nothing different than this movie than watching Mark Wahlberg's Rockstar. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think you brought up Walk the Line. That's a great comparison. I think of The Doors, too. Yeah. And another thing that kind of stands out from those movies is, like, their stars also put in the effort. And I know it's Freddie Mercury and who could fucking do it. But, you know, you got Reese Witherspoon and Yaqueen, like, doing the duties, man. They get up yeah. there and fucking destroy it. And that really kind of captivates me on a whole new level that this never did either, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, the stars actually belting out the material. Well, Rami did sing a little bit, but it was a mixture between, like, him and then, like, the real Freddie and then, like, another singer altogether. Yeah, so. it always felt like someone was playing the tape uh-huh. in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, they, but I mean, it, it it is Freddie Mercury. Like, I don't blame them for wanting to go to the source material there and like get the get that voice that only he could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, true, true enough, true enough. And I, you got to forgive it for that. But it's still, you know, nonetheless, just didn't give me the same like visceral feeling there, watching it as yeah. some of these other musical biopics sure. do. Like even like Ray and Jamie Foxx is the same thing. Yeah. Just seeing them actually deliver that performance. There's something, something about it, even if they can't do it as good. It's just something about seeing that live vocal performance on screen really brings it to a whole nother level for me in these biopics. Um, let's, I wanted to, I've got some information here about like, what if we would have gotten that Sasha Baron Cohen film? And I got this from Dark Horizons. They put, five years ago, comedian Sasha Baron Cohen was signed to portray Freddie Mercury with Stephen Frears on board to direct. That version was a very different interpretation, one both far more accurate to history and unafraid to shy away from the rough edges of the story. Speaking with Vulture this week, Frears opened up about what type of film he and Cohen were going to make, saying Sasha wanted to make a very outrageous film, which I would imagine Freddie Mercury would have approved of. Outrageous in terms of his homosexuality and outrageous in terms of endless naked scenes. Sasha loved all of that. You could always tell there would be trouble with the rest of the band because Sasha was so outrageous and they weren't. They were much more conventional. A former, a former Sony executive added, it was a biopic of Freddie more than the story of the band, although a portion of the structure dealt with the ups and downs of the band, but always from Freddie's point of view. In addition, it has been revealed that both David Fincher and Tom Hopper met about the film before Frears became involved. Cohen ultimately left over the creative differences. The surviving members of the band controlled the music rights and thus the film with Brian Singer and then Malik ultimately coming on board. So that's kind of like what happened, Jake. Like I remember like when we mm. did this podcast, I had reported on here like, oh, I heard like Sasha Baron Cohen is going to be doing the, the, the uh, Freddie Mercury Queen movie. And then all of a sudden, like, and we're excited, man. We're like, who else could who else could do this? And uh, this was, be- of course, before, you know, uh, Mr. Robot and Rami Malek really came around. But, man, I, uh, I ultimately, I liked the movie, but I'm, I'm a little disappointed. So I loved the music. I loved the relationship between him and Mary. But I feel like we didn't really see the true I – I don't feel like we saw an actor get to really be – the actual person. And we've seen that time and time and time again in some great movies where like, you know, these great actors take on these roles and they actually embody 
the person that they are playing on the screen. I, I feel like we didn't get that here, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Very disappointing. I'm, I'm looking get... forward to the... Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, Jake. Sorry. I was, saying, I was just going to say, I was looking forward to the Elton John uh, biopic coming out next summer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say, did you guys get like a Mick Jagger vibe off of him when he was performing on stage? Because that's like all I could think about. <laughs> I was watching. There were there were definitely moments where he was, was like, like doing like, wait, like the Jagger strut for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. I like, wait, um, that's a lot of Mick Jagger happening right now. Okay. <laughs> did you guys think it was just me? Did you guys think that the teeth was too much? It took me like it took me like yeah. half an hour to get past it. I was like, teeth, it really yeah. took me out of the movie. I mean, and I'm not I mean, I know like in real life, you know, Dove Freddie Mercury had like that, you know, big overbite. But I mean, Rami Malek kind of has an overbite, too. And I felt like they just went like. Maybe Overboard. Half, <laughs> half an inch too far. Too far. Like, maybe like half an inch pulled in because like the movie started and then I'm watching it and I'm like, my God, those teeth. They're so distracting. Like I, yeah. it, it really took me a minute to get past it. Uh, did it, did, did you guys have the same experience or were you like real okay with it from the get? That's too bad. We I was okay with it from the get. I, okay. I mean, his teeth were pretty crazy looking in real life too. Yeah. Okay. It's too bad that we couldn't have got Freddie Mercury to come out in this movie, but his fucking teeth did. <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it, it bothered me at first, but then it was just like after a while, I just kind of got used to it. So. Yeah, it looked weirder when he had his mouth closed than when he had it open. I agree. I, and like there were moments where I felt like you could really see the actor struggling to talk. Yeah. Like through the process, like yeah. through these these teeth, and <laughs> and I think he's done some interviews saying that it, it was a challenge for him, mm-hmm. like like kind of just figuring it out. But yeah, I'm telling you that first half hour, I was like, oh my god, those <laughs> teeth! It's like too much. It's <laughs> but I read that uh, after production wrapped and everything, they let him uh, take the teeth home, says like a souvenir or something. So <laughs> that's yeah. weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's into. I mean, they, let, they let him do whatever he wants. I mean, <laughs> sounds like that's how that set went down, right? Some yeah. crazy shit on the set of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Sarah, you got anything this week? Um. Yeah, I have a few things. Um. So I've been watching ER on Hulu. They have all the episodes of ER are now on Hulu for your watching pleasure. So. I've been rewatching that. I am up to season six right now. And I just, I love this show. I mean, this is like this show that got me into like watching TV shows <laughs> back when I was a kid, when it was, you know, originally airing on NBC. So, yeah. So I love this show. Did any of you watch ER when it was like originally on? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I watched it live week to week. <laughs> Yeah, medical drama's never been re- my real thing. You know, yeah. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I, I don't think I've ever even seen an entire episode. Neither have I. I used to just watch Doogie Hauser. That was about it. Yeah, Doogie Hauser <laughs> is about the extent of my medical yeah. drama too. Yeah. Medical <laughs> drama and like the co- the crime procedural stuff. I like, don't do I it just either. aren't my things. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Sarah, the whole the whole series is on is on on Hulu now. 
Yes, the entire series. Nice. Yeah, all I season watched... one all the way. I think there's like what fifteen yeah, seasons. That, I think something like that. Right. Yeah, that fifteen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, I watched that show week to week live. Um, I started yeah. watching it because of Clooney. He was in it in the beginning, and then uh, yeah, then they uh, when he left, they just kept bringing in like over this rotating door of like good looking right. guys to be doctors yeah. and all that. But <laughs> yeah, I watched that show live live week to week. At the end, John Stamos was on it. Which yep. was like insane to me that they got Stamos on it, but uh, yep. yeah, that that He's was a on great it. show. Yeah, there's been like a lot of people on it. Ewan McGregor was on it. He did an episode. There's been like some like hugely like famous people, and like now that I'm like rewatching it, because of course like you forget about all of that, but now that I'm rewatching it, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this like hugely famous star was on this show for like one episode or whatever. So a, a lot of people did like an episode of the, it, it was, yeah. was kind of like the law and order, you it know, really of, of, yep. of medical dramas. <laughs> like everybody's done an episode. And yeah. I actually, I actually remember the Ewan McGregor episode really well. <laughs> um, that's, that's one of my favorite episodes and, and he plays a really interesting character in that. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I've just been rewatching that. I I love it. Like I said, that's what really got me into TV. That's what got me watching like all these shows. And I mean, and that was back when TV really was week to week, you know, so you had to wait like you couldn't. (laughs) We didn't have any streaming services. We didn't have Mm -hmm. any of this stuff. So true. It's just had to wait, you know, till the next week. And it went on for so long. It's one of like it's it's got to be one of like the longest running shows that's like like I'm an episodic sure. type of show, you know. Yeah, fifteen seasons. I mean, it was. Yeah, it has. And to then be. there's like twenty two or twenty four episodes within each season, <laughs> which is crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, in that, and of itself, it's so much content. It's just so much content. Yeah. That show was like crack. I remember it used to air on Thursday. <laughs> it used to air on Thursday night. Thursday nights on on NBC yep. and first on back in the day on Thursdays I used to have this um, meeting after work that I have to I had to go to and it would end like forty five minutes before ER would start so I would be like I got to go people I I ER go. is on I got to go and so I'd like rush <laughs> out and I would like run home and like my sister would be here texting me like it's starting you have to get here now yeah it was hilarious yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, what's what's really great about it is it's so Michael Crichton wrote it and Michael Crichton of course is a doctor. He's he's a medical doctor. So he wrote the show and helped to produce the show and wanted to really make it, you know, true to life and how hospitals really run and I think that's that's what really like drew me in as a kid when I was watching it cuz there's never been anything on TV like that. I don't even think really since I can't think of anything because the hospital is really a character on the show, which is awesome. I mean, like County General is a character, which is just great to me. Like, that's the main character of the show, the hospital. That's where everything happens. So it's great. I love it. (laughs) So, yeah, Hulu, I will not start this. I'm not even going to lie. So You don't have to, Brian. Oh, I know I don't. I mean, yeah, I'm just (laughs) – I just – I don't know. I've never been into like the hospital kind of like shows or like Jake said, the crime procedurals. So – Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what else? 
Um, I started watching another show called Nightfall. Oh, thank I don't God. Know if I you guys have seen this on Netflix. I thought you were going to say General Hospital. I was going to shoot myself. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I do watch General Hospital. I've watched that show for like 20 fucking years. So, yeah, <laughs> I do watch General Hospital. But no, Nightfall is now on Netflix, and it originally is airing on the History Channel. And I've been wanting to watch it, but I don't. I don't get the History Channel or any of that, but I saw it on Netflix and I've watched the first three episodes of it and I like it. It's you have to really kind of be into this time period to to enjoy it. So it's about the it's about like the latter half of the Crusades. So it's set in I think it starts out in like 1291 in France. So you've got uh the king is King Philip the Fourth, I believe, and then his wife Joan, and she was like queen of of Navarre. She's like a Spanish queen, so that's who's in charge of everything that's going on right now. And one good thing I can say about it is because it is it's being produced by the History Channel, so the the people that are in it are are real. Like these were real life people. It's not like a Game of Thrones show where everything's fantasy and fake. You know, it is accurate when it comes to that the battle scenes are great i've seen a a few there's already been a couple of battles like it opens with a battle scene which kind of like that's what drew me in because i like war and death (laughs) don't ask anyway um so it that i liked that i liked the battle scenes one thing i can say about them though is they are really cgi'd because it's the history channel they do this weird thing where i guess because they're kind of the ones that like started doing like these like CGI'd battle scenes on their like documentaries, they're like still doing that with this show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like whenever you used to watch, you know, History Channel documentaries like 10, 15 years ago, and it would show you like all these battle scenes, but you could tell that it was like done on a computer. <laughs> That's kind of how this looks. And you've got like, you know, 20 or 30 men like up front and then all behind them, you can tell is, you know, computer graphics and CGI'd. So I, I don't like that. I wish that they would... Maybe do something better with that. Maybe it'll be better in the second season. I haven't got that far yet. But as far as like the acting and writing, I'm enjoying that. There's a couple times that I did get taken out of it, though. Uh, A lot of the actors you'll recognize. There's a lot of like, oh, hey, it's that guy that's going on in it. So you may not know their names, but you'll definitely recognize who they are. You'll have seen them in other things. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably going to finish it just because this time period interests me and it's something that, you know, I'm interested in. But if you're not, then don't don't waste your time. If you're not into the Crusades or this point in history, it'll probably bore you. So they should do a show where it's like uh, Game of Thrones, but they have historians talking about it like it's a real thing. And then do this. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome, Jake? <laughs> that would be awesome. That was my takeaway from that too. Was um, Game Game of Thrones? You knocked Game of Thrones for being fake. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, we need historians talking about Game of Thrones. Oh my gosh! And then like, uh, yeah, yeah, they have uh, like the Lannister. It wasn't f- a knock on it. I was just saying that you know, it's it's if you're into Game of Thrones, you might like this. Only these are were like really true events and real people. There's okay, not going to be I, any dragons. Yeah, Jake, you <laughs> stupid fuck. Sorry. 
<laughs> you stupid fucking idiot, Jake. You misunderstood her, you stupid fucking asshole. God. Jesus fucking Christ, Jake. God oh, damn it. 50 lashings. I want you to think about what you say before you say it, you stupid motherfucker. Oh, that ain't ever happened. Jesus Christ, Jake. You sound like you just sound like an asshole. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny oh man wow yeah uh i think that'd be a cool show though jake game of thrones history channel and they got like the lannister family expert he comes in there starts talking about breaking down the lannisters talking about the lineage yeah isn't that basically what we're gonna get when there's eight game of thrones spinoffs after the series is over pretty fucking well, they, much man they already do that in the special features anyway so Oh, yeah, like on the Blu-rays they have all, like, you can yeah. click on all that and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God, you're just throwing out another no-shit moment. No, Sorry. <laughs> they already they already do that. They already do that on, wow. the, on the Blu-ray. You guys are just talking about nothing, so have, have at it. <laughs> all right, what else? Oh, my God. Anything else? Um, yeah, I actually did watch the Romanoffs. I know you had some people on here a couple episodes ago that hated it, but I really liked it. Have you guys watched it? Has anybody watched it? No. I haven't started it yet. I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. I watched like all four episodes just in one sitting. So I, I liked it. It's an anthology series, so there's like no continuity or anything that you have to keep up with. I mean, you can you can watch them out of order if you want. There's a lot of Mad Men stars that are in it, too. People from Mad Men. So oh. if you like Mad Men, yeah, there's several people from that show that are in it. So does it have the same feel as like Mad Men, like a period piece? Or is it just like the stars no. From, from Mad Men are there? Yeah, it's just it's just some of the people that were that were in Mad Men okay. are on this show. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's it's set in like modern time. So, yeah, what's the hook like for the anthology? So it's. They're supposed to be like they're all Romanoff, so they're all from this. I guess this line is what I guess is what the hook is. Like they are all from like the original like bloodline of the Romanoffs, and then it just kind of like follows them up until now. So you just got you know because anybody can can be any name, right? Like anybody can say that they're a Romanoff, or anybody can say that they're you know a fucking Windsor or whoever you want to be that's like royalty right I mean you can say that that's your name but it may not really be your name so it follows people like from today that just have that Romanoff name and like what they're doing so like each show like I'm saying is not like none of these people are really connected so each show isn't yeah isn't connected it's just like a a singular story but I, I like I like so I like shows like that. I think that they're easy to watch. I think they're a lot easier to watch than a show like ER. <laughs> yeah, I like shows like that 15 too. Fifteen fucking episodes that are you know, or fifteen fucking seasons that are twenty two episodes each. So I thought this was great. I mean, like the the one episode that I saw, um, the one that I really liked. I think it is episode. It's episode three or four, and it's actually about a group of actors who are shooting a movie about the Romanoffs, <laughs> which is like hilarious because you're watching a show called the Romanoffs and then they're shooting a film called the Romanoffs. 
and the director kind of goes off the deep end a little bit and she's like getting into like arguments and fights with all the actors and the main actress she's she's in Mad Men actually she plays what's her name Joan Cur- the curvy chick red hair oh um, yeah yeah. yeah yeah so okay. she's in it she's in this episode oh nice yeah, that's actually my favorite episode so far. Just everything about it, the way that it's the way that it was shot. Um, it's all everything, of course, is shot like they're not on a set. They're like in a hotel and there's a few scenes that are in a hotel and then they're in this like castle. I mean, it's just it's really cool the way that they've shot it, the way that they filmed the show. I don't know why people are knocking it. I really don't know why people don't like it. Maybe they don't like it because it is an anthology. Maybe people want like some continuity and want everything to be connected. And maybe it will at the end. I mean, who knows? But so far, it's not. And I don't know. I like it. I'm enjoying it. What service is this on? Um, It's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Okay. That sounds interesting enough. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I think it's great. I, I love anthology series. It's good bite sized TV. I've seen. Yeah, the, me too. I've seen the trailers for it, and it looks interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I'll start it or not. I don't know. There's so much shit out there. Yeah, it's cool because like you'll start to watch one of the one of the episodes, and it it never ends the way that you think it's going to end. It's one. Of, it's kind of like a every each episode is kind of like a mind bend too. Like you think you know what's happening, but. It never ends the way that you think it's going to end. There's always like a surprise or a twist. Hmm. So I like that too. Yeah. I went to the theater this week and I watched, uh, let's see, actually saw it today. Nobody's Fool. Has anybody else seen this? Mm -mm. No. No. And uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's uh, the new Tiffany Haddish movie. Uh, Who's in it? Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's in it. It's it's an R-rated comedy, like rom-com. A woman is released from prison and reunites with her sister. She soon discovers that her sister is in an online relationship with a man who may not be what he seems. It's written and directed by Tyler Perry. This movie is, it's an easy enough story to follow. And it wasn't like a terrible experience watching this movie. Um, except I had that same fucking guy behind me that was going, hmm, hmm. <laughs> that guy was fucking bad. <laughs> That same fucking asshole that was at um, Bad Times at the El Royale was in this fucking same theater. I wanted, like, we got like 10 minutes into the fucking movie and then I started hearing, <laughs> I wanted, oh, God. It was, oh, it was terrible. I hate that guy. Oh, my God. I'm going to stop going to that theater. Even though they got the nice, uh, the, the recliners that I can recline in. And that's what I like about it. Because I can throw my feet up and I can, like, lay this on, the, on my side and shit. I wanted to be like if I wanted to bring a blanket in, I could, you know. And, <laughs> it's not worth it though. If you got no, the, I'm ugh. being held under hostage by this guy's fucking. Who laughs like that? Who the fuck laughs? Mm-hmm. Open your mouth, you <laughs> son of a bitch! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. It's it's like I want you to think about that, but I want you to think about two hours with that. Two hours with that. It's terrible. Who is this guy? Is he like following you around? What's the deal? No, this is it's, weird. It's this one theater that he must have A-list too. And he like chooses the same movies that I go to. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Turn around and tell him to shut the fuck up. I don't know. And then it's everything's all uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I don't know. And I'll probably bump into him again. I don't. A part of me just wants to turn around and go <laughs> right in his face. <laughs> 
fucking son of a bitch. God, it drove me nuts. It like makes you want to hate the movie just because you got to listen to that fucking jackass the whole time. But anyway, this oh it's uh, written and directed by Tyler Perry and um, Tiffany Haddish um, uh, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg's in this one. I, it's an easy enough movie to follow. It's just like a cute little rom-com. Uh, R-rated, though. And so that's one of the big reasons that I wanted to see this. I wanted to see a funny R-rated comedy. Had some funny moments. Tiffany Hash, she has her moments in this one. She's kind of funny. The main character um, is so unlikable throughout the entire movie. She just She's obsessed with this guy in this online relationship that she's never seen. They do some interesting things here. They actually bring in the guys that do the catfish show on MTV to like do... Um, like, uh, they're a big part of the story there for a little bit. Oh, for, wow. Yeah, so huh. they bring in uh, Neve and Max, and, like, uh, they're actually brought into into the into this movie. And that's I, I started to enjoy the movie there when those guys were brought in. I was like, oh, wow, they're doing something really fun and interesting with this whole catfish story. The catfish story goes away for quite a long time after that, and so then you just start to realize how unlikable this main character was and I think that's my biggest problem with this movie is she's just so unlikable and one of the guys that's kind of like really uh, chasing after her heart she treats him like garbage and it's like you know like you the whole time she's just a terrible fucking person you don't want to see her end up happy because she's just awful she's just terrible just stringing this poor guy along and so that's my biggest problem with this movie was the the just the unlikable main character, and uh, even though they try to turn it around at the end like they do with all the rom coms, it just didn't quite work for me. I'm gonna give it a low taste. It um, I didn't I didn't hate this movie, and I actually like I actually enjoyed watching it while I was watching it because of the other characters. Um, you know the the guy that was. Uh, you know, kind of like in love with her and chasing after her. I kind of wish the movie would have been from his perspective because the main character was just so fucking damn unlikable throughout the entire film. Watch the movie. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm going to give nobody's fool a low taste. It had some funny moments, but it just was not really what I wanted to see. The best thing about this was they showed the trailer for a new movie coming out, I think next year. And it's called it's it's uh, remember that movie What Women Want where uh, mm-hmm. the Mo Gibson yeah. movie yeah where who was it like he could hear like women's inner thoughts yeah now there's a movie called What Men Want and it's with uh, what's her name from um, Empire Taraji P Henson yeah she's in oh it. yeah she's great so she gets to hear what men want and it's fucking. There's a scene in it in this trailer that is fucking hysterical. She's like having sex with this guy and the guy's like, why doesn't she ever look at me when we're having sex? And then (laughs) she like opens her eyes and he goes, oh, my God, her eyes are bugging out. I wish she'd close them. It's hilarious. So (laughs) So that looks that looks like it's going to be a really funny uh, comedy. And then there was another one. Uh, coming out, they showed a trailer for The Upside. It's uh, Kevin Hart. It's based on a true story. Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston plays a uh, paraplegic, and uh, Kevin Hart is there to have him sign for a package. And he's a paraplegic; he can't sign anything. 
And Brian Cranston's looking for like a caretaker, somebody to like spend time with him, take care of him. And I guess he likes Kevin Hart so much that he hires this guy. And this guy's kind of like down on his luck and like he's making more money. This guy's like a billionaire, you know, kind of like a like a like a like a really rich guy, like a Steve Jobs or a Jeff Bezos. Like this guy has like so much money. It's incredible. And um, starts working for this guy and they start to form a relationship and a friendship. And I don't know. It it looked really good. I I think it's. The upside, it's uh, coming out. I've seen that trailer, too. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Yeah. It looks like it could be a really good movie. Yeah. And then finally, yesterday, went and saw The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. I was... uh, (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Had the day off. (laughs) I know. I do it all for you, listeners. (laughs) This is one of Disney's worst-reviewed movies ever. I wanted to see if that was the case, if that was true. Uh, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Uh, All Clara wants is a key, a -a one-of-a-kind key that will unlock a box that holds a priceless gift from her late mother. A golden thread presented to her at at Godfather Drosselmeyer's annual holiday party leads her to the coveted key, which promptly disappears into a strange and mysterious parallel world. It's there that Clara encounters a soldier named Philip, a gang of mice, and the regents who preside over the three realms. Land of snowflakes, the land of flowers, and the land of sweets. Clara and Philip must brave the ominous fourth realm, home to the tyrant Mother Ginger, to retrieve Clara's key and hopefully return harmony to the unstable world. It's directed by Lars Holstrom and Joe Johnston. I'm a big fan of Joe Johnston. Uh, he did uh, The Rocketeer. He directed that movie. He directed Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, and... Uh, Last Holstrom, he, he was the director for What's Eating Gilbert Grape, that Johnny Depp movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. And I love, great movie. love that movie, yep. Jake. Um, he also did Chocolat, which I've never seen, but that's another Johnny Depp movie. It uh, stars Mackenzie Foy, uh, Morgan Freeman, Kira Knightley, Eugenio Derbez, and uh, Helen Mirren. Let me start off by saying The Nutcracker in the Four Realms, the set pieces, the CG, and the costumes in this are all Tupperwares. Absolutely incredible. Um, and it, I'm glad I saw this one in 3D for, for that aspect of the film because it really is a gorgeous movie. I mean, you're going to get that with Disney. Hold on. And before I even get into this movie anymore, Jake, they showed the Aladdin teaser uh, in 3D before the movie started. And I know it, oh, yeah? it was just a teaser. But my God, the, they showed it in real D3D. The audio and the teaser itself just looked gorgeous in 3D. My God, it looked good. I know it's not a lot, man. Cool. It's not a lot. But my God, Jake, yeah. it looked incredible. I just can't get excited for a guy. I know, Ritchie Guy Ritchie. I get it. I get it. And we're getting a Tim Burton Dumbo, too. But that looks good to me. I still think it looks really good. Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more um, accepting of that. Yeah. So we'll see, though. I mean, if the Guy Ritchie Aladdin thing is good, it's good. I'll, I'll see. It. I'll still see it with an open yeah. mind, but I'm expecting the worst. Um, in this Nutcracker in the Four Realms, like um, the lead character, this Mackenzie Foy, and she plays Clara and Philip are so fucking bland and boring throughout Aww. the entire movie. They, they are just so boring. You're following the most boring characters in this universe it's absolutely unbearable she is just so prim and proper and just boring uh none of these kids have any energy 
And like uh, Philip is like he's like the human equivalent of watching paint dry. This guy is like it's (laughs) it's so fucking boring. And like it's Disney. Come on, like have the kids like interacting like the kids in like the Harry Potter movies. And I I understand that this is like a an older property. This is uh, based off like a, a book or some bullshit. Just like fucking updated a little bit to have like these characters be likable and funny. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great modern update twist. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Just have characters that... I get it. You want to have characters that act like they're from that time period. But it, it's just... It fucking it was so unbearable. They were so boring. It was like I didn't know if I was watching a movie or if I was in goddamn cotillion class. I didn't know what the fuck was going on here, Jake. <laughs> oh man, that's that's too bad. I, I was kind of looking forward to seeing this actually. I, Jake, know, I, I'm telling you, the trailer too. looked interesting. Yeah, and it, it's beautiful in 3D, and it's so it doesn't stop there with the main characters. It's it's a, it's a missed opportunity. I it. The mm-hmm. the final battle in this one is just like you're expecting to see like a a huge battle and like I wasn't the biggest fan of the new Snow White movie that came out a few years ago with uh, uh, what's her name uh, well Chris Hemsworth was in it um, Kristen Stewart Kristen Stewart was in it uh-huh. as well I actually didn't hate that movie I really didn't I, I actually had I actually kind of enjoyed that movie. At the end of that movie, there's, like, the big battle and everything. And, like, even, like, like of course, like, Lord of the Rings, you got your huge battles at the ends of these. At the end of these. The battle on this was such a small scale. It was on such a small scale that it was boring. Like, they're fighting the, these ten soldiers. And there's, like, maybe it feels like there's maybe, like, 50 of them, man. And, like, nobody else mm-hmm. in any of those towns are, like, involved in this at all. The land of flowers, the land of sweets. Like, like it's, it's just, like, her and, like, Philip... And, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, whatever, but it's just the, be- just know that the final battle is like, there's much to be desired in that final battle. I wanted a huge scale battle here and I did not get that. And that was upsetting. Kira Knightley was fine in this. Uh, she was all right. Not great. Um, Morgan Freeman is barely in the movie uh he makes sense the beginning and he's Uh at the end um i love eugenio derbez i talked about that movie overboard like earlier this year and like how he was like the one redeeming part of that movie that i really liked i like that actor a lot he's used very sparingly in this movie um helen mirren gives it her all in this movie she's barely used you spend most of your time with Mackenzie foy as Clara and this other actor is Philip, and you are just bored to fucking tears <laughs> watching these two struggle on screen to try to act. Jake, let me throw this out there. Mackenzie Foy, guess who she played? Young Murph in Interstellar. Oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. And we got an early front runner for the Young Murph Award. Oh, my God. I, is, uh, yeah, so the Nutcracker in the Four Realms, I'm glad I saw it in 3D because it did look gorgeous, man. The set pieces are absolutely amazing. Um, they, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's beautiful. It's Christmas time. You get to see huge Christmas displays. You, get, it, it, you know, it, it's absolutely gorgeous to watch this movie in 3D. And I think, like, you know, uh, as far as like the 3D effects and everything like that go, it, it's really impressive. It's just, my God, Jake, why can't they? I think like Disney could have really done something good here with this property. 
and made these characters like more likable and fun more fun like update them make them more fun and likable like like take a page out of like harry potter and some of like these other you know franchises where like the kids are a blast to hang out with like her and philip dude it was just it was terrible man it was rough she was just like you know they give her stuff to do she's like really good at like figuring things out she's really good with like um you know um fixing things and she's a smart girl it's just my god i would just never want to spend any time actually talking to her because she bores the piss out of me (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh man yeah that that's disheartening so that's disappointing I'll probably still check it out, though, because you make it seem like visually is the, the biggest redeeming factor, and you don't want to see that on the small screen. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah, I mean, and check it out in 3D if you have the chance, because it is gorgeous in 3D. It looks – Disney did a great job with it in 3D, um, I, I, and, the, and the costumes are just uh, incredible. Um, the movie starts off really fun. I was really kind of like – all right, I, I love the setup here, you know? Like, and I understand. I, people are going to say, like, well, Brian, you know, like, that, that, the character... I understand, like, her mother died. At the beginning of the movie, her mother died. I, I get it. She's going to be depressing. But, like, as the adventure goes along and she starts to find, like, you know, she starts to see, like, who she is inside and, like, what she can do and what she can accomplish all on her own, I just... I wanted a little bit more spunk and and fun out of these characters and i just didn't get it you know it's i understand at the beginning of the movie like just like 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 the shazam trailer that came out like we saw the kid he's like in the foster care and then and then all of a sudden like we see him turn into shazam and he's like having fun and shit right like i get that i just didn't get that here like she just still is so fucking bland and boring (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like alice in wonderland but Mm -hmm. alice is just a drab yeah. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm going to give this one a low taste. It. I'm going to give it a Tupperware on the visuals and the costumes and the and the CG looked really good. I thought the the animated the CG animated mice just looked pretty damn incredible. And they do some really cool things with the mice. The mice are fun. They should have had some more of the background characters kind of like be bigger players in this one because they had way more personality than this character of Clara. Um, so yeah, I'm done talking about the Nutcracker. Yeah, it, it, fuck. I wish like the character Philip was the Nutcracker. It would have been great if he would have like kicked one of the tin soldiers in the crotch and said, "That's why they call me the fucking Nutcracker." <laughs> yeah, it's like a fucking wrestling finisher. Exactly. What was your, what was your favorite of the four realms? Mm, let's see here. There was the. I really thought that the land of snowflakes looked incredible. It looked so incredible. Like, I know it's like the (laughs) most boring, but just like the way that they did, like the, the makeup, uh, the costumes for like the people in the land of snowflakes. Like, of course you expected me to say like, Oh, the land of sweets because it's all candy and shit. But like, no, like it was cool. Like people, like their hair were icicles and it looked really good. It looked really good. Um, everything like they have like this whole play that they put on for Clara when she gets there and they show her kind of like the story of her mother when her mother like came to this uh, world these realms and they put it on like kind of like like a theatrical play and it's gorgeous and they do it with like the nutcracker music and everything and um, I thought that that looked really really cool they do some really cool stuff there it's just oh god you know you've got to have char- like main characters that you can like 
fall in love with and go on the journey with and that you really care about. Everybody like in her family sucked. Like her dad sucked. (laughs) Like, I know you lost your wife, dude, but dude, could you suck just a little less? So I don't know. Yeah. I'm being hard on the film, but I think I am being a little generous too, because you know, my, it is a beautiful movie the way it looks. It looks gorgeous. So it's just, Disney kind of I don't know man it's just like they kind of fucked up here with the, like the with Tomorrowland and now with this it's another miss yeah yeah I think they need I think casting is a big deal man like you think of like you know the extent that they went through when they like made the Harry Potter movies yeah. to find child actors yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you really need to have care when you're making movies like this you can really just bland it up if you mm-hmm. don't get a charismatic child actor yeah it's unfortunate mm-hmm. I, you know she acts like a kid of the time but Kids back then apparently were boring as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's oh all gosh. I got. Watching anything else? Yeah, I've been uh, watching Titans, but I want to talk about that in DC. So, what I've we got one more thing. Sorry, can I can I bring up one movie I saw? Nope, you're done. Okay, <laughs> no, you're good. Go for it. What do you watch? Uh, I saw a movie uh, in theaters. It is a limited release, so it's not playing everywhere. It's called Beautiful Boy. Ah, yes. I have heard of this. Timothy Chalamet and uh, Steve Carell, and it looks looks incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, so I had been seeing trailers for this movie for a while, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this looks so incredibly emotional. And um, I had a free evening, and so I decided to go and see this movie. Uh, As you mentioned, Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell. More Tierney's in this movie. Um, those are like the big names that you'll probably recognize. There's a lot of other, you know, smaller characters in here and um, some child actors who play um, Nick, uh, which is the son at, at different ages. Um, this is a this is based on a true story. It's directed by Felix Van. Oh, boy, I'm going to mess this up. Uh, Groningen. Uh, he's from Belgium, um, who has done. A lot of stuff that I've never heard of, but a lot of international stuff. Um, it, it is based on the memoirs of the father and the son in this movie. And it is about it's about uh, addiction and it's about recovery. Mm. So it, the, the basic story is that uh, you've got Nick, who's the son, and uh, David, who's his father, Nick is a high school kid. Um, you know, he's a typical high school kid. He smokes a pot and, uh, you know, parties a little bit at, 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 with his friends, whatever. And then he starts to get involved in heavier drugs. And we see him uh, eventually become addicted to crystal meth, which is the drug that basically will be with him the rest of this movie um he says that he's tried ecstasy and he's tried heroin and and some other drugs we don't see that but we do see him use crystal meth in this movie um i like that it's based on a true story i like that it's based on how this one kid's addiction affects his family um I thought Timothy's performance as the son, Nick, was absolutely incredible and heartbreaking. And Steve Carell, you know, uh, he's really – 
yeah, he does a lot of funny movies, which I I do enjoy a lot of his his comedic stuff. But when he goes serious, when he does serious movies, he really knocks it out of the park. And he he does it again here in this movie playing David. We we watch him as a father do everything he can to try to help his son. You know, when his son becomes addicted to crystal meth and it really destroys his life, we see the dad. He's doing like research, like to understand the addiction and to understand the drug. He even goes down like this. This all takes place mostly in in San Francisco. He goes down to where. Uh, they're selling drugs in San Francisco and he buys crystal meth and he takes it home and he takes it. Wow. Like he wants to understand his son's addiction. Um, I will give this movie a high taste it. I think what this movie, I think this movie would have been better served if it was a documentary personally. I think if it was a documentary of the real people involved, I think it would have been better. I think there's some missed opportunities in this movie. Like if you watch the trailer, you would never know that Steve Carell, he's married and he's got two other kids. Like he's so focused on his son and and don't get me wrong i'm not sitting in judgment of, of the real guy as a parent like i get it your kid's addicted to crystal meth he's living on the streets he's shooting up with god knows who yeah i get you're going to be out there in your car driving around trying to find him but like i feel like there was missed opportunity here to show how it really affected the relationship with his second wife who's played by maura tierney they have two kids together who I feel like, you know, he's so worried about his son, Nick. The other two kids are almost neglected by the dad. Like, they have all these, like, stuff happening at school, like like uh, step-up ceremonies. Don't you the think that that's, grade. real quick, don't you think that that's part yeah. of what the story's kind of, like, trying to get across here is, like, that the father loves his son so much that, and this happens, like, where, like, one kid is either like the problem child or involved in drugs mm-hmm. and the other kids, even though they're doing great and like looking for like their parents' attention, like they are kind of like, not, they don't, they don't get that attention. And they're like, why don't I get that attention? I'm right. the one that's doing all the right things. Does the movie address that or gloss no, over it? It doesn't. And that's what I, because I don't, like I said, I don't blame him for being a bit myopic on trying to help his his son. I, I feel like that's absolutely a human reaction. I, I totally understand that. The missed opportunity to me here is to show me, show me the scenes with the wife where she's like so frustrated and angry, like, dude, we've got two other kids. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you? That's what I feel like the movie is missing. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I would have liked to have seen more of that. I would have liked to have seen more of how the younger kids – I would have liked to have seen more of them being affected. Um, this is absolute – but I, I mean that's like my only nitpick to this story um, is I just feel like I would have liked a little bit more of their side – to come through in this movie. Um, there are heartbreaking moments. I mean, it is called Beautiful Boy. And and the movie is told like very sort of back and forth. Uh, it does take a little bit to get into it because, you know, you're watching. Mo- uh, well, it's not really modern day. I think this takes place like uh, in the 90s, early 2000s, like when this is all happening. But like it takes place between that and when Nick is a kid at different stages. So it does, the movie does go back and forth 
a bit. So it does take you a minute to sort of get into that. Um, and there is a scene where he's singing to his son when he's little and he's singing the John Lennon song, Beautiful Boy. And all, I, I just I mean, I just burst out into tears. It was so moving and emotional. Um, there, there is a lot of very moving stuff here, but there's also, I think, some missed opportunities to show more of the human reaction from the other people involved here. Like Nick's mom, uh, the stepmother, the, the, the half brother and sister, that to me is what's missing here. Um, but other than that, I think this is absolutely a movie that everybody should watch. It's a movie about addiction. Mm. It, it is, it is hard to watch in certain scenes um, because you watch this kid just completely spiral down into this, into living as a meth addict. And it is hard to watch, Um, but it is based on a true story, which I really enjoy that stuff. And um, just recently the father and son were on GMA promoting this movie. Um, So if you want to check that out on YouTube, there's a really nice clip of them talking about writing their memoirs and writing the story down that, that became this movie. But I feel like, you know, Steve Carell and, and, and Timothy Charlemagne, I, they, they, they're the two main characters and they really bring it. They just really, really bring it to this movie. And yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to see it in theater in the theaters. Like if you want to wait for streaming or for Redbox or whatever, but I do think that people should watch this. I think parents should watch this with their teenage kids and have a discussion about addiction. I, I think it's something that should it should be watched. Uh, it's it, it's very powerful and moving. Yeah, uh, can I just point out, like before yeah. we go to break here, that Timothy Chalamet is one of if you haven't seen anything that he's ever been in, we are watching like in my opinion, um, like the growth of one of the best up and coming young actors I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely agree that this movie, when you watch him go from like a regular teenager to a meth head and you watch him have when he calls his dad and is like, dad, I want to come home. I want to come home. And his father tells him, no. Mm. Oh, my God, it will break you. I'm sure it will. And Mm. there's this incredible scene towards the end where they go to where uh, the, the the dad and his wife go to an N.A. meeting. Um, and one of the p- parents there is talking about losing her daughter to drugs. And it is one of the most moving scenes I have ever seen in a film. It is so raw. It is so real. It is just I, I'm getting emotional just talking about it. Like it mm. is one of the realest moments I've ever seen in a film. This is a movie I think everyone should see, especially if you have kids, especially if you've struggled with addiction. It could be hard to watch it, but I think everybody really should watch this movie. So, uh, yeah. You ever seen Basketball Diaries? Like Leo. Yeah, oh, my absolutely. God. Yeah. Fucking the way Leo is Leonardo DiCaprio is in that movie, like with the drug addiction. That was that was a powerful performance. But yeah. like Timothy Chalamet, I got to see this. It's not playing. Oh. It's not playing near me um, yet. It's like you said, limited release but like as soon as they start playing it around me i'm definitely watching this because like i'm a big fan of timothy chalamet i loved him in uh lady bird 
He's such a mm-hmm. prick he in that. He was great in that. But like, yeah, he was great in that. fucking Call Me By Your Name was one of the most powerful movies from last year, and I loved him in that movie. So, I, I will also say I actually messaged Jake about this. Um, the 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 soundtrack to this movie, the the song choices that they make for this movie are so unique and so kind of quirky and out there. Um, the soundtrack to me is just absolutely really great. Like it. It's it's great with the movie, like when you're watching the movie to enjoy these songs. But the, the soundtrack's on Spotify. I really encourage everybody to listen to it. The, the the music choices are such really cool, like indie. Some of them are like mm. real cool indie songs, um, and some of them are like real classic songs that you've heard a million times. But um, together as like a, a uniform soundtrack, I think it's one of the best soundtracks I've heard this year. Awesome. I have to pee. so what we're gonna do is uh we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back yeah but definitely check that out beautiful boy uh if it's playing near you check it out yeah well it's good you know you're you're always going to the marvel movies people right like go out there and watch something like you know expand get some culture in your life life. expand your horizons (laughs) for crying out loud you're watching the same shit all the time. It's true. People just watch the same shit. They go in droves. I, I love the Marvel movies, too, people. I, wa- I mean, I just watched fucking Infinity War, you know, a couple days ago. You know, I love it. But, you know, like expand, you yeah. know, watch. There's other things out there. Well, there's other things out there that make you feel something. They make you feel. Yeah. So- I love it when a movie makes me feel anything. That's why I watch a lot of porn. It makes me feel some <laughs> every fucking time. I don't- so, yeah, go out there and watch, support some of these independent films. Do it. Just go out there and watch them. For, I mean, it's crazy. Just And there's nothing like watching an indie film in the theater because you can't fuck around on your phone. You can't get – you're not getting distracted by bullshit. So, yeah, you know, just expand your horizons, you, you simpletons. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking savages. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Pop Culture Leftovers news. It is now time for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. What the fuck? Oh, McMaster Mike back at it again. Fucking remix. What the hell? Oh, my God. I wish uh, I checked on break if we got another Podbean review because I really wanted to play that again. (laughs) Boy. I'll leave one right now. Oh, please do. Please do so I can play that glorious bumper. I'm tempted to play it, Jake. I love it so much. Uh, I will refrain. I will refrain. All right. Uh, yeah, this week, uh, real quick news. Uh, Netflix has renewed Castlevania for season three. Uh, BoJack Horseman 
for season six and then the ranch for season four. I'm not calling it part four. Part four is stupid. I hate it when they call it parts. Yeah, you can suck my part if you don't like that. So I just <laughs> season three, part two. I just no, they just call them parts. Like it's like it's a limb. Yeah. Like the, yeah, it's ridiculous. And also, YouTube has ordered an Edge of Seventeen series. So really, yeah, yeah. Huh. that's interesting. Like the movie. Yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah, wasn't that but, a movie? But now a series. It was the movie with Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Is it going to pick up after the movie, or is it going to retell the movie but in series form? Pretty sure it's going to retell the movie in series form and add more layers to it. God, Ooh, we more need nuances. That. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Do we though? It was okay. a great movie. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I. I. I don't have a problem with that being a series. I have a problem with like a ton of other shit getting series, like a John Wick series yeah. without John Wick. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yeah. No. Don't do that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They did that, or when they did the Nightmare on Elm Street series without Freddy. Oh, ro- <laughs> yeah. RoboCop Maybe. series. That was. Yeah. Yeah. That's on Roku channel. You can watch the RoboCop series. I started How it. long did that go? <laughs> I don't know. I think it just went a season. But I started it, dude, and it actually is kind of they 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 <laughs> they no, they model it really after like the Verhoeven Robocop. It's unreal. Like they do like the new <clears throat> they do it like the news stories like they did kind of like even in um Starship Troopers and shit where they have like it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Other quick news. This comes from Bloody Disgusting. And Jake, this is really for you. I didn't even know if you heard about this. I just heard about this. Writer Damon Lindelof uh, and his fellow Leftovers collaborator Nick Cuse uh, bring audiences on The Hunt, a new action thriller from director Craig Zobel. Uh, this is going to be a Bloom, uh, Blumhouse film. And uh, while no details have been revealed, Bloody Disgusting can exclusively reveal that the film is about a bunch of working class individuals being hunted down battle royale style. It's described as a 1953's The Most Dangerous Game meets Battle Royale with shades of the Belko experiment. uh, Damon Lindelof, Blumhouse, Nick Hughes. This is crazy. This this is my favorite tropey subgenre, the old surviving the game subplot I, I love it i'm excited to see what lindelof can do with this yeah it's going to come out uh universal announced a uh september 27th uh 2019 release date for the hunt i this sounds yeah it sounds like everything i want it sounds incredible i can't wait for this yeah i'm i mean i'm really crossing my fingers for lindelof it's success with this, that movie with the Watchmen hbo series i he, he does such great stuff but it seems like everything just kind of falls flat when it comes to uh popularity so i, yeah. I wish him the best for these two projects yeah exactly and you know belco experiment from as much as i love that i don't think it was like a huge success but uh yeah james gunn written belco experiment people and i think you can watch the belco experiment now on netflix or one of the streaming services um News from Deadline, ABC orders videos after dark with Bob Saget. 
Oh, like, is it like what? America's Funniest Home Videos, but like the dirty version? Here we go. ABC has ordered two more seasons of America's Funniest Home Videos, its longest running primetime entertainment show, and ordered Videos After Dark, a new comedy reality series from the America's Funniest Home Videos producers with original AFV host Bob Saget set as host and executive producer. First off, number one, didn't know that America's Funniest Home Videos was still even on fucking TV. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hosted. Yeah. It's oh, it's hosted by the shilliest guy. It's, I wish I remembered what his name Alfonso was. Alfonso Ribeiro is hosting it now. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yes. And they. Uh, well, that's he's pretty shilly too. It's going on. It's on. It's <laughs> it's going to be on. It's uh, it's on season twenty nine right now. But yeah, Videos After Dark will feature home videos with an edgier twist, led by Saget, who hosted America's Funniest Home Videos for its first eight seasons. Uh, <laughs> video After Dark will feature videos from Debona's vast video vault that are more appropriate for an older audience. Uh, quote, incredible real-life mishaps, uproarious blunders, and extremely bad decisions are celebrated and highlighted with Saget's comedic commentary, according to the network. This is probably the only way to get Saget to come back and do anything for I don't know he, he might be hurting for money but like he made it no he made a shit ton off of Full House and America's Funniest Home oh videos. yeah and Funniest oh, Home yeah. Videos yeah mm-hmm. oh I agree I just think that the only way to bring him back into like the AFV family was to do something a little more edgier because he hated doing Full House he just basically yeah. did it because all the comedians back then were getting their own shows they were handing them out like they were nothing back in the day and um, so, I don't know. What do you think, Jake? Are they uh, ABC? This is going to be on ABC. It can't be that edgy. I was going to say my first thought is it's going to have sound effects like our uh, Podbean bumper. Oh shit! <laughs> Here we of, go. Like, people fall and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of nut shots in this version of America's Funniest Home Videos. More yeah. right, sixty percent more nut shots. <laughs> yeah. Potential real nut being shown. Oh, yeah, I mean, but it's it, like how much can they actually get away with and do on ABC? I mean, what, like, you know, what are they actually going to be able to do? Yeah, what, what's I don't understand what their version of After Dark right bloopers are exactly. Like, I, I think that their version and my version are two totally different <laughs> things here. So, did you ever watch the Jake? Did you ever watch the Dirty Candid Camera when they came out with those? Uh, I feel like I did, but man, that was like 20 years ago, oh, right? God, they're terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Like, it was the uh, same premise as Candid Camera, but it was just like yeah. people showing up naked and shit. But like, not, yeah. show, but not showing anything still. Oh, no. Like, they, no, they totally showed nudity. I don't know what you're talking about. It was totally, I, I saw like total nudity. Well, there's like a British version no, I'm not, of I'm talking Candid about, Camera where they don't. No, I am not They're talking naked, about that. They're but they don't really show anything. I am so. talking about candid camera with fucking nudity. There was a there was a dirty candid camera. Really? Yeah, I, I, I yes. remember this. It was terrible. It yeah, was, it was not good. It was horrible and awkward. So, um, news from the rap: Addy Shankar in talks to produce a Legend of Zelda TV series based on video game. Uh, producer Addy Shankar is in talks to produce a series based. On the long-running The Legend of Zelda video game franchise, the rap has learned exclusively. On Monday, Shankar 
posted on Instagram that he was working on an iconic Japanese gaming company uh, with an iconic Japanese gaming company to adapt one of their iconic video game series into a series. And he said that on November 16th at 1 o'clock, he'll announce what it is. Now, Jake, I'm, I don't know if it... Is it going to be The Legend of Zelda? Is, is, it, did the rap get the right news here? Because last year, he said that he was going to develop a Metroid series. Yeah, and that actually, that just seems more like up his alley, like up his expertise, too. So, yeah, I don't know. This does conflict with what we've heard. Um, I don't that, almost rather him do the Metroid thing. Do you think that Nintendo would let him work with Zelda Addy Shankar's edgy and like you know it works with Castlevania but like do you think that I see I see there's going to be creative differences here with Legend of Zelda and Addy Shankar involved man I really do I yeah think- and I don't I don't really need Zelda to be Castlevania level gore either right like that's not really no. the, the draw of the franchise either you know I don't yeah. think it's being a prude to not want Zelda to be a gore fest I don't think that that I don't think that that's what they want, and that's why I'm saying that there is going to be a problem here with Adi Shankar involved. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It 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 does seem very weird. I I think people are just getting, especially with him announcing when he's going to make the announcement. I think he's just they're kind of creating hype as to what it could be. And this doesn't even say if it's going to be animated or live action. Do these yeah, ever go well? I mean, do these ever go well? I mean, other than Castlevania being the exception, I guess, of the rule, but the video games being adapted onto film of any kind, it, it never goes well. It just doesn't. Yeah. It depends on what you like. I'm a big fan of the campy Resident Evil stuff. Well, yeah, I guess that's an exception. Well, I love so, that. But you're, you're, you're right. For the most part, the most it's mostly. Part. I mean, yeah. For, yeah. Uh, like, but, uh, but I think Legend of Zelda is ripe for a great series if you have the right people behind it. I mean, there's a lot of story that you could work there. I would love to see Hyrule in live action or even in animated form. I, I have no problem doing this if you're going to do it right. Um, I just don't. I don't know. It just seems weird that Adi Shankar would be involved in a Legend of Zelda series. It just sound it sounds more like this would be more of like the Metroid thing. I don't know. I it very well could come out on November sixteenth that Adi Shankar is working on a Zelda franchise, and like at that point in time, I, I think Adi Shankar is a fan of all these things. Like we've seen his bootleg universe and like what he's done with those short films, and he has interesting takes on everything that he does. Um, so I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent against this. I just find it weird that Addy Shankar would be involved in a legend of Zelda franchise, which I think would be a, that, that Nintendo would want to keep a little bit more family friendly. And I think that he would kind of want to push the envelope a little bit in this and that not being what Nintendo wants. And I think like this project could be dead in the water there. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that assessment. I, it definitely seems like a weird fit. Yeah. So I, I, Jake, would you want to see the Legend of Zelda if they could uh, get a really good creative team behind it? I mean, w- live action, animated. I mean, I I would love to see a live action Ganon, uh, live action Hyrule. Yeah, did, 
Yeah, just Hyrule. And yeah, I, I think it would be a really great thing to adapt. I honestly think you could do it in the two hour movie form, too. Like, yes, it would be cool to have it be like a Netflix series or a limited series or something. But I think I'd really like to see the money jumped into it. And I think the story could be told in two hours and be really theatrical and neat. They could do what they did. OK, if they're going to go the animated route, they could do like what they did with like the Castlevania thing. As much as they said, like, oh, this is not a movie that was broken up into four parts. It sure as fuck felt like a movie broken yeah, up into four parts. It was. <laughs> so they could do the exact same thing here and kind of test the waters with The Legend of Zelda. Give us an animated version of it. I don't think it'll be live action. I think that they'll do animated. Um, and then... Uh, Go from there. I don't know, man. Fucking yeah. If it was animated, I I would be into it. But I don't know how much I would be on board if it was live action. I would love to that see just it. Never live, seems to go well. A live. I I know it doesn't. It doesn't. But if they could get it oh. fucking right, I would love to see live action Hyrule, live action Ganon, mm-hmm. all these cre- uh, creatures that we've you know played against in in the in the Nintendo games and uh, see like what. Oh, which which game are they going to pull from? Which story are they going to pull from? You know, Twilight yeah. Princess. What are they going to do? I, I mean, it I would be cool if they could if they could pull this off. I mean, you can think about like the other franchises. Like, if this would go well, maybe we could get like Diablo, or we could get you know some of the other. Can you imagine like a live action Diablo? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like the same thing here with with this. If they can get it done right, I understand. Like World of Warcraft, Warcraft when that movie came out, I thought it was a huge budget. I thought it was terrible. Yeah. And we see yeah. that a lot of the time, but like if you get the right people behind the projects, right. Jake, I think there's a lot that they can explore with The Legend of Zelda. The story is pretty incredible. And if we could get like somebody to play, you know, like if they fuck it, if it's like Amazon and they and they use like the same budget that they're going to use on fucking. And I think it would be worthy of using the same budget that they're going to be using on like with this uh, Lord of the Rings kind of like prequel series yeah. that they got, you know, I mean. If they could have like, you know, if you could cast an actor, a young actor that portrayed, you know, you know, uh, Frodo like Elijah Wood did and that be our character that we follow throughout like the Legend of Zelda series. My God, this could be an incredible series if they did it right. Yeah, I completely agree. It'd be amazing. I, I, Nintendo, ever since the disaster that was Super Mario Brothers, I think they've been afraid to <laughs> yeah. have any kind of licensing deals with any of their properties. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. <sighs> Deadline is working on a uh, Deadline is reporting that Ridley Scott's working on a Gladiator sequel. What? Oh, puke. I this Bro. story has made my stomach hurt. Gladiator is one of my favorite movies Me of all too. time and Me too. just the idea that at first I was like, oh, "Okay, like it's going to be like a maybe a reboot, but it's like legit like a sequel." Freaking Russell Crowe coming back like, you know. No, no, spoiler, no. Spoiler, no. he No, spoiler, they're saying he comes back. That's what I've heard that he's no, this- involved in the project because um, uh, originally a long time ago, Nick Cave wrote that treatment. I and mean, that's not what they're going to use for the sequel. But really, Scott liked it where um, the what's the character's name? Maximus. Yeah, Maximus. Basically comes back and like fights this war in hell and, you know, finds out that like real person on the earthly plane it was this just insane fucking screenplay that they were going to do at one point Whoa. but then and yeah. russell crowe and ridley scott both liked it but then that kind of caved so i i've heard lots of rumors that it's still mm. going to be like a russell crowe movie somehow that's not what deadline reported deadline reported unless i read this wrong uh gladiator 2 will follow the continuing story of lucius the son of um lucilla 
uh, played by Connie Nielsen. The youth was the nephew of Commodus, uh, played by Joaquin Phoenix, the Weasley son of the Roman leader, Marcus Aurelius, who murdered his father, seized the throne, and wound up in the gladiator ring with Maximus, who was mortally wounded, skewered the emperor before fading into the great beyond to reunite with his slain wife and son. Maximus saved the boy and his mother while avenging his own family and left a strong impression on the young Lucius. So they're saying that this would be a continuing story, but like with Lucius as the main character, the, the young boy. Okay. That's better, but still very needless. Yeah. What, what, why? What the fuck is that? Hey, someone turned their heater on. I think that's me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, less of that. I don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. That. Um. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My husband's making a borscht right now, so. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, like right next to you. <laughs> no, in the other room. Jesus. But Wait. he like turned on the disposal. Your, so are your walls Sorry. made out of cardboard? What's going on over there? No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> Gladiator Two. I don't need it. Yeah, I don't think anyone does. Go away with Gladiator Two. I mean, I don't know. I would be into it just because it's Ridley Scott. So I'll oh. pretty much watch anything that he makes. And he's so. done some great things here recently with like the Aliens franchise. My God, I don't know. Stay. <laughs> he's not the sequel guy, if you ask me. I don't know. Just not. Not for me. I liked Covenant, so whatever. Oh, Covenant was garbage. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd rather listen to your fucking husband make a borscht than fucking watch Covenant. <laughs> well, you can't, actually. Jesus Christ. Covenant was crap. I'm sorry. <laughs> I formed my own Covenant never to watch that fucking movie again after I saw that thing. <laughs> Yeah, it was not not good. Not good. God. You like David? Well, we've got David times two. It's like, oh, fuck you. This is, oh, God. Fastbender squared. Jesus Christ, that movie is terrible. Anyway, I don't need Gladiator 2. I don't need to follow Lucius. Like, who are they going to catch? Who's going to do this thing? Jake, I'm getting Charlie Hunnam, right? Charlie Hunnam. That's their guy. They want Ryan Gosling, but they're going to get stuck with Charlie Hunnam, right? Yeah, it'll be it'll be something dumb like that for sure. Oh, Taron Egerton, Taron Egerton, he's like <laughs> Taron Egerton's gonna do it, right? Yeah, I, I I hope not. I hope he's got a better agent than that. Yeah, I don't. Maybe, maybe that, that that actor from Fifty Shades of Grey, he'll do it because like uh, Jamie Dorian or Donian or whatever. Yeah, I they want his... they wanted Charlie Hunnam to be the Fifty Shades of Grey guy, and he said no. And then they got that guy. So they'll get this guy for this thing. <laughs> Who's the poor guy from uh, Friday Night Lights and John Carter that always gets the terrible Taylor balls. Kitsch this... is going to be our Lucius. Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's getting this. Oh, he's sure. getting this. He's get... Oh, I get to work with Ridley Scott. Oh, it's like... Yeah. yeah. Sequels, I mean, if you're going to get a sequel, you want to work with James Cameron. He's the sequel guy. He's good at sequels. Not, not Ridley Scott. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't know. I, I just I, I hate when my favorite movies get marred by needless sequels. Mm-hmm. Blues Brothers, Matrix. Yeah, that's true. Rebecca, Gladiator, talk to me. 
Oh, I well, I love that first movie. That Gladiator is an amazing movie. I don't need a sequel following yeah. the nephew. That's yeah, I can agree stupid. with that. Yeah, I hear what you guys are saying, but it is Ridley Scott. That's all I'm saying. But I do wish that he would come up with something else. Why can't you just come up with something else? Just come up with your own movie, right? M- make another movie. Yeah, like like an original find property something else. directed yeah. find something else Ridley to make. Scott. Yeah. Absolutely, I'd watch that. Yeah, find something else. <laughs> yep. Oh, remember that little kid from Gladiator? <laughs> oh, fuck. What's he up to? I get to follow yeah. his adventures? Are you serious? Oh, kick ass. <laughs> Awesome. That's awesome. Can't wait to see that fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather find I'd rather follow the relatives of like the tigers. <laughs> yeah. the combat pit. What are the tigers <laughs> up movie. to? What are they up to? What's going on with the tigers? Yeah, yeah I mean I'm a, I'm here for that. I'd, I'd I'd buy a ticket to that. All right. What about this Game of Thrones news we're getting uh recently? Dark Horizons uh, talked about this uh, Game of Thrones prequel series, which I wanted to point out is not officially titled The Long Night. Everybody's saying it's called no, The it's Long not. Night. Yep. That's the title that George R.R. R. Martin gave it. HBO has not greenlit that title, so it is not called The Long Night yet or possibly never. But uh, this series, this prequel series, um, Naomi Watts has been announced as one of the stars of HBO's Game of Thrones prequel series pilot. Specifics about her character are under wraps, but she has been said to play a charismatic socialite hiding a dark secret. Jake, is she going to be the first Lannister that we're introduced to in this world? As far as, like, uh, timeline-wise, do you think she could be a Lannister? Yeah, I think that's a very distinct possibility. I think that's definitely a family that we're going to continue to follow in spinoffs. So, yeah, I could see that. The untitled- but this is before their time. The Lannisters weren't even around. Uh, during the time period that this prequel was supposed to be in, the Lannisters aren't a house yet. And she could still be a Lannister, though. I mean, they don't have to be a house. She could be a Lannister. There, I don't think that there were any because they sprang off of the Casterlies. So she might be a Casterly. That's who she might be. Well, it takes place... I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not, like, so far down the game of thrones i'm a i'm a casual fan i watch them as they come so i don't fucking know you'd know better than i do um this does take place thousands of years before the events of game of thrones and it chronicles the world's descent from the golden age of heroes into its darkest hour and the only and only one thing is for sure the horrifying secrets of westeros history to the true origins of the white walkers the mysteries of the east to the Starks of legend. It's not the story we think we know. And that's basically how it's being described. And uh, Jane Goldman is going to be the scribe on this one. And let's see here. Um, Watts was announced. And then they announced someone else that I am not familiar with. Uh, Josh Whitehouse is going to get a lead role in this one. And... um, He's a uh, British actor who starred in Northern Soul and then most recently wrapped the lead role in The Happy Worker, the David Lynch executive produced drama directed by Lynch. Uh, White House next stars in MGM's musical retelling of the cult classic Valley Girl. That's uh, 
Yeah, they're redoing the Nicolas Cage Valley Girl movie, which sounds terrible. But um, White House could be playing a Stark, um, for all we know. Because like, the description of the series says East to the Starks of Legend, and he looks like he could be a Stark. I don't know. So, Yeah. Yeah, that description is definitely intentional. That's no accident that they use that word, right? Yeah. This is yeah. just the first of uh, possibly many Game of Thrones shows that we're going to get. So, Yeah, there's going to be plenty of spinoffs. Well, they've got a bunch of them kind of like being talked about. It, this is just the first one that they've given the green light to. And it's not going right. to come out until at least a year after the final seasons of Game of Thrones season of Game of Thrones wraps. They're going to give it like a year break before they come out with anything else. Um, But uh, Naomi Watts, great casting there. I don't know shit about Josh Whitehouse, but Naomi Watts, (laughs) that's a great fucking, that's a great pull for them. Yeah. And we didn't know shit about any of the other actors and actresses either that they cast for the original series and they pulled that off. So I'm not, concerned with who they're going to cast or not cast. I think that they seem to know what they're doing when it comes to that. So I think it'll be fine. I mean, even the original cast that they uh, originally cast for Game of Thrones, they like recast it because they watched it. You know, they played it back and they were like, this sucks. I just, <laughs> we're scrapping this and we're starting over. Yeah, I just so think they know get, what they're doing. Sure. As far as like the casting concern, I'm just worried about the story yeah. overall because, you know, like, I know that, you know, George R. R. Martin is involved in this and everything, but like on the flip side, like I have, I do kind of like miss the slow pace that we had, like, you know, for the first yeah. like five, six, seven seasons, it felt like it oh, felt like the we're off book now. Sure. So. That, exactly. Book, so exactly. <laughs> but see, that's the thing here. It's like, you know, I, I know that this is probably going to be based on like, you know, treatments and stuff like that from George R. R. Martin himself, but it's not. It is. They're not. I don't even know if they're going to be that close to it. I, I think they're all about making money, right? They're just going to. No, they actually are, Jake, because he's actually written two other books that um, I think one of them is out now and the next one is coming out, I think, uh, either this month or next month. And there it's like a history of everything, everything that's going on. So it's going to actually, that's what the prequels are going to be based on. Is this like, he's like basically like written a history book about everything. Okay. I'm surprised that they're actually Mm going to base it off his own stuff. Yep. So that's what they're doing. Cause so, so he like, um, he actually has hired a whole entire staff of people that are helping him with continuity. So he's got a continuity staff, kind of like what Star Wars does and Marvel does. He's got a continuity staff that are, are like keeping, you know, up up with all this stuff for him. So they're they've like compiled all, everything into like uh, a series so far of two books. Like I said, one I think is already out, and then the next one I think is going to be coming out either this month or next month. So yeah, it's and that's what prequels are going to be based on. It's kind of ridiculous that they would even bother to base it off of his own stuff when the entire like ending, like the hinging of the climax of the whole series is going to be based off of not his stuff. Well, no, he they, he's given him notes. So, yeah, it's based off of his stuff. Yeah, but it's but it's, he's clearly said that yeah. both things are going to have different endings. And there's already been a lot of stuff that he said, like there's 
plenty of dead characters in the show that aren't dead in the books. And oh, yada, wow. yada, yada. I don't follow and, it that closely, but yeah, that's that's interesting. Jesus Christ. Just what it's like, dude, fucking finish the book like for your fans. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I let at this point let D and D handle the fucking prequels and give us like well, the book done. climax. The double oh, yeah, D is leaving. Yeah, they're they're done. They're not they're done with Game of Thrones. Yeah, they're right. busy. I thought that they they're um the one show they were gonna do, like the Confederacy show, like that's not happening anymore. Well, they're doing Star they Wars potentially coming back. They're doing Star oh, they're Wars. They're doing Star Wars. The Star Wars. Yeah, trilogy. they're doing Star Wars. Yeah, they're done with Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, good deal. Good deal. Yeah, it's just interesting. I don't know. It seems like he's putting so much like work into all this side story prequel stuff when it's been like just put out Winds of Winter in the yeah, next book, dude. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's it's more. I ga- think he already had. Sorry, sorry, Ryan. Go ahead. Um, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to more Game of Thrones. It's just I know kind of like what we get from things when they're basing it off a a history book that he's putting out, and it's like that's basically like adapting the Silmarillion from you know uh, right. Lord of the Rings, and it's also kind of like basing like. You know, Fantastic Beasts, like that came off like a J.K. Rowling kind of book that she put out that was not like a full story, but it was about, you know, is basically like a history book that uh, or a science book that Newt Mander put out. And so like trying to build a whole story around, you know, these things that are history books. For me, I wasn't the biggest fan at all of the first, um, you know, Fantastic Beasts film. And, like, the stuff from the Silmarillion that they put into the Hobbit movies, I don't think make it any better to try to flesh out that world. So this has me a little concerned. I hope they have great writers on this um, to really kind of, like, enhance and not detract from, like, the original series here. So, Yeah. yeah. I think they will because, like, if you watch, like, I don't know if you've watched the special features or whatever on, like, the Blu-rays, if you buy, like, the box sets or whatever – all that's on there. And I think that a lot of this has kind of already been fleshed out really in that. I mean, it's kind of like a glossed over, of course, view of it, but they do these really um, interesting uh, like cartoons of the story. And it's almost like there's, they were setting us up for this the entire time, really since like season two, I think is when they came out with, with these like, cartoon kind of like uh behind the scenes extra things that you got extra stories for like all the different houses and just the backstory which is what we're going to get in the prequels we'll see i just don't see many prequels don't pan out and i know people can point to better call saul i'm not watching it but everybody's saying like some people say it's even better than breaking bad like you can point to that but you're not always going to get like you're not always going to get like a creator like Vince Gilligan to come in there and like flesh out a better prequel than you actually did like the main source material that people fell in love with the first time. So I, I'm skeptical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, we're all it, skeptical, but <laughs> it needs a good creative team. And like, even hypothetically, if it's fantastic, like let's say, boom, it's fantastic. And it's based off of this, you know, foundation that George R. R. Martin made, then it's like, well, it has to go on, right? Mm-hmm. It has to have season two. It has to have season three. It has yeah. to have season four. And so it's like, can it continue that? There's only so much foundation that can be created, yeah. you know, and you need suspense and intrigue too. So it can't just be, based off of like stodgy appendix histories of the series. Like you have to create like suspense and intrigue with this story too. Yeah. 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 So it'll be very fascinating. Yeah. I think they'll be able to do it. I, 
I almost wish that they would do something like like a limited series, honestly, with it. I, I know they're not going to do that, but that would be what I would want. I would rather have, you know, five episodes that are maybe like an hour and a half or two hours long rather than have, what, 10 episodes that are... I ca- I co-sign that 100%. And yeah. you, you, have, you have a vision, you have a story to tell. Right, like this you is what we're in, doing. Right, because especially like if you're if you're doing it from like a, a quote-unquote like historical standpoint, which is what, you know, Martin is, is trying to do here. So it's like a, I'm not trying to say it's a quicker way, but it's a more concise way of doing it, right? So we could have the long night, Okay, we can have that story in five episodes and then we could go on and, and move on to the next portion, which would be after the wall is built. Right. And after like all the other houses are established that we already know, we could have five episodes of that. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I just think that, that would be a better way to do it. We're, they're not going to do that. <laughs> because, I agree. Because then know, if the thing, if the thing kind of. Yeah, because if the thing kind of falls apart, then you have this kind of incomplete narrative that you're potentially stuck with. Right. Right. Like where if you're if you limit yourself to, okay, we're going to tell this within this time frame and then we're going to move on to something else. You don't get into the trap of, okay, it's not taking over well, but we're in the middle of it. And these actors aren't going to sign on for a season two now because of reception. And there's just a whole new like. Yeah, barrel of you, fish that you yeah, deal with. and if you did it that way, like, okay, you had five episodes that, say, were an hour and a half, two hours long. Those actors are going to be gone. There's not going to be another season. Like, this is this is a concise, like, version of what's happening. So it's over. Like, we're done, right? So, like, the next series that we're going to put out is, a, is another section. Like, more, you know, different people. Like, their children or whatever, right? Because we're talking about, like, you know, it's a... What do you call it? A chronological series or whatever, right? Like even what we're what we're seeing right now in Game of Thrones is about really the children now are grown. So like everybody else is pretty much dead. So you yeah, see what I'm I saying? Agree. Like yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I I agree. I, I I much prefer the idea of telling little stories than trying to create a brand new grand series that very yeah. potentially could fall on its face. <laughs> very quickly and then we get nothing after that so yeah yeah like game of thrones is like the climax of the white walkers and like it, this feels like lord of the rings doing like trying to do what they do with the hobbit all over again so right yeah i don't want to see that that's a great yeah, point brian that's like a good, really good point yeah you don't want to see the prequel like oh now we gotta have be an even bigger battle than the battle we had in the last episode mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones yeah. yep. and type of stuff, you know, and lots of cheeky nods and winks about stuff we already know about. Right. Yeah. Pre- the, the fear of prequelitis is very scary. Oh, fucking. yeah. And not only that, but what they did to us, too, with The Hobbit, what just infuriated me with that is they stretched it out, <laughs> broke it up into how many fucking movies. And like right at the end, you're finally going to get to see the damn dragon and the fucking movie cuts off. Nope. Got to wait till the next movie. Oh, I like, made fun of that. Just nonstop. The name. <laughs> oh, the, God, I was so the movie is that. called the desolation of smog and, and the actual <laughs> desolation doesn't him. happen until the third movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I murder someone. I was so mad. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Got to be kidding me. I can't believe this. My buddy saw it opening night, told me it ended that way. And to this day, I still haven't watched it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I was so mad. And then you had to wait a whole year. <laughs> yeah, I was, year I was out. I was out. Oh, I was so mad. Yeah. 
that's my fear with the prequels is they're going to rope us into something like that. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll and a lot rests on, oddly enough, a lot rests on kind of how Game of Thrones ends in the first place, right? Because, uh, man, show finales are tricky, especially ones with as big as an audience as Game of Thrones. And it's going to be something really special if it manages to stick the landing. But if it doesn't, it has a really good chance of alienating a lot of people right from the jump, regardless of what a new series is about. People may be very sick of Game of Thrones, depending on how they feel about how they feel about how the show ended. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's already like butthurt over season seven anyway. So. (laughs) Yeah. I'm one of those people. Me too. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, so, so were, I need for a break, many, man. many reasons. So, yeah, it's a good thing that you're taking a year break, but depending on what that finale, the taste that that finale leaves in your in your mouth, yeah. it, may, it may need a bigger than a year break. Yeah, definitely. If they take a shit in our mouths, <laughs> that's going to be it. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and I'm a big fan of the Lost finale, but it'd be kind of the same thing there. Like, if they tried to do a Lost series six months after that Lost finale, I think a lot of people would be like, fuck you. Right. Yeah, they are kind of, yeah, they could, it could be kind of like, I don't think that this has yet happened with Star Wars, but it is kind of like similar to Star Wars. Like, are we getting overloaded, you know, with Star Wars? Like, are we getting overloaded with these Marvel films? You know, like, you don't want to get, you don't want to overdo it. Yeah, it's very interesting. I can't wait to see it. I'm excited for Game of Thrones to come back. I'm glad. I think this two year break for it was good because I I was a little bit salty at it at the end of the last season. And yeah. now I'm like, I haven't rewatched the last season and that's probably helped. And I'm yeah, I haven't either. I'm yeah. excited to see it again. I don't think I will rewatch that season. I'll watch the previously on and be good. Yeah, I think I'm going to like pick and choose like my episodes that I'm going to watch rewatch, you know, just to, like kind of give myself like a refresher, but I agree. I'm not, I'm definitely gonna, not going to rewatch the whole thing. <laughs> hey, Rebecca, I'll like rewatch the Tyrion episodes. <laughs> Re- Rebecca, is this like a episode of game of Thrones? Did you die? No, I didn't die. I just, I'm, I'm definitely the casual fan. Cause I haven't yeah. read any of the books. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Yeah, like, it's not like I'm, like, anti-book reading or anything. I just haven't cracked into those tomes that he wrote. Um, Why start anything that the guy hasn't even fucking finished to begin with, right? Agreed. I will will say that um, I definitely agree with a lot of what Jake is saying about prequelitis. And, and Sarah, you you brought up the the Hobbit prequels for sure. Like, I don't want to see that. I will say that I think that there's absolutely tons of interesting stuff in the game of thrones universe to show yeah. us I, I don't know like i don't know all of the prequel stuff like that's just it's just i don't know it so like yeah. i can't speak to like who i think people are playing but i i just think that there's a lot of interesting characters and certainly like if you were to ask me am i more excited for like a game of thrones series or that um Lord of the Rings universe series. I'm more excited for Game of Thrones because I think that there's much more interesting things to explore there. Uh, so yeah, I'm the yeah but I'm I'm definitely a casual fan. Like I, I I've enjoyed what I've watched. I just I don't know the book, so I don't like yeah. have tons to say about that. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's move on to the next story here. Netflix has announced Stranger Things Day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stranger Things Day. Netflix is just Netflix. We got a Stranger Stranger Things Day. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) It means Stranger Things didn't come back as soon as they wanted it to. So God forbid you fucking forget about it. We've got to keep it. in the. How could uh, we ever forget about it? Got to keep it. Oh, it's unforgettable. The forefront of pop culture. uh, Stranger Things Day. uh, What they hope will become an annual celebration to appreciate their popular supernatural series. The day is time to be on the 35th anniversary that lead character Will Byers went missing and events of the series kick off. So we're celebrating an Amber Alert, which is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, that's fucked. That's real fucked up. And uh, so. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, for missing kids. Yay! Hey, guess what? I know. It gets me every time. Guess what, doll? Uh, darling, we don't have to pay for little Johnny's fucking tuition. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, it, uh, the- <laughs> oh, my God. The f- first, oh my God. first 48 hours is the most important, and it's been... S- it's been 72. Johnny's gone. So, um, yeah, you know what will help you get over fucking Johnny missing, though, is the thrilling adventures of Eleven on Netflix. <laughs> you know what, like, drove me crazy on that show was how freaked out um, Winona Ryder's character acted. <laughs> like the entire first season, man, she was just like a fucking basket case. Oh, I like, loved her. I loved her. Bitch, calm down. Oh, God. I love when I love when right. I always think of that award show thing where she went nuts on that award oh, show. Oh, that was hilarious. There's so many gifts that came out of that thing. That's hilarious. All of her, fa- her facial her like sins. Oh, that really endeared me to Winona Ryder. I gotta say, I, I don't, Sarah. I, I mean, I. I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know. I I loved Winona yeah. Ryder in that first season. Like like the, the the crazier she got, the more I loved her. Like when she, when she went to like the store she worked at and she was like, I need this phone. Give me this phone right now. Like I, I yeah. loved her. Yeah, I, I loved it too. Lights. You know, looking at the ball of light. The like, light? This is yeah. Will! This is Will! Like, it was the just... The lights? Yeah, when she was like, I'm... You're gonna give me all these lights. And I was like, you... Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Bitch, like, drink something or take a pill. Like, there's medication for this. Hey, like, what's wrong with her you? Son was, her son was taken. Her son was yeah, missing. Like, I know that, but... <laughs> It's no big deal, Brian. It's like, a holiday. Calm down. No, it's. I wanted to see. I wanted to see Winona Ryder get manic. That's like. Hold on. It's like that scene in in Taken when the guy calls Liam Neeson and he's like, "I have your daughter." If if Liam Neeson would have just been chill, like you're saying, it's a and what and. But he was chill. Yeah, he was super chill. He, he just tells the guy. Super chill, Brian. He was like, I'm he was not it. chill when he was fucking <laughs> when he was going around killing everybody. Yeah, yeah, in a very he was calm, super chill like, on the phone. Yeah, yeah and in a very calm, chill, methodical way. way. Yeah, well, <laughs> he he's very, got he's a like... specific set of skills. I, I loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I loved the, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder does not have. She's in, she was incredible in that first season. I don't. I, I can't. I'm not co-signing that. 
No, I, I do co-sign that she was incredible in the first season. I love to hate on Stranger Things, but I, I Winona Ryder in season one was like, oh, man, that was half the charm for me. Yeah. So that's just how she was supposed to be then is like a basket case. Yeah, her fucking kid yeah, her was kid missing. Her kid was missing and like weird missing. shit was happening. Her on kid her was in. Yeah. Shit. Oh, my. Well, I know my that, kid like, is in another dimension. I better keep it together so Sarah doesn't fucking get all upset about my performance. <laughs> yes, keep it together. Keep yeah, it. On oh, yeah. Of, on top of her kid missing, you know, like, she's getting weird ass phone calls and like weird like supernatural shits happening. Like she's got some pretty good excuses in season wanted to be freaked out yeah exactly she's got her kid shows up her kid's body shows up in a lake and it's not her kid's body i think i would react the exact same fucking way that's like paranoia proved at that moment like that justifies her entire attitude at that moment i've made brian yell I'm sure I am more manic than she was in that fucking first season from <laughs> listening to this. Yeah, I don't know. You're just the, the, the analysis of the character and that her not being warranted to be a little manic. I don't know. I don't get it. It's making me manic, quite frankly. Well, can't you like do that in private? <laughs> you have to do it. Like, well, at that point, it's not a TV show. Wait, God, you that to be off screen, like you wanted all the manic <laughs> stuff to be like we don't see it. I don't. I don't well, know. I mean, we could have seen it, but she was just like acting like that all over the place. It's like I, I, okay. I, think, I, I think you're kind of judging yeah. her character a little harsh. Yeah. I think I, I think <laughs> any mom who lo- who her kid is missing, supernatural shit is happening. Like her phone keeps exploding and and all the, I think she Oh, take it in stride. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, take it in stride, Mrs. Byers. You know? I never thought we'd find someone who more irrationally hated Stranger Things than me. <laughs> to the point where it doesn't even make sense. A mother lost her child to the fucking under the the upside down and she's supposed to be fucking she's supposed to be chill about it. Yeah, get that shit off screen. Say she's supposed to Fucking be chill about it, but she's supposed to be less over the top about it. I mean, oh, we, I know. You know, you don't want to overreact when your kid's gone and nobody's listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're faking his body and shit. Keep your shit together, Mrs. Byers. <laughs> Keep it together. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. That's that's eh, that opinion is lunacy. <laughs> oh my god jake they're casting master chief in the showtime halo series man according to thr we're gonna get master chief in the series i know it's kind of a no shit thing but some <laughs> i mean some people that we didn't know we didn't know 100 percent. but um they're saying that uh, showtime's halo series based on the massively popular video game franchise is looking for actors to fill out its roster of space marines and one of them will catch diehard fans of the franchise by surprise jake i'm hoping that they use you're talking about space marines i'm hoping going into this 100 percent, man that they use um starship troopers like the book the movie and then even aliens which aliens james cameron aliens uh the sequel of alien he took a page out of uh the starship troopers books and 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 used those as like the template for like the marines in his series 
I'm really hoping they do that here, man. I think like that. You, I, I know it's kind of biting off of that, but I, I think that that's really what they need to do here. I think like these Marines should have like personality, and they should, you know, I mean, just be gung ho badasses. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, and I, I don't think I think everything kind of bites off each other, right? Like Halo's entire existence is kind of biting off that yeah. kind of genre and trope of thing, anyway, right? Yeah. So I don't think anyone would like assault halo for having a bit of like that kind of starship troopers mentality and look to it and when they so. when they encounter like aliens that they've never seen like gigantic aliens and stuff like that i don't want them to freak out and be all manic right i, I want them to be kind of chill about it i don't want them to like overreact or if they are be manic, keep that shit off screen keep yeah, it off screen Fuck. Yeah, we don't want to see that. Keep your shit together. Calm down. Yeah. Keep it together. They're not, they're not casting Winona yeah. Ryder up in this bitch. Jesus. God. Yeah, if some fucking alien, like, chews your kid up, fucking don't fucking whine about it. No, just take a shot of booze and move on with your life. Wow. Yeah, your kid's <laughs> wow. gone. Your kid's gone. Fuck, man up, bitch. God. <laughs> Jeez! You yeah. can have another one. So you, you can have another one, and wow. I guarantee it'll look just like that one. It'll look exactly like the one that you lost. Yeah, <laughs> close one. enough. Or close enough. Thank you, Jake. It'll look close enough. It'll be fine. Fine. Oh my god! You can name it the same. Maybe I'll get lucky and have twins. You're a terrible person. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> um, Jake, are they going to show Master Chief's face in this series? Are they going to keep him fully helmeted like they do in the in the video games? They will show his face, 100%. Oh, man. Why can't they just get a guy with a really cool voice, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's what I was thinking. Do we really want to see his face? No, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah, but we like, don't want to see his face. I mean, that's the reason I'm asking. The question is, like, yeah. Hollywood has never been able to not show us the face, except for, like... You know, dread. Yeah, we all point the dread. Carl Urban was was incredible for Vendetta. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he didn't show his face in that. My question is: Will we already have seen his face by like the trailer for this thing, or will they treat it like a reveal? Yeah, I don't know. I remember (laughs) when they were talking about years ago when they were going to do a uh, Halo series, uh, Halo movie. Excuse me, before it was a series. Like, they were going to cast Denzel Washington. You cannot tell me that they were not going to show Denzel Washington's face. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. They're not going to cast Denzel and not show his face ever. Like, that's ridiculous. I feel like even if it's a nobody, they're going to show his face in this Halo series. Oh, man. I don't. It, the Halo does not have a premiere date. The production is slated to begin next June in Budapest. Uh, Kyle Killen is going to serve as a, an executive producer and writer and showrunner on this series. I'm just thinking that, like, Man, if if Showtime can get this first trailer and they can do it right, if they can give us a fucking first trailer that gives us that music, oh, that bullshit, and then just like show us like the warthog, the vehicles, the aliens, and just fucking like get our hearts racing for Halo, dude, they are gonna sell so many Showtime subscriptions. It's gonna be insane. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'll be huge. Yeah. It'll have if, if they give this like tender love and care and make a good series, they're gonna they're gonna get a lot of new subscribers. JJ Abrams gonna get a huge deal from somebody. Did you guys read about this? 
Yeah, I did read about this. I did oh read about it. A gosh. lot of people are thinking it's potentially Disney, but why? Yeah, I don't know why. That that'd be terrible with the family friendly stuff, Jake. I, I'm just not all for that. I I'm sorry. I love that it's going to be like you know the Marvel series and stuff like that, but I feel like. If you get J.J. Abrams, like if you're talking about like, okay, Ryan Murphy signed an exclusive deal with Netflix. And the reason that they Netflix signed him kind of like to pull him away from FX is they know what Ryan Murphy can do. And Ryan Murphy's like bringing like the, you know, he he can do stuff like, you know, like American Horror Story. He can do like the dark stuff. And it's like with the Disney Play service, I feel like J.J. Abrams is kind of like limited to what he can do. Like if even if like the the service was just going to do like things that he uh, had his name on before. Like what if they came out with like a Cloverfield series or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying like I just don't want to see – I want to see J.J. be able to do more than just like family-friendly kind of like Disney projects. Um, yeah, I agree with that. It's definitely gonna gonna kind of limit cement his feet a little bit if he signs with Disney like that. They're talking about half a billion. What is it? What are the uh, half a billion dollars um, possibly? Um, because Ryan Murphy got three hundred million from Netflix. Greg Berlanti re-signed with Warner Brothers for four hundred million. They're saying like going rate for J.J. Abrams to sign a deal is probably half a billion. Yeah, wow. I believe it. I believe it, and he'll probably wait until after episode nine and because if that is you know does gangbuster still have even more clout was mm-hmm. kind of like what happened with um solo yeah i don't know i i uh, i don't know i don't want it to be disney though i love i and, I, and i'm not i'm not knocking with i'm not knocking disney like i want to see them get some i just don't want to see jj abrams sign an exclusive deal with them no, why? Yeah, he should be able to yeah. work with them and still do stuff on the side. Exactly. I don't think he needs to sign an exclusive deal with them. Exactly. So, yeah. Rebecca, any <laughs> thoughts on this? Oh, gosh. You know, I'm not a gamer. I have no idea. This is not even a video game. We're not, we're not, th- we're not talking about Halo anymore. What are you talking about? Oh, you I'm fell sorry. As- did you fall oh, asleep? Oh, we forgot to tell her we were done talking about Halo. Yeah, we're done talking about Halo. I, I <laughs> she muted us. I thought it was part of the same story. I'm sorry, dude. I really did. That was part of the same story. I'm, I'm sure JJ Abrams. I'm sure he loves playing video games, but that's not like what we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. You're good. You're fine. Oh, Rebecca, I feel so terrible. I need, I'm trying to get you pulled in here. No, JJ Abrams is going to sign a major. He's set to sign a major, um, huge deal with a uh, with a service. Um, they're talking about it possibly being. Um, oh, I got you. I got you. Okay. I really thought, because it just kind of transitioned to J.J. Yeah. Abrams. I really thought you were continuing that he was going to direct this Halo movie. And no, I was like, oh, they're that's talk- weird. They're talking about him signing it. Like, <laughs> like a, they're talking about him like signing a deal with like like a <laughs> Disney Play or even like uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment. Because, um, you know, or I got you, I got they're you. also saying like maybe Netflix or Apple could, you know, do the deal. But they, they think it comes down to Disney and Comcast Universal what they're thinking interesting yeah i don't i don't see him signing with disney i would be really no. surprised if he did yeah. i would be really surprised if he did doesn't seem like his style the 500 million though in, you're offering well, 500 million dollars i guess that maybe that is his style then I don't 
500 million dollars could be my style too. That's, that's, I, I don't know. That's my hang up here is like, um, yeah, yeah. you know, because like he's like, in my opinion, he's like a Steven Spielberg protege. And if they're basically sure. saying, hey, we're going to give you 500 million dollars, um, we want you to make series and make and original movies that are like Spielberg esque for our, you know. Interesting. I don't know if it's an, like, is it an exclusive deal? And it, it, he should still be able to work with like uh, you know other studios. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, like if it's yeah, it seems like if he were to sign this deal, does that mean that he? Yeah, exactly. Like he does, he can't work with anybody else ever until well, the deal his, is expired. Yeah, and, his 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 uh, current television deal with Warner Brother TV it expires in May 2019, and his film deal with Paramount expires in March of 2020, but that hasn't made a, that has not made an impact at all with him doing the star Wars films. He yeah, actually, yeah, he, exactly. actually, he actually put off doing a Paramount movie to do this, to do star Wars episode nine, which yes, that pissed off Paramount, but he was still able to do star Wars episode nine. So it's not like he wouldn't be able to work on other stuff, but we would, you know, he would have to come through on a, if he's doing a half billion dollar deal, he would have to come through on a bunch of shit for like whoever he signs this deal for. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. It looks like maybe they may try be trying to get him for Guardians. What do you think about that? I don't think. Maybe he... that's their angle. No. I don't, Jake, Guardians, would he do it? Yeah. yeah would, he would totally I... do it. He would do it. <laughs> Really? I, he, he is kind of the fixer-upper guy, right? Like that's He would fucking do that. Yeah, he would. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. J.J. Abrams has been that guy a bit, right? Like with the Star yeah. Trek and the Star yeah, Wars. But, just, but with something, wanted, no, but, but I don't know. It's not – It's I understand – no, I understand Star Wars, like the prequels left a lot of bad taste in people's mouths, but it wasn't – it's not like – I don't know. I just don't. I wouldn't want to be the guy that's trying to fill the shoes of James Gunn after that. I, I don't care if I'm. J, I don't care if I'm fucking J.J. Abrams or not. I mean, I don't know. I just wouldn't want to be that guy. Looking like that's what's happening to me, but I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't it. Know. That's, a, that's an know. interesting thought. Yeah. I, I, I think that's what's going it. on. I think they're courting him mm. for Guardians. That's what's going on. <laughs> Well, you don't. You don't have to but sign that, him. You don't have to sign him to a five hundred million dollar deal to do that. You can just sign him to do Guardians. But you may have to because that that may be part of what he wants. He may want more than that because of because of the politics that are, that are involved. Just like what you're saying, you know, because he'll be the guy that came in and took James Gunn's job, and there's a bunch of bullshit that's going to go along with it. And he's like, you know, look, I'm. You're gonna have to give me more than just this. So. Yeah, I was just thinking, like with Disney, like I was just thinking that they would bring in like another kind of like yes man or whatever, like they've been doing with like you know mm-hmm. uh, fucking not for that franchise with though. John Peyton Watts, Reed. John yeah, Watts, yeah, guys like John Watts and Peyton Reed that are just like yes men that come in there that haven't been able to get really their feet wet on a big franchise deal, and of course they're gonna want to sign up. Who's gonna pass on that? But like. I don't know. I just don't see like guys like Taika Waititi and fucking J.J. Abrams saying, yeah, I can't wait to step in for uh, a beloved director here and do this deal. J.J. Abrams can get his money elsewhere. He doesn't have to get his money from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but he is kind of like the the clean cleanup guy, and he's the fixer, and he may be able to get the actors. Yeah, but he signed on. He signed on. He signed on to Star Wars stuff. Like after, like they had already, like Disney had already purchased it. 
So it's and, yeah. and, and George Lucas didn't leave over like terms that were like he wasn't right. forced out. He like, were willingly yeah. he willingly yeah. sold Lucasfilm. It's right. you're, you're stepping in for James Gunn, who basically a lot of fans feel like he was forced out of this thing. I wouldn't want to be JJ right. and doing this and taking over the Guardians. I wouldn't want to do it. I understand he's the yeah. fixer upper. He's the fucking like the uh, Bob yeah. Vila of uh, movies mm-hmm. and shit. And he comes in there and fixes <laughs> shit. But this is one that yeah. if I were him, I'd stay far the fuck away from, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. But maybe not, because like I'm saying, like he could be like the, you know, the Brit, the bridge guy, you know, like he could come in and kind of, you know, fix some relationships that are obviously very, very broken. He's not I Dr. Mean, Phil. I mean, this is just like he's coming in there and he's taken a, on a movie that people were like, people want to see James Gunn do. And so I think he puts a target on his back. There's a fucking fans have spent four thousand dollars on a rehired James Gunn billboard that's up in Los Angeles. And it's like, I I hear you. If I'm if I'm J.J. Abrams, I'm staying the fuck away from Guardians of the Galaxy three. I'm going to let them give that to some indie film director that needs to get his fucking feet wet and be thrown into the fire. I am not fucking getting any near anywhere near Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. If I'm J.J. Abrams. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his really. I mean, do we know what his relationship is with with the actors? I mean, or, or anybody else? I, I don't know. I would assume that he would. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying that I think that he would be the one to kind of like smooth some things over. All I know is like the, maybe the relationship between the actors and James Gunn himself. They had a letter that they had put out. Right. Saying that they wanted James Gunn, you know, like sure. you know, to come back yeah. and they all signed their names to it and everything. And yeah, you know, I don't know. I I wonder what his relationship is, is with James Gunn or if they even have one. Because if I don't he had a good relationship, if but. he had a good relationship with James Gunn, I would hope that he wouldn't want to fucking take over the guy's franchise. Right. But maybe if he gave him permission to. Oh, I don't. Why? 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 What's the point? Like. I like I just don't see like I don't think there's going to be any James Gunn like baton handoff yes, happening. Yes, agree. Right. The fucking yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. he's not gonna. Yeah, he he's not gonna hand James it off Gunn's to anybody. Help, I yeah, he's not I, helping I anybody he, when it comes to this shit. I don't think like he's not gonna help anybody when it comes to that. Like no, he right. got fucked. He got why, fucked why out of he, that. Why should he help anybody? Exactly. With that? He has no reason to. Oh, and if, yeah. if it were me, like if, if it were any of us who got fired from our job and and in similar. Then you have to like train the new guy. Yeah. Why? <laughs> like taking why your the job. Fuck would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do it. Or or if or if your old job contacted you and like, hey, how would you feel about so and so taking over your job? What the fuck do I care who takes over that job? No, like, it's yeah. not- exactly. It's the same thing as like uh, when uh, uh, the new Hellboy coming out. I understand that. I understand that. Like, uh, you know, David Harbor and I think uh, you know Ron Perlman. Like, they met up and talked or whatever. But on the flip side, it's not like Ron Perlman is saying, "Yeah, I'll cameo in your fucking movie." No, he's like, I'm. I'm done. Like I did it with my yeah. bu- with my boy Guillermo, and you know you didn't want to see the third one. You didn't want to gri- green green light the third one, and so he's kind of like done with it. I don't know. I just can't see James Gunn kind of like being gracious about like that. You know the franchise that basically the IP that he built 
you know, as far as like the movies are concerned and being like, yes, I, I handeth you the guardians of the galaxy do great job with it. Yeah. Just, yeah I mean, I think that, but, I mean, there were people that helped James Gunn too. He didn't just do it all on his own. So he had some help. He I mean, this- Joss Whedon helped him and sure. there were other people that helped him. Well, yeah, but so that's it wasn't not what, all I'm, him. That's not what I'm talking about though. I'm talking about a man who got fired and basically coming out to the public and saying, yes, I endorse this pick of J.J. Abrams taking over my franchise. I don't see that happening. Oh, I see yeah, I don't bad. See, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I yeah, see bad blood. Either. I see bad blood between him and Disney. And he is not, you know, he's not going to do them any fucking favors at this point. He would be doing Disney a favor to actually come out with any director that they announce for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, he would be doing them a fucking favor to come out and say, yes, I think you've made a great choice. And you know he's going to get asked that question. Eventually, oh, sure. somebody's going to sure. ask him that question. Like, Absolutely. Oh, what do you think about the choice of such and such director yeah. taking it over? And in all honesty, I would love him to just be like, no comment. You know, but who knows what he's going to say. But, like, I, I, don't, I don't see him, like, putting a stamp of approval on there and helping out Disney and saying, yeah, I think it's a great choice. And I can't wait to see what he does with what I, you know, with what I really, you know, built up and turned into this great thing that everybody fucking loves. Like, I, <laughs> I want to see him throw up the middle fingers and say, fuck you. I, I think the fans are looking at it from, like, a kind of like a way to kind of, like, look forward to yeah. the next movie and kind of like hand it off and make it sure everything's going to be all great and stuff. And like, I, it shouldn't be looked at like that. It should be looked at as a guy who was fucking slighted in this business and fucking yeah. fired. And, um, for things that they fucking knew about or should have known about and that he they apologized knew. for. Yeah. They knew. <laughs> and it's like, he, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm passionate about. I mean, this. I'm just I'm just looking at it from like, and I'm not. I mean, I'm not trying to like piss you off or get. Oh no no no, you're not. I no. When I get, I'm just no. I'm like, very passionate about this stuff. If you yeah, go, if you no, go to my, I know that you are. Because if you go, I've, if you go to my, before. if you go to my Twitter page right now, <laughs> my banner, my banner on my Twitter page is rehire James Gunn. It's the, yeah. it's the fucking, it's the same. You know, um, billboard. And I, and, I, and I agree with you. Like I, I am. I agree. Like I am not for him being fired. I, you know, just so that that's clear. But from what I'm looking at, like while you guys were like talking about this, like I just googled some stuff really, really quick and looked up some stuff about J.J. Abrams, and that's what it's looking like is happening. That's so. Don't be surprised. If okay, that's who's that coming? That's who's the, who, are the, who are the reports <laughs> coming from? Cosmic Book News or THR? I mean, that that's you know, it's that's speculation. Well, but. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at his relationship too with Disney, though. Like he he has a relationship with them as well. So it's it just it's just looking like that. That's the direction that things are going. I hope and that's not. I don't I, be surprised. I would if it happens. I would be upset with J.J. Abrams if he took that. That's just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I mean, happy you with would, that. I mean, you wouldn't be alone. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would, but I mean, I, I mean, he's going to go, he's going to go where the money is, man. That, that's what he's going to do. He doesn't give a shit about any, anything else. They, they just don't. I mean, this is business. You take it, I'd hope, you take I'd it hope personal. you'd have more integrity You, you take that. it personal, but they don't. This is just business to them. That, that's all it is. That's it's, all it is but, to Disney. Uh, I, so. I think, no, I think like J.J. Abrams is at a point in his career where he can pick and choose what he wants to do. I don't think it's like all about just like money at this point. Like Steven Spielberg, like 
I think he can kind of like do what he wants to do in this business. And, and if he, I, I don't know, is Disney saying like, you're going to direct guardians of the galaxy volume three, or we're not going to give you a deal for like all of your like IP. Yeah, they might be doing that. Well, that that's might be silly. exactly what's going on. That's silly. If they you're, if, very- if you're not going to hire him for his IPs that he can like provide to you, his like new content that he can provide for you for your like up and coming and new baby streaming service. Yeah, I understand you do have like the Marvel yeah. stuff and you do have like Disney princesses and you do have, you know, right. all these <laughs> other properties. But like on the flip side, if you can land JJ Abrams, but if like it comes down to like, well, you have to direct Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy volume three or you don't get a $500 million deal. That just seems yep. a little fucking weird to me. And like, but that's how these things go. Like that's how, that's how these people work. <laughs> that's how the business works. I mean, that's just how it is. They're vultures. Everybody knows that that's just what they are. Look what they've done. I mean, <laughs> that's just how they are. That's how they operate. And if, if it is him, I would much rather see it be him, right? Wouldn't you much rather see it be him? Oh, I don't even care for Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> no, Volume I, 3. I, I agree with like what Brian's saying, though. Like, so, like a, someone like a, a Spielberg stature, which I think is Abrams at this point. Yeah. Like, you know, the money isn't that issue. It's not like it's not like stamps and measures where they're like, here, Spielberg, we'll give you $500 million. And he's like, well, it's all business, so I'll direct, you know, fuck it i'll do your fucking you know annie remake or whatever you know it, it's i think these people have a bit more inte- integrity than you're kind of assigning them than, than that i don't think it's completely as like business based as that especially a guy like but they J. Have J. Abrams. To make those... sorry go ahead no i'm just saying especially a guy of like jj abram's status like he doesn't have to do this deal right. he can do other things and you know, he doesn't have to do this deal with Disney. It's just, you know, but they I, could destroy his career. How? Look what they did to, look, look what they <laughs> yeah, did to the but, last guy. But, they can. But, but you're, that's but you're that's saying, like the power that they have. So, but, but you're saying Sarah Disney didn't, didn't do that though. Did they? <laughs> Is his career destroyed? No, he's still getting work. I, I don't think like Disney's not going. Hold on, listen to what you're saying. Like Disney's saying, like if you don't direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, we will destroy your career, Mister JJ Abrams. <laughs> like that just sounds silly to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you put it in, into that context, but that's yeah, exactly I mean, how I can, heard. They it. can potentially stop him from getting from from doing what he what he wants to do in the future. He has his own production company, so. Bad Robot. He they, they can't stop him from shit. Yeah, I mean, well, he can make Cloverfield eight, and he's Jay Abrams. Can, he can do whatever the fuck can, he wants. They it's can not make and they can definitely like done. like you know stop stop him from doing things that he wants to do in the future. No, they can. So. I, I just think you're making it sound like Sarah, like they've got him over a barrel or something, like. <laughs> If you don't direct Guardians 3, we'll fucking ruin your career. I just, I, I don't know if that's an accurate thing to say. I mean, if they are courting him for Guardians, I mean, if if that is their intention, J.J. Abrams is still a free person. He can either say yes or no, and that'll be his choice. You but finished, Abrams! Have- You're done in this town! Pack your bags! Work in this town again. You'll never work in this town again, Abrams! You're finished! <laughs> like, You're through! If- <laughs> <laughs> 
You're done, Abrams. Like I- it's over. <laughs> Pack your bags. Tinseltown don't need you. <laughs> we're done with you. You were diddling little boys, and we got proof. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna send the fucking all right after him and shit. Oh God! We bought oh. I, we bought industrial light and magic, and we have made pictures. <laughs> we have made pictures of you diddling little boys. Well, they fucking own everything. My God. What do they not own? Well, I, I just, I, I, I guess they don't fucking own Amazon yet. I don't know. I'm I think sure you, you started next. Hold on, you started <laughs> off saying that, like, yeah, like you know, I see, like, no, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you started off saying, like, you know, they could hire him to do Guardians of the Galaxy in th- uh, Volume yeah. Three. He's the guy that fixes things, and like, I, that's very plausible. I'm not for. When I look at that, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't want to see that happen. I would like to see J.J. Abrams not put himself into that spot. It's completely different than when J.J. Abrams did Star Wars because, like, they bought yeah. Star Wars. No, I, they I totally bought Lucasfilm. Yeah. It then turned into, you. you know, Disney basically saying, we're going to ruin you, J.J., if you don't. We're going to ruin you, but we're going to give you $500 million, so be happy with it, JJ. All right? I don't know. It's just – it's. I, I think it started off like being a plausible thing and then just went down this conspiracy rabbit hole that I, I did not think we were going to go to. It was <laughs> – <laughs> It happens. Well, fucking Disney, Disney man. Evil. Fucking they're shit. fucking evil as shit, so yeah. you never know what they're going to do or not do. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, all right. So, um, yeah, where where are we? <laughs> Fuck. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And we will be <laughs> right back with uh, with Marvel news. We are not talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three of Marvel. <laughs> 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 but that's Marvel news. Uh, you better not say that, Brian. We may never come back from break. Disney's gonna fucking end. Oh my you. god! <laughs> <laughs> You're done, JJ. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> You're finished. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, like Goofy's oh. holding a gun to his fucking head. <laughs> I was thinking of Goofy fucking hitting him with the fucking like crowbar too. Gorse. Right in the back of the leg. Gorse, JJ. I'm going to have to shoot you. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, man. I'm going to laugh my ass off if he, like, directs this next film. Yeah, no, that's fine. But I... <laughs> Like the, 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 I don't think I don't know that that's the linchpin. <laughs> that's not that the linchpin, exactly. Oh my god, it's gonna be fucking hilarious. No, you're basically saying like he's gonna be sleeping with the fucking fishes if he doesn't direct the movie, though. No, I'm not. Shut the fuck up, Brian. Oh, no, they're gonna, oh, they're gonna ruin his career <laughs> if he don't direct Guardians of the Galaxy. His career's over. Yeah, Disney's out there. Disney's out there. D- Disney fucking. They were the ones that kidnapped Will Byers. That's why we're celebrating. <laughs> We're celebrating Stranger Things Day because 35 years ago, Walt Disney fucking he kidnapped that kid and threw him in the upside down. Brian, Jesus Christ, you're just it's like a Sarah Knightley fan fiction going on here. (laughs) 
I don't think that any of that happened, but okay. I liked it. it <laughs> no, was, it that did. Was a, that it, was a fun time. Yeah, to an extent, it did happen. You did basically <laughs> say that Disney is like uh, all evil. You <laughs> said, so, said you'll out him like the last guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Implying Disney fucking did James Gunn in too. <laughs> well, they fucked him over pretty good, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Jury's out on that. Warner Brothers so is already given him work. Them over. Disney didn't fuck James Gunn over. Not his career. They didn't fuck him out of a franchise. Like they fucked him out of. The, they fucked him out of one movie. Out of one franchise, that's fully fine. Like but, no, I'm not saying it's, I didn't, it's I didn't everybody's fine with that. No, it's, but, there's a, hold on. There's a difference between work, There's a huge like, going to WB and getting work now. There's so a, it's like yeah, it, there's a huge difference between like Disney being brought, uh, you know, bringing uh, his his past tweets about. You know, these insensitive jokes and stuff like that, bringing that out into the public and then firing him. And then just there's a huge difference between that and then just basically destroying J.J. Abrams because he won't direct the next film. That's like taking a huge leap for me to kind of like get to that place where I can kind of like, yeah, I can co-sign that. I just don't see like Disney striking up a five hundred million dollar deal with the guy and they're. They're basically saying you have to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and we'll give you five hundred million dollars. And if you don't, we'll, we're going to destroy your career. I just don't see it. Well, yeah, I mean that's not the leap I was trying to make. I'm sorry if that's what you thought or that's what you took away from that. That's that's what not you what s- I was trying to make. But that's what you said, what you Sarah. Said, Sarah. <laughs> that's what you said. I'm not, I'm not making that up. <laughs> I try to be mean. I just like that's what you said. So, all right, let's uh, let's cool off and take a break here, and uh, we'll be back with Marvel news. Listen, group, it's simple. If you want to help the pop culture leftovers, go to thepopcultureleftovers dot com and do all your shopping from the Amazon link. I am Groot. It doesn't cost you extra, and it helps the leftovers. Got it? I am Groot. Yeah, people can buy hats at Amazon. Are you still hung up on that hats thing? I am Groot. Yeah, okay, I got it. You don't have to buy your hats there. I am Groot. You're impossible. For anyone else who doesn't have a strange or borderline psychotic hatred for hats, please head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon link already. I am Groot. And now you're wearing a hat. Not freaking give up. Attention, the following is an important consumer warning. Listening to PCO might be harmful to your health. I'm Yaden Palm. You might know me as Sturdy, but after years of listening to PCO, I might have developed a multiple personality syndrome. At first, I didn't quite buy into it until... <laughs> the cynical laughter of the Joker popped into my head, but things got really weird when my wife found me in the dark closet saying, The power of the darkness, and I will let nothing stand in our way. At which point, I jumped up and said to her, Well, there, honey, I didn't know sitting there watching me. Then it dawned on me. I don't even have a wife. It was Ollie Williams with the Blackie Report. It's gonna rain! Get your umbrella! All in all, the condition isn't that bad because I have the PCL. Ohana means family. For more of my voices, search me on social media, Y-E-A-D-O-N Paul Vio. Alright, hey, we're back. Uh, yeah. What are we doing? Uh, Marvel News. Time for Marvel News, people. 
Marvel news. Jake, I don't know if you heard this. Rebecca, Sarah, I don't know if you're, everybody's saying that Avengers Four title is going to be Annihilation. You guys hear about this? No, I had not heard no, this story. Everybody's nope. saying it's going to be Annihilation. Apparently, the Russo brothers said that uh, the Avengers title uh, was uh, it's been spoken in another movie. But it has not been. It was not spoken in Infinity War. So like that uh, does away with like the End Game fucking uh, you know mm-hmm. theories and stuff like that. But I don't know which movie Annihilation was spoken in. But everybody's saying like the, there's like this uh, trailer leak. This rumored trailer details have come out, uh, been posted on Reddit. I've I've read them. Uh, I'm not going to read them here. You can find them on Reddit. Um, I figure we're so close to the actual trailer coming out. Like, what's the point? Um, somebody took the actual uh, Reddit trailer description for Avengers 4 and they animated it. And that's kind of like what made me think that it's bullshit. Um, because some of the mm. stuff that I saw in this animated trailer, I'm like, why are they showing me this in the trailer? And one of the things I'm going to talk about here in a moment, um, what are we going to see in Avengers 4? And uh, Jake, Guys, I want you guys to kind of think about this. We know that there's going to be – it feels like there's going to be some sort of like time travel involved with yeah. Avengers 4. And, you know, some people were saying like, oh, yeah, like the leaked photos of, you know, the New York battle is going to be like that Tony's barf technology that he was using in the, the uh, previous films. I think that they're going to be doing the time travel through the quantum realm. And they're going to go to specific points in the MCU. Yeah. But what are they going to be doing at specific points in the MCU? Are they going to be stopping Thanos from getting the Infinity Stones? Or here's like what people are talking about. Are they going to be actually gathering Infinity Stones? And that's one of the reasons why I thought that this trailer, the description and the actual animated trailer that the person posted that was based on the description was bullshit because they actually show some of the characters in the MCU, like Tony and, 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 and these characters, actually holding Infinity Stones. Like they've been going through different points in the past in the MCU, revisiting those points through the quantum realm, and then gathering the stones before Thanos is able to get them. So each one of these characters is holding their own stone. That Why would they show so wait, that? Wait, why would they show that in the trailer is like my number one thing. Yeah, like that. I'm confused. What? Why? What's happening? <laughs> what do you mean? What's your question? Like what? Uh, what how are they? Ga- where, why are they gathering stones? What's going on? Well, I, I mean, well, uh, I mean, if you watch the Infinity War movie, Thanos gets the stones. Spoilers for Infinity War. Once he gets all five, uh, excuse me, six of the stones, he snaps his fingers and then like decimates half of the universe as far as population. Oh, so this is a, an alternate timeline. No, this is them going through the quantum realm. The quantum realm is a place that uh, we've seen in the MCU. We've seen Ant-Man right. go into the quantum realm. Yep. And yeah, yeah. according to the Marvel MCU wiki, the quantum realm the laws of space and time are different there. So if you can change the laws of space and time without the use of the space and time uh, infinity stone, basically, uh, if that means if you take the infinity stone laws don't 
really apply to the quantum realm. And so if you were to use the laws of this quantum realm, as far as like going back in time, you could actually go back in time without the use of an infinity stone, go to the battle of New York. And if you're Ant-Man and small enough to pull it off, you could actually steal the space stone that's located within the Tesseract do kind of like okay. a little heist here, steal the space stone, and that way Loki doesn't even have it in the scepter. And so, like, if they go back to specific points within the MCU and they each take one of these stones, they would be able to collect the stones individually before Thanos even gets them. So, my, but my question, like, Jake, like, that sounds great in theory, but how does that work with the soul stone then? Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. There's got to be some kind of plot twist involving that then with Gamora. Because I still think Gamora comes out of this probably not dead. Unscathed by, by the events of Infinity War. Yeah. So. You know, I think I think I'm, I'm with you, Jake. I think somehow Gamora does come out of it. I think we will still see a sacrifice of some kind in this movie. I think somebody will sacrifice themselves to sort of like bring balance to the to the universe kind of a thing. Um, I but I, I do think that time travel idea is not not terrible. I think that that would certainly explain all those set photos of being back in the Battle of New York. And I like that they're using the quantum realm. Like, I like that they're using that sort of stuff that they've introduced through the Ant-Man movies to go back in time and thwart Thanos. Like, I, I think that that's I think that's a pretty cool plot device. Yeah, because I think we're going to see Loki in this movie again. It'll probably be in those scenes of like the Battle of New York, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, them going back in time. We know they go back in time. Those set photos have been leaked. And we saw, you know, uh, Tony Stark in a S.H.I.E.L.D. uniform. He's got gray hair. So it's an older Tony. And that kind of lines up with like this being a decade later where it starts off the story. We know that we're getting a younger, uh, excuse me, an older Cassie Lang. Instead of being six years old, she's around 16 now. And that could be uh, the 13 reasons why actor cast in that role i don't know it just seems like part of me i don't know if i'm like really i feel like that might be the story we get here is like them using the quantum realm and going and trying to collect these stones and i don't know how does that work jake like even though that they are using the quantum realm to collect these stones how does that work with the whole snap and like does thanos even does he still have his because we know that the the infinity they like the Russo brothers have said that the gauntlet and the stones have been damaged now they're damaged after what Thanos did. So yeah, you know, Brian, the more I'm listening to you, the more I'm actually kind of buying into this narrative. Actually, because right, like we know for certain we're going to have a bunch of time hopping Avenger stuff going on, and you kind of do have to have that like linchpin MacGuffin involved. As to, you know, why they're even time hopping in the first place. And why would you introduce anything new? Why wouldn't it just be, 
you know, they got to get the Infinity Stones in all these different events in the past before can you know, I, Thanos can even get them and then just kind of change reality that way, potentially. Can I mirror this to the first movie? The first movie, what did we watch? We watched the journey of Thanos collecting each stone, except for the Power Stone. He started off with the Power Stone. I think that, that we will see him get the Power Stone in a future movie, hopefully a Nova core movie, hopefully a Nova movie. But anyway, mm-hmm. besides that... Um, this movie could mirror that original Infinity War movie where, like, in the first one, we're watching Thanos' journey and collecting each stone. And in this one, we could have different groups of characters using the quantum realm and going into different spots where, like, uh, in MCU history where they're all trying to grab their own stone. And- yeah, I completely buy this um- narrative a hundred percent actually but does like it a, work that way does it how would it, the quantum it work well, that that's how the quantum what, what, works. what part i mean like all of it that's how the quantum realm works i mean the quantum realm is 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 basically it's it's a place where time and space um they work differently so you can you can go through what did uh what did uh janet van dyne call it a time vortex yeah, everything doesn't exist there. There's there is no time, right, or space there. So well, there's nothing. So that's why I'm trying to figure out like what because I think I the idea I'm trying the, to figure it out. I think the idea here is that they would use the quantum realm as almost like a tunnel, yeah, or a bridge, if that's the right word there, like to take them from let's say 10 years in the future, let's just say that to use the, use the quantum realm as like a, a tunnel and go back in time through, through there yeah, and come out and, yeah. and then come out in the battle of New York. Right. And because the quantum realm isn't touched by the snap, they can do that. Yes. Right. And then they come out in the battle of New York and they grab, and they start, and they use it like to come out in different spots in the past and grab infinity stones. The idea being that if they could get them before Thanos even starts to collect them, they change the future, the snap never happens because they, they already un- know where they are exactly yeah, yeah that, they already, exactly. that makes more sense than exactly they, they can already like pinpoint exactly each one of them knows where each stone is there so there you go okay. mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly it yeah that's i i think that that's a smart i was just trying to like i wasn't arguing with anybody i was just like trying to like figure yeah, out like no, what's no, happening absolutely. here like <laughs> You know, how are you using the quantum realm as a time travel device? Because that's not really what it is. So what's going on? I think think because because the quantum realm is like, quote unquote, like newer stuff that they're introducing. I think we're going to learn a lot more in movies going forward about what you can do in the quantum realm. And and certainly, like, I think this is a great way to show us what you one of the ways you can use the quantum realm. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I, I could get on board if that's what they're doing. Yeah, if they're going to use it well, as I mean, they, uh, a made, device, yeah, where you already know where everything is, so you can just the, like kind of pick and grab. They've made the quantum realm a focus in these movies right. now, and I think the quantum mm-hmm. realm is going to be a focus also 
in one way or another in the Captain Marvel movie because they already had oh, yeah. that uh, quantum physicist as a consultant for the film. So I do feel like the quantum realm is a big part of this. If, oh, you, yeah, if, you go to the, if you go to the MCU wiki and you look up the quantum realm, it specifically t- says in the MCU wiki that uh, the laws of space and time are completely different there. And yeah. so when, when Thanos did the snap, like even if, you know, fucking uh, uh, Scott Lang was chosen to be taken in the snap, because he was in the quantum realm, he was safe from it. Right. And so I think that they are like, Rebecca, I loved what you said about there being kind of like uh, time bridges or something like that in within the quantum realm where they can go to different spots within within history and be able to if they can figure out if they can have somebody smart enough to maybe Shuri. Exactly. That's a great way to use Shuri. Yes. In the in this movie. She is. I think they've said that she is smarter than Tony or at least as smart as Tony. Sure. So I, th- yeah. I think, I think this is a brilliant way. To oh, I think use she's smart. I think she's smarter than Tony. Honestly, I yeah, think, I, do I, too. I think, yeah. I think in the next movie, if I were to guess, if I were to guess, I would say that sure. He's going to bring vision back. Mm, that's a good guess. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could totally get on board with that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if the Avengers 4 title is Annihilation. We'll see if it's another, you know, the first movie was a race for the stones and it was Thanos collecting the stones. We'll see if this mirrors that movie, but it's on the, you know, it's inverse and it's the heroes collecting the stones through time and kind of finding like this loophole through the quantum realm. So, I hate that movie title, by the way. I, I tossed it if it's called Annihilation. It's really? the classic thing. It, it's oh the classic thing where they just take a yes, hip title because it was a hip comic book thing. Yeah. But it literally has nothing to do with anything that that comic had anything to do with. So yeah. if that's the route they go, then I give a giant middle finger to whoever made that decision. I'm not the biggest fan of Annihilation either. I I don't want it to be something positive, though, either. To where, like, we, oh, yeah, everything's going to work out just fine. So Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. It's like, a, I feel like that Gamora needs to say dead. Sorry, but I do. No, that's fine. And I, I agree with the with the sentiment behind why what you're saying. But it's like there's plenty of words that can mean gloom and doom besides buzzwords to other comic book series that you know they're trying to yeah, allude yeah. to that have nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very, very silly. So, yeah, uh, we got Marvel news here from Variety. Uh, Marvel heroes Falcon and Winter Soldier are teaming up for a potential limited series at the Disney streaming service. Variety has learned exclusively that Malcolm Spellman has been tapped to write a series featuring the two superheroes, which is currently in development at the streamer. It is the first of the proposed Marvel limited series to find a writer uh, Marvel and Disney declined to comment. Falcon and Winter Soldier, played by Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, respectively, have both appeared in multiple Marvel films to date, including the recent blockbusters Avengers Infinity War. Um, so basically, unlike other Marvel shows like Daredevil and The Punisher, the series on Disney streaming service will be produced by Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige, who has headed up the MCU for years. The shows are also expected to have large budgets compared to other television projects. So, yeah, I, uh, sounds like a kind of like a buddy team up of, uh, Falcon and winter soldier here. When does this take place? Jake, what were you going to say, buddy? 
I said, well, we kind of smelled this coming, right? The attitude towards the budget. Like, with them using the stars and the talent pool from the Marvel movies, I think both you and everyone kind of smelled this, yeah. like, attitude towards the production coming, too. You got to up. The, sp- the spending more money. You got to, yeah. yeah. It, uh, well, see, that's the thing. Kevin Feige has said that, like, he's talked about the narrative in these, which I'm going to get to here. Um, the nar- Okay, hold on. I'll just get to it now. Kevin Feige talked about the he talked he was talking to THR at a producers roundtable with a bunch of other filmmakers and he was talking about these new shows and about the narrative structures and he says as many people as you can get around the campfire and tell stories campfires can be different we are going to tell stories for the streaming service that we wouldn't be able to tell in a theatrical experience then he talked about how these will feel more like a comic book than their theatrical counterparts. He said, a longer form narrative, that's what comics are. It's about as long form a narrative as exists, but also maintaining that theatrical experience, which is our bread and butter, and the lines around the block, if you're lucky. So there's a couple takeaways here, Jake. Like, the budget we talked about, you've got to have a huge budget to give it that theatrical experience, but on the flip side, he's saying, like, this is going to be even more comic book kind of like narrative storytelling than even the Marvel movies themselves. Yeah, and it makes sense. They kind of have to be, right, just with the, the yeah. format that television is in the first place. So that uh-huh. that's really cool. It's, it's about time, right? This is I think this is what fans wanted since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, and I know some fans out there are fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I think even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans have to admit that, like, they just didn't do a good job of connecting them to the grander overall scheme of things of the MCU. They right? did. I, to- was- I totally agree with that, Jake. I'm, they- I'm a fan. Like I still watch it. They did but, it yeah. first. I mean, I felt like they, they did, did it-, it first. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially after like, uh, um, like, uh, Captain America, the winter soldier, and even like yeah. the second Thor movie, like they did a really good job with the connective tissue, but I felt mm-hmm. like, the it the more, went away. It went away. It definitely it went away. Yes. It was like what? Uh, okay, I'm watching a totally like that's kind of what I did. Like I just started watching it. I was like, okay, this is what it is. So I'm just not even gonna like worry about any of that anymore, <laughs> and just watch it. Right? I yeah. Mean, it almost feels like it's not canon, right? It's yeah. it's no, so it's, ignored. Yeah, it's totally its own thing. <laughs> So, Rebecca, yeah. are you excited for a Falcon Winter Soldier series? I totally am, actually. I yeah, me too. was I was a huge fan of the whole interaction between Falcon and Bucky yeah. in, in Captain America Civil War. I thought like Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan had such great chemistry. I mean, I I mean, after I saw that movie, I mean, I said to my sister Janine afterwards, I was like can we get like a buddy movie of these two having to go Christmas shopping for Steve? Like, I I just feel like, like I want to see, like, I think this is, I think this is brilliant. I I'll watch it. I'll watch the fuck out of it. Like, I think it's a great idea. I think both of these actors are very charming and are very, and they're good at playing these roles. I'll totally watch this. When is this going to take place? That's a great question. Um, so, I, uh, is is this all going to be post Infinity War stuff, or is this you know what I mean? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I would 
guess it would be. But then, yeah, for sure, you'd have to wait till after Infinity War to release that. Like, you'd have to, obviously, like, you couldn't, you couldn't release it before because then you'd be giving away shit. But, um, yeah, I'm guessing it's after, it's post-Infinity War. I mean, post-Avengers 4. Now, what kind of things are they going to be doing? That's what I want to know. Like, how how is this going to be enhancing the brand and not watering down the brand? Like I have full faith. Don't get me wrong. It's Kevin Feige and he's actually going to be involved in this. And so I have full faith that it'll be something fun and enjoyable and it'll give us these characters that are kind of like, uh, you know, they are, they're side dressing when it comes to like the actual Marvel movies. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they really yeah, are. For sure. I mean, it's, it's not- probably going to just be like their backstories, right? Like, their backstories and oh we kind of know i i, I, mean, I want to see their further adventures together we kind of know like where bucky comes from we saw him like yeah you know like like you know it, starting with the first avenger where he fell off the train and sure. shit like that we saw him come back and you know he's been in wakanda they've fixed his brain and shit they've given him a new fucking arm and everything so like what kind of mission so, like where do, where do you think that it would pick up then brian like where do you think that this show would like start no, no clue. I, I honestly like if I had to take a guess, it would be like post Infinity War trying to clean up shit that's going on in Shield right now. Like, okay, you know, like, so they're like assuming that you already know everything, right? In other words, like the show would start off with you already knowing everything. All these movies kind I of, think, all these movies yeah. kind of do. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. we when we jump in, I mean, that, I would be, I'm totally fine with that because like I don't need a rehash. When you jump, <laughs> I don't in, need to recap. <laughs> when you jump into Infinity War, it starts off basically like where Thor Ragnarok left off. Like they, they like that's kind of yeah. like they're all like very yeah chronological. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I think if you're if you're watching a Winter Soldier Falcon TV show. You know what's you going on. <laughs> you exactly. And I, I think it's <laughs> yeah. And, and if not, then what the fuck are you watching this for? Yeah, like you don't know who these happening. people are. What do you care? But like I, I think it's smart to not talk down to your audience. Like yeah. don't you don't we we don't need we don't a recap need, of yeah, like this explained. Uh, exactly. I I, I think agree. that Marvel will not talk down to its audience. I think they'll they'll okay. be like you know what this is. You know you came here for this, so let's go. Let let just, like, like let, pick let's pick up quit. like right like exactly. here. Like I hope that they just like pick up, you know, and just like you know, just hit the ground running, right, with it and just like Yeah, like I don't I don't <laughs> assume think, that you already know everything. Yeah. I don't think it needs much more setup than that. Like I because I think a, I totally agree. Yeah. I think a big key factor is um a villain too. Um you know, you do do a big villain that we haven't seen yet in any of the movies that you could do a long form story <laughs> around. Yeah. And they could do like some some flashback stuff too. People like flashbacks. Yeah, yeah as, as long as it's not too much, because I feel like when you come into shows like with Arrow, I, I feel like, of course, it's a different universe, but like yeah. with Don't um, harp on Arrow, it, but yeah. yeah, I think Arrow has overused the flashback like. Yeah, <laughs> I, and that's For putting filler. it mild. Exactly that. That's putting it mildly in my yeah, opinion. Okay. So yeah, like I, I'm fine with it with some flashbacks, but you don't need to flash me back. And show me Bucky's entire life story growing right. Brooklyn with Steve, like <laughs> a fifteen-minute-long segment. Yeah, I'm good with like you could just give me Don't a quick that. little one. Yeah, like in like in Winter Soldier, where 
you know, we just saw a really quick scene of Bucky and Steve after Steve's mom's funeral, right? Like, yeah. you know, hey, you can stay with us, Steve. Well, no, that's okay. I want to do this on my own. That was all the flashback I needed. Right, 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 right. How yeah, much, you know, little... Steve... Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're also I gonna... agree. We're also going to get a Scarlet Witch series, and uh, they're even talking about uh, Paul Bettany's vision is going to have a large part in this show. And so uh, it might be a uh, super-powered couple series that we're seeing here. So, um, God, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> really? I, I love Scarlet Witch and the vision together. Right? I absolutely think it's fantastic. I, I don't know if... if, if, if if just a Scarlet Witch series by yourself kind of like intrigues me, I've always kind of like more been drawn to her character um, in the comics and in the MCU when she's with Vision. Yeah, Brian, you were definitely very upset when we when we were kind of talking out how they were going to probably yada yada through their yes. relationship in yes. Infinity War too. It's a huge so, part of those characters in the comic books is is mm-hmm. their relation. I think I think True. that's a very cool story to kind of explore, especially like with him being artificial intelligence and uh, yeah. you know. I don't know. That's true. Wanda's a magic user, and that's cool in itself. But like, you know, just like the 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 Falcon and um, uh, Winter Soldier series, like this one, I think would be better served just to have the Vision there. I'm not trying to take away from like, oh, Scarlet Witch being like getting her own series that's female centric. It's just those characters just kind of go hand in hand, and I. Yeah, I, I've actually, I hear you. I've actually had more fun watching those two on screen together in their chemistry than I have seen seeing either of those characters not with each other. I don't like watching the Vision by himself in in in, in the Marvel movies. It, I, Age of Ultron was not that interesting to me. Vision by himself was not that interesting to me. The big, my favorite part of Age, one of my favorite parts of Age of Ultron is when he rescues her and he's carrying her and they have that little moment. And me and Jake, we speculated about that. Oh, is that going to mean anything? And we were like, oh, man, it may not. And like, here we are in Avengers Infinity War and they're in a relationship. I just think that those two are way more interesting together than they are apart that I've seen so far in the MCU. So like, that's what I would love to see in this series then them trying to like force us to have like just a a scarlet witch series by herself or a vision series by himself i want to see these two together because i think they really have great chemistry uh in the films and i I would love to see that kind of like fleshed out that's what these are for these side characters that don't they're side dressing that don't get like huge roles in these movies that's what i think these series are going to be for we get to spend more time with them and get to know them better Mm. Yeah, but she has her own story too. So her, everybody you know, does. Her- everybody does, but they haven't. Uh, uh, everybody does. I'm not saying that she doesn't have her own story. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm not saying like, like, oh, uh, she's such a boring fucking character without vision. She's <laughs> yeah, got to no, have. I, I she's got to have her man it. there to make things interesting. <laughs> I just think that. <laughs> but is that? What you're saying, Brian? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> have they done anything with her without? Have they have they done anything with her in the movies without him to make me excited for that series? No, no. but I think have they, they done have anything with Vision without Wanda to make his character interesting? No, in my opinion, they haven't. 
They haven't been able to do that, though, because they can't connect her to Magneto yet. But now that they're going to be able to finally connect her to Magneto, I think that things could get a lot more interesting for her. But, uh, but we don't That's know. That's all they're... I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I know. So. We, we, we don't know what that because they're not even introduced into the MCU yet. So it's like, I don't but know. But they will be. But I don't know if they're going to. They gonna, will be soon. Are they going? And I think that things could get. Yeah, but are they going to do that in a fucking, in, in a Disney Play series? Are they going to, are they going to show those connective threads in a Disney Play series? Why not just use what you have? Do you see what I'm saying? No, I, I hear you. Yeah. No, I, I do. I understand what you're saying. Oh, let's, but. let's connect her to Magneto in a Disney Play series. When I think that honestly, they're going to want to introduce, and but I mean that maybe they, her that origin, may be the only her origin that we're in the get though we her, may not get a connection with her. Her origin, she's not even a mutant. That, she's not even so. a mutant in the MCU. She got her powers from the fucking uh, the Mind Stone. Her and Quicksilver both got their powers from Mind Stones. They weren't born with <laughs> it. It's completely different. They, it's yeah. like they can't. It's like, oh, your your father was a mutant now. I don't even know if they can retcon that at this point, Sarah, because they got their powers from the Mind Stone. If you watch Avengers, uh, fuck, she doesn't even have her accent anymore. They don't know what they're doing with the character. <laughs> True. <laughs> she, she, she totally does it. She just doesn't even have the accent anymore. No, I don't want anybody to think that, oh, you can only make a Scarlet Witch series and you have the vision because she needs a man there with her. I'm saying. No, I don't think. I I, I was fucking with you, Brian. I, I know. I don't think that both char- don't, that's what you're saying. Honestly, both characters, <laughs> both characters to me have been way more interesting when they're together. That dynamic of that relationship needs to be explored. There's always well, relationships. I hear you, that but need the only explored. dynamic that we've been able to see with her is with him because we haven't been able to form a connection with her and Magneto. And that's so we my, haven't really been able to see her do anything else except with you. Can't, I'm just saying, like, saying. what's the point of having her having a, a relationship with Magneto when her first introduction to her powers is not of a mutant born power set? She wasn't born a mutant in the MCU. She got her powers from the Mind Stone. So did vision he got his powers from the mind stone yeah. and that's I guess kind there's of, no way to fix that is there i don't know if there's a way to retcon at this that retcon that at this point i'm just yeah. saying like the dynamic between right. paul i don't Bet- know how you paul, fix that yeah. paul bettany and elizabeth bolson like their dynamic on screen i thought was fantastic in infinity war so a lot of people say like that's like the most <laughs> uninteresting part of the movie but jake i don't know about you man I, is. I, I, I liked it i had a fun <laughs> I it, okay i don't I don't think they stuck with anything too long in Infinity War for anything really to ever have become uninteresting to me. Yeah. Like, that's my takeaway from it. Like, they, they did a good job of quick cutting uh-huh. from anything before I was ever bored with any storyline, honestly. That, there's are not you a telling me? Are you telling me? That I thought dragged. Are you telling me at the end of the movie when, when, when he says, I only feel you, you didn't fucking tear up a little bit? Are you that cold and heartless? My God, that fucking! That, are, you about, are you talking to me? Yeah, it fucking pulled at my heartstrings when he fucking said that. She said it. At the, she's like, "I only see you, or I only feel you." And then he says the same line at the end of the fucking Avengers: Infinity War, right before she fucking destroys him. Oh my yeah, God! Twice. 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 Holy fucking shit, man. I, that just that fucking killed me. Every time I watch that part, I love seeing those two on screen together. And if I can get a series with her and Vision together, I'm all for it. Oh, my gosh. I'm not saying that she can't stand on her own. Now, that's not what I'm saying. 
But I, I think that's no, another I series that, that works. I don't think that at all. I don't, I don't think that you are saying that. I think that's another series that works if you can work in a cool, like, Avengers comic book villain that we haven't seen yet, too. I think that that's going to be a big part of a lot of these series, I think, is showing us some cool villains that you just don't have time for in a two-hour mm-hmm. movie, you know? Because it always sucks. Like, I'm going to bring up, like, the Rhino occasion in Amazing Spider-Man 2, right? Like, anytime you don't give a villain the main stage... He just kind of looks like a chump, right? And yeah. it's been that way in every superhero movie since the dawn of time, right? So, you know, the Batman movies are the same way. Like, the, the second build guy is always going to look like a chump, right? And then the TV shows give us, like, an opportunity to have some of these cool comic book villains, too. Yeah. And I think they'd be well-versed in exploring that rather than kind of spinning in circles where it's, you know, just either a flashback stuff or just lame like we're like stopping dumb, you know, pointless crimes and stuff. I think they'd be wise to have a 10 episode series focused around these characters that we know fighting new villains for the first time that don't have to be huge, like world ending villains, you know, yeah. like task mastery yeah. type people. You, you know, Jake, I, I really like what you're saying here about it not being like world ending villains like not everything has yeah. to be a world ending villain ending. I totally agree because what it what is Bucky Barnes gonna do to stop <laughs> a world ending villain I mean I get that he's got the super soldier serum but he's not he's like, not gonna on. do it and, and yeah. Falcon certainly is not gonna do it so I, I think one of the one of my favorite parts of like Spider-Man homecoming was the fact that the vulture was not a world ending villain. And he was an interesting villain and he was Very someone that I, I could write. And like somebody that was relatable, like I understood Very. where he was coming from. Like in his own mind, he's not a bad guy because he's just trying to provide for his family. I think if you did a villain like that for mm-hmm. a winter soldier, Falcon team up movie, right? And, and let yeah. them be those guys that were in Civil War. That I loved that dynamic. Oh my god, you've got a, totally a fun series mm-hmm. on your hands that people will want to watch and be engaged with. And yeah. and I think the same goes for for Scarlet Witch and Vision. Like if you put them together with their great dynamic with a really interesting villain that you would never see on the big screen, I'd watch the fuck out of that show. Right. Like it'd be so much fun to watch that. Like there, there's so much potential here. Like, but definitely I'm with you, Jake. It can't, it cannot be one of these. It can't be Thanos every time. Like it, no. it just can't. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you my worry about the Bucky? Um, yeah, older show? yeah, yeah, sure. Or um, Falcon show. Um, it's just going to be lame over hunting down other people that have like the serum. Like, um, okay. Yeah, we can I mean, get into that ring. I mean, yeah, the, that loop is there for that. Yeah, that, I mean, we the can potential get into a loop. Can I just say though that Falcon has like the best action figures ever? <laughs> That makes sense. That makes sense. His action figures are kick ass. Like I bought a few of them, and they are like some of my favorites in yeah, my collection. Hang, hang them from string so, on the ceiling. Oh my god! Like his action figures are fucking kick ass. And the great thing about his action figures are you can always find them because I guess he's not. You know, he's like a. I don't want to say that he's like an unpopular character, but he's not the main. You know, character. He's not. 
Captain America or oh, whatever, he's, uh, he's, everybody's going for. So you can always find, like, you can literally always find his action figures. Like, I picked up several at Walmart for like five bucks. He's definitely, <laughs> he's, uh, you, so. can, you can tell by like crowd reaction in the movies that he's unpopular. Like, hold on. Like, in, I'm not yeah. saying like I hate him. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me tell a story here, uh, sit around, the, sit around, the, uh, you know, Kevin Feige was talking about campfire, sit around mine, um, the, w- when I watched Infinity War the first time, and you got Vision, and you got Scarlet Witch, and they're fighting uh, Corvus Glaive, and uh, what's her face, what was her face, what was, uh, what was her name? Proxima Midnight. Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive. They're fighting against Vision and Wanda. And then all of a sudden, Captain America shows up. My crowd went fucking nuts. Yeah. Yep. yeah Sorry, hold on. My crowd yes. went nuts. Started I think applause. I was part of it going nuts. And then. <laughs> I was like, finally. <laughs> and <he> then <laughs> the next person that shows up in the scene is Falcon. And he was met with very little applause. <laughs> and then. Yeah. And then. Black Widow comes into the scene and they erupt it again. And it's just, everybody, yeah. It's because crazy. people haven't, we haven't spent enough time with Falcon in the yeah, movies. Yeah, we just haven't spent enough time with him. I agree. So, Or maybe we've spent too much time with him. Holy shit, Jake. Oh, blowing wow. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best action figures. So if anybody's into toy collecting out there, pick up some Falcon toys because they're the best. There you go, people. They're we amazing. Learned, we, learned, <laughs> we learned one thing. Pick up Falcon toys. There you go. Hey, Jake, remember when we talked about Falcon Crest on an episode? Do you remember that? Oh, I do. I'll never forget. The Falcon- I was just about ready to talk about Falcon Crest again, too. Show, it's a show, I didn't want to get into it. It's a show about, uh, it's a, show about a wine vineyard. It's about a wine vineyard, Jake. Yeah, well, I remember. I mean, I, I'll never forget. It was one of the... One of my favorite, like, last 15 minutes of our episodes. Yeah. Uh, let's move on into DC news. So, yeah, uh, D- uh, Marvel's coming out with some shows and shit. That's cool. DC. Shows and yes. shit. <laughs> wow. Shows. I was just, I was being your hype man there. <laughs> I liked it, Jake. I didn't, I felt bad that I cut you off with the bumper there. Yeah, that was really good. Shit. Okay. Uh, I, it, for a minute there, I felt, when you said that, I, this is what, this is how I felt. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, it's time for DC News. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Alright, you fucking pieces of shit. Uh Rebecca. Yo. I'm talking to you. I got caught up on Titans on DC Universe. Me too, buddy. Me too. Nice. You know what? I knocked out two episodes last night. I knocked out an episode today. Um, I started off when we reviewed it originally. I gave that first episode a taste it, and I had a lot of right, notes I about. Yeah, I had a lot of notes about how you know I like this. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. Whatever. Hold on. Let me just run down through episodes two through four. Um, Each new episode comes out on Friday. So I'm through all the episodes that have been released. Absolutely loved Hawk and Dove in the second episode. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Alan Richson and Minka Kelly were so good in their roles as Hawk and Dove. I loved that uh, that second episode. So fucking good. What did you think? 
I loved it. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, and I have to be honest. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent familiar with those characters. Like, I don't know a lot about them. But oh my god, I loved what I saw. Yeah. I loved the relationship between them. I love the dynamic between the actors. I love the hint that there was past between Dove and Robin. Like, yeah. oh, I, I loved that episode. Okay. I want I want more of them. I want more of Hawk and Dove too. Loved it so good. Um, Tupperware the fuck out of episode two. Amazing. Cool. Absolutely amazing. Cool. Um, I believe it was episode three. Uh, Firestar, the diner scene. Oh my god. Yes, tell me. Tell me what you thought. Oh my god, that was fucking <laughs> incredible. Oh my god! I like. I felt like I, I. I was so excited in that scene. It was just unbelievable because it, you knew shit was going to go down, and they did it so well. Like, and they mm-hmm. used the use of that, like the the disco music that kind of accompanies her. You know, yes. And yes. The, and the way they turned on the disco music, and the way she's beating the shit out of these fucking like you know redneck truckers in this bar that are giving this waitress bullshit. And the way she uses the fork when the guy goes to punch her, he punches the fork and he's got a fork sticking out of his fucking fist now. And I was just like, oh, my God, I was I was hooping and hollering in my living room about how amazing that scene was. I was so I love Firestar. I think she's fantastic. I've I I loved her in the first episode and I fell even more in love with her in the third episode. That fighting scene was absolutely incredible. I loved how they've used each and every one of these characters to kind of be on a road trip with Raven at one point. Um, you know, oh yeah, you know, you know what's weird to me is I've heard people like still say that they're not a fan of Firestar. Ah, they're like, nuts. They they're nuts. They're crazy. They're crazy. I'm so with you on that. Like I don't understand how you could not be a fan. Of this woman, like she's better than Robin. People, she's amazing. She that that diner scene to me was one of the best fight scenes I've seen. Yeah, on t on a TV yeah. show. I I fucking love the violence in this show. Like it's so surprising, but I just love it. It just it fits. It, it fits. fits this show. But they got the humor I, too. I the humor. It. The humor's down too, and that's evident yeah, in yes. episode four with the introduction of Doom Patrol, right? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I feel like the writing on this show is just the dialogue is so snappy and good, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's not cheesy and comic booky. It's it's fun. It's good writing. It's letting these characters come together organically and naturally. And we, we all know that they're going to form a team, but uh, watching it happen this way yeah. is so satisfying. I wish this is what defenders had been. Yes. I wish, right. Yes. I wish this is what defenders was because it just, it wasn't. No. And it wanted to be this. They, they used this they, is better than defenders. They used, um, what's her face? Night Nurse. They used her as the connective tissue, kind of like yeah. Coulson was with the Avengers. Right. And in this one, it's just kind of like, you know, Raven is like the central character of this season, and they're all kind of like brought together because of Raven. But 
my God, they've done it so well. I, I loved like the road trip of Raven and Robin and, and then a Firestar and Robin and then Robin and then Raven hanging out with uh, Beast Boy. Um, that weird family that was hunting Raven. Oh, I love that. I love them, too. I, I love them so much. So good. Oh, my goodness. And then, the nuclear it's like uh, it's like this like Pleasantville gone wrong yes. family. Oh right? perfect, yes. It's it's just like it's so satisfying to watch them. Like it's like it's like weirdly satisfying to watch them be so evil, but then be so like yeah. seemingly leave it to beaver sweet. Like right. it's just I love it. I agree. I love everything I'm Tupperwareing everything about this show. I love this show. I just, yes. oh my God, I can't wait to watch the next episode. Week to week, I'm just like, you know, I'm ready to watch it on Friday. I it's want Doom Patrol so now. I want Doom Patrol right? now. Because I know. Fucking, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Brendan Fraser as Cliff Steele, Robot Man. So great. Loved it. Absolutely loved him as Robot Man. I loved everything about that that fourth episode. It was so much fun. I loved uh, Elastigirl. Oh, my God. When she was the blob sitting in the bed Uh and then she comes downstairs and she's eating the spaghetti and like uh, Negative Man is great. I I, I loved everything about that episode. It was so fantastic. I'm in love with this show. The only thing that I'm not that I'm, I'm still not sold on is Brendan Thwaites as Dick Grayson. I love him as yeah. Robin in the fighting scenes. I think he's amazing. The fighting scenes are great, but I am not 100% down with him as Dick Grayson yet, okay? That's my only thing. I don't hate him. I just haven't fallen in love yeah. with him. I haven't I, fallen. I, I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I like him as Dick Grayson, but I do understand what you're saying. Yeah. I I. I, I th- Maybe by the end of it, you will feel like he's grown on you enough to like really accept him as Dick Grayson beyond beyond the fighting scenes as Robin. But, my favorite Dick I mean, Grayson. That, that'll just be my favorite. Uh, my favorite, like actual like Dick Grayson scene, not Robin scene. Don't get me confused mm-hmm. here. I love the Robin right. scenes with the action and the fighting, but like I want you know, my favorite Dick Grayson scene is when he steals the Porsche. From fucking oh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's my. a great scene. That was great. The cops are following him. It's all like Grand Theft Auto and shit in Gotham City. I was like, oh, oh my God, God, this is awesome. No, it's it's a lot of – this show is just – It's so good. It's a lot of – it is. It's good. But it's a lot of fun and it's, it's fun but it's also like dramatic and serious at yeah. the same time. So it's, it's really – I didn't know what to expect of this show. I really thought – I thought it would be something different, but I love what I got. I yes. really do. I, and I, you know, I go back to what I said when we talked about episode one was that this show is not called Teen Titans. It's called Titans, and they are making that distinction. This is not a teenage, light, fluffy, bubblegum show. This is a serious, hyper-violent, and sometimes uncomfortably violent show. Mm-hmm. And I love that DC had the balls to do it. I love it. I just, I, I am I am hooked. I, I am too. Some of the best stuff I've seen coming from DC. Like, it really is. I absolutely love this show. Just get on it. Like, get the streaming service. Get on the show. It is so damn good. I'm hooked. Why can't I'm they do this so in their hooked. movies? 
<laughs> I I know. Like I, oh God, I know. But like that, What's that's happening. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like it's some of the best stuff I've seen coming out of DC in a long time, and it's just. I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Guess, I guess, love it. Guess who wrote that fucking second episode that I that turned me around on the show, and now I love it so much. Akiva Goldsman, Jake. Oh my god, that's shocking, dude. I'm blown the fuck away. Like I'm not the, I'm not an Akiva Goldsman fan. I, like I, like, I need to get on this train. I, I need to give. You do, Jake. J- Jake, you seriously. Do. Yes. Give it, a, give it a chance. At least watch the first. T- I mean, there's no, four available. No, 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 no. You got to watch. You, you, the first episode did not sell me, man. You got to, like, at least get through. God damn it. You got to watch Doom Patrol in the fourth fucking episode. That is, th- that is so phenomenal. It is so mm-hmm. good. It is. It but, is. But I think I still think you'll like the second and the third episode. I really do. Like, all right, I'll get back on it. We got we got to talk off off podcast because my my Apple TV rebooted all my stuff. All right, I'll hook you up, dude. So, <laughs> all right, so yeah, I uh, taste the first episode. I now Tupperware episodes two, three, and four yes, of Titans. Awesome, Rebecca. It is great. I love this show. I love it. I'm hooked week to week, and I'm going to be watching Friday the day it drops. I'm there. I'm watching it. It's oh it, yeah. This is something that I'm not going to sit around and wait on anymore. I absolutely oh, love no. this. I'm 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 with you. I do, I do. Friday comes and I, that that's what I'm watching on, mm-hmm. on Friday. I'm I'm watching Titans because I got to see what happens next. I can't. And I just I love it. I can't wait till the next episode. Ah, I see what you did. You get it? The, the, the actor the actor that plays uh, Robin. His name is Brendan Thwaites. People. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> hey, Birds of Prey director Kathy Ann spoke with Deadline. And she is confirmed. I don't know if you guys read this. Birds of Prey is confirmed. She said to be rated R. Wow. I did not know that. Ah. She spoke with Deadline, confirmed it to be rated R. So this can't be a Venom thing where they fucking pull back on that shit, right? Uh, You would think not, but anything is possible. (laughs) I better not be. Like, I... (laughs) (laughs) What she really meant was it'll be R on the home home release. <laughs> the, the director's cut will be R. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, the unrated that's version. I I so, I, I kind of love it. Yeah, if, if if that pans out, that's that's cool. Who's in this? Who's in this? Who's supposed to be in this? Do we know? Yeah, this is going to be, uh, we've got uh, uh, Margot Robbie. Uh, she's going to be reprising her role as uh, Harley Quinn. Um, we've got uh, Black Canary, who is going to be played by, bow, 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 um, uh, what's her name, Smollett? What is her name? Uh, Journey oh, Smollett-Bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, is going to be cast as uh, Huntress. Okay, so was Suicide Squad rated R? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no, it was it was PG thirteen as far as I recall. It was PG thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Our rating wouldn't have saved it though. That's for sure. That's yeah. true. Well, you never know. But I. Uh, okay. That's. I don't think it'll happen. But that's very interesting. If it does, that's great. But I don't. I don't think that'll happen. 
not going to get an R rating. Come on, Brian. What? I'm <laughs> just reporting the news, Sarah. I don't know why you're coming down on me. <laughs> Come on, Brian. Why are you reporting what Deadline said? You Come sick. on. Come okay. on, Brian. Why are you reporting what Deadline said? <laughs> All I'm saying is I'm not blaming you for the shitty reporting. I'm just saying it's not going to fucking happen. Come on. Okay, I don't know. I I think that yeah. Kathy. Hold on. I think that Kathy Yan, who was hired by. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. No, 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 I like it. I like it when you yell at me. It turns me on. Oh, Keep yelling. Jesus oh. Christ! All right. <laughs> okay, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, right there. Oh, right there. It's rated R. All right. So, um, no, um, all, Kathy Yan, she spoke with Deadline. <laughs> Kathy Yan, the director of said film, she spoke. About this, I want to call this birds of porn now for some reason. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. A, it's a, Let's start calling it that. Bird, That's what we're going to start calling it yeah, now. It's rated X. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Kathy Ann, she came out and said that it's going to be rated R. So it's it, we. You can't say that like it can't be rated R. I mean, we recently we've gotten Deadpool, which has uh, brought in huge numbers, being a rated R film. Also, we've got huge numbers uh, coming from uh, Logan. And hold on before you say, well, this is totally different. No, it's fucking you've got basically DC wants to make Harley Quinn DC's Deadpool. So if we can have Harley Quinn, which we're getting a Harley Quinn animated series. And if you guys watch the animated teaser trailer for that, Rebecca, I know you've seen it. That looks like it's going to be definitely adult humor. Am I correct? Oh, one hundred percent correct. That's yeah, we, we hope. And I yeah, think that, I don't know. Well, she I, swears in it in the in the trailer. Does she? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. She but trailer. Me, but, but okay. But that's the trailer. Trailers don't mean shit, though. You know they change things and. Well, I think I think the idea though is that they're they're going for a very specific type of humor here. Like this is not your Batman the animated series tone. Although well, yeah, like DC needs to go for it because if you like, if you're like a DC fan, like DC is dark. It always has been. That's been their their thing. You know, uh, Marvel's not. Marvel's all about the heroes and da da and being all like you know, pretty and cute and and whatever. And that's how they are. But DC is not. They're a little bit darker. Their villains are dark and evil really fucking evil their villains are fantastic yeah i don't know i mean i think like marvel's been pretty dark you had a character snap his fingers and kill half of the universe i mean i think that's kind of dark yeah green goblin through some girlfriend dead off a bridge and stuff yeah i don't know i think that i think both both are dark though so they're not really dark marvel's not as dark as dc is though and I'm not going to get into pissing contest with you about like who's darker or who's not. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But what I'm saying is that like DC needs to go for it. Like this is their chance to go for it. Like Marvel's doing their thing. Okay. So stop trying to be like them. 
that's been DC's problem this entire time. They're constantly trying to make movies and make films like Marvel, and that's not what the comics have ever done. The well, comics are not like Marvel. Then why are you? Comic. Then why are you shitting on the news that it's going to be rated R? That's completely different than what Marvel MCU is doing. Because they're not going to do it. Because they're wimps, and I, I know that they're going to like. They're going to. I just can't. I not can't do it. I can't see Kathy Yan. I feel like that's where their direction is now. Like I can't see Kathy Ann going out and basically saying she's the director. I think that they, you know, Warner Brothers would have kind of like uh, she's got her handlers and everything like that, and she knows what she can and can't say. Mm-hmm. And her announcement was that they plan on making this a rated R movie. I feel like DC wants to make Harley Quinn. I hope they do. Yeah, their Bring version, of, yeah, their version yeah. of Deadpool, which we've seen that being rated R. I feel like they're trying to right the wrongs of like what they did with Suicide Squad. So I don't know. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, if they if they do it, yeah, I, I hope yeah, that they I do. Think, I, I I think that that teaser trailer for Harley Quinn. I think for sure they are absolutely setting out to have a different tone to this to this animated show. I think with what we're seeing on on Titans that we've been talking about and then for the this Harley Quinn show and then they're saying the Birds of Prey is going to be rated R. I think DC is making a move yes. in the direction that yes. you're talking about Sarah. Yeah, like, they I need to go darker. Yeah, they need to I I I, I bring do it. not just don't disagree yeah. with you. I think that they are moving in that direction. Uh, I think not necessarily I, just darker, but like the humor needs to get a little bit more adult. Like we, like you know, I, uh, I don't want to see Zack Snyder dark in every fucking like DC right. film. No, I hear you. Yeah, you know, I, I want each movie to have like its own different thing. Like I don't want Shazam to be dark. You know, right? Well, it's not gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't really for that. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and you know, they hired. They hired. A, they hired a. Um, the director for Shazam is a horror director, so I feel yeah. like it can get dark when it needs to get dark. I think it can be right. light and fun, but I feel like once he gets down sure. to fighting like the main villain, it can get dark when it needs to get dark. But as far as I'm just talking about, like adult humor with like. You know, Margot yeah. Robbie hanging out with a bunch of other badasses like, you know, Huntress and uh, Black Canary. Yes, absolutely. And so I don't know. Yeah, that's what that's what we want. Yeah, that's that's what we want to see. Then why did you yell at me when I announced this? <laughs> what? Did I that ain't going to happen, Brian, you stupid son of a fuck. That's what I heard. <laughs> that's what I heard. Uh, why are you reporting this news? Can't. <laughs> Kathy Yan don't know what she's talking about, Brian. <laughs> no, just because I don't I don't think that they're gonna do it because they always do this. They always like tempt us and tell us these things and then they never pan out. Like, yeah, oh yeah, the, you're the, finally gonna get uh, you're fi- we're finally gonna do it. We're gonna you know, we're gonna we're gonna give you everything that you've ever wanted. We're gonna go all the way. And they never fucking do. I think you should watch Titans, Sarah, to be completely frank. I think you should watch Titans. Oh my god. To- when Hawk when Hawk starts dropping f bombs, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I'm watching a DC show. Yeah, I guess show. I need to, like Jake said, I need I need to jump on the DC train. Apparently, I, I would, well, I would I would say go, look and see what the new stuff that they're putting out is because. Yeah, I, I I understand what you're saying. I understand your complaints. With yeah, they the always, just, you know, they just wimp out. That's right, what I was but, yelling at you, Brian. 
But like, look at but, you're, but, like, you're yelling at me. <laughs> you're yelling at me. You're, you're yelling at me because Warner Brothers is pussies. <laughs> you, you know, you're the you're like the catalyst, though. Like you're the messenger, so you're you're gonna get the brunt of of you know my yelling. I'm oh, sorry. so I need uh, so I need to approach uh, telling. <laughs> I need to approach. No, hold on, hold on. I need to approach telling people these stories in a very timid manner, as to not get yelled at by Sarah. No. Well, no, hold no. on, guys. No, um, birds, no, I like I like no, yelling Sarah, at you, Sarah, and I like when you yell at me. Birds of Prey director Kathy <laughs> Yan, hold on, don't get don't get upset with me now. But she um she was talking to Deadline. She was talking in in a very calm manner, very chill, not in a, like Winona Ryder manic way. Um, but she <laughs> she said that um the film might now hold on might be. There is no pleasing you. There is no, you are fucking impossible. (laughs) (laughs) You are, you are, you are impossible to please. You already made me mad. Like we're done. I know. God. Jesus Christ. You're so mad at Winona Ryder, but you're just like her. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if I was Will Byers, I would think that the fucking upside down is a fucking summer vacation compared to living with you. You're damn straight. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm gonna go hang out with Uncle Demi Gorgon. Get away from mom. <laughs> Look, if you were my kid, I would fucking put you in the upside down. Okay, I'm oh just gonna my. tell you right now. I'd be like, there you go. Here he is. Please, God, fucking take his ass away from me. Wow, she, she you burst into song there. That was cool. All right, fair enough. I will. I, I will give you that round because you actually burst into song. So anyway, hey, uh, we might have our villain uh, cast. We knew that it could be uh, Black Mask, but the rap is reporting uh, that uh, Ewan McGregor uh, is going to be possibly cast. He's in negotiations, final negotiations to play the Gotham City mob boss, uh, Batman foe, not Birds of Prey foe, but a Batman foe, Black Mask. Now, Umberto Gonzalez recently says he said he speculated that like, oh, this might not be the last that we see of Black Mask. He should he could show up in a future Batman film. But um that's who knows? That's just that speculation by Umberto uh, Gonzalez. But um, what do you what are you guys thinking about Ewan McGregor? Jake, have you ever seen him as a villain? I'm sure he's played a villain, but um, yeah, nothing comes straight to mind. I'm sure he could handle it, though. I mean, I think that'd be that'd be great. I like it a lot. I love uh, it. I love it, dude. I dude. I honestly feel like this could be the if if they've they've cast a great actor here. I love everything I've seen yeah. Ewan do. I don't think I've ever seen you in anything. Even the island. I like the island. Fuck you. I like the island. Not was it? Yeah, the I like I- it too. It yeah. was fun. I like the Who island. I like the island. Oh, uh, a lot of people. A lot of Michael people. Yeah, a no, lot. There's people that don't like that. Okay. Yeah, I guess yeah. So. yeah, yeah. I was t- I was talking to Rebecca like earlier. Yeah. She was like, "Fuck the island." She told me is what she said. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then. <laughs> no. <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that shit. Yeah, I did. 
Actually, I like that movie too. I like it too. I was gonna say, I, damn, Rebecca got like super aggressive. All I know, of a right? Oh, God. <laughs> I yeah I bought I have the island not on Blu-ray I haven't upgraded it but I bought it when it came out on DVD because I enjoyed the movie so much but um, I've never seen Ewan McGregor in a performance that I didn't like and so I'm actually thinking Jake this could be the best villain casting if it's done correctly if if they give him something to work with here this could be the best villain that we've seen in DC since Heath Ledger dude. Yeah, they, they definitely never is really cast very many established stars in the villain position, right? Especially in the DCEU as up to now, you know, right? I would say Maybe Jared Leto being the exception, but even he wasn't the main villain of the piece by any means whatsoever. Michael Shannon so. kind of like is not he's not like a huge name, but people do know who he is, but. Yeah, same with the Wonder Woman villain. I even forget the actor's name, but he's the, you Professor know, the, Lupin. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. So. <laughs> Which is like exactly. bad that you forget his name, so that means that he's not like. <laughs> yeah, the fact that I forget his name is a perfect yeah. example. Dude, but I yeah, would love yeah, you and McGregor. I would I love mean, that's to. Great. I would love to give Professor Lupin a laxative and call him Professor Poopin. <laughs> 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 and just like hear him like in his British voice behind a stall, like yelling at me, and I'm just laughing <laughs> as he's like. Dropping huge turds in the toilet, and I'm you're like, like, "What? I'm sorry, I can't hear you, Professor Poopin." Oh, was that again? Was so- that again? I'm sorry. What was that, <laughs> Professor Poopin? And- <laughs> I can't hear you for your splashing. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Jeez, so loud. Oh God. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you and McGregor, Black Mass. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, Tupperware that idea. It's great. And uh, Christina Hodson, uh, she's writing Birds of Prey. She's uh, the she's also writing Batgirl for DC. If that movie does happen, um, Rebecca, uh, Sarah, yeah. do you want that movie to still happen? Batgirl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I I'm all for a Batgirl movie. Who are you casting as Batgirl? Oh, jeez. Well, I heard it was already cast, no. and I heard it was going to be a show. No, well, that was is uh, we could get both. I mean, it's kind of like the Flash. This, yeah. Is, so, what's going on? No, no Christina. <laughs> Apparently, Christi- you know more than I do. So. Christina Hodson <laughs> is actually she's writing the Batgirl movie for DC. This was going to originally be Joss Whedon's movie. Joss Whedon has since left the project, right? And yep. so they could still have a Batgirl series, um, but, uh, you know, just like The Flash has its own series on the CW and they're talking about doing the movie as well, like Batgirl could also get the same treatment. So I didn't know, like, I'm asking film universe, who do you want, Sarah, in the film universe and not TV universe? Well, I mean, I liked who they picked, the chick that was in John Wick. I can't remember her name right now, but the. Oh, you're talking the, about, you're talking about that's Batwoman. That's Batwoman. Would you get your. That's Ruby Rose, and she plays Batwoman, not Batgirl. I thought she was going to be in Batgirl. Oh, I, I, I thought you were wrong the whole time. Her name is Batwoman, <laughs> and that is the actress Ruby Rose. All right? Ah, take Pardon that. Me. 
take that game set match. I need to my my bat bitches in order, I guess. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, bat bitches in check. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad that you see that there's a problem as well. Um, Well, obviously there is. No, no, Brian. Uh, now we're just now we're just trying to one up each other, and I'm not digging that. This is like we <laughs> just like hold on, let's let's back off a little bit. No, she's playing Batwoman in the. Whatever you like that shit, you like people one upping you. I like people one upping me. Yes, yeah, you like I, it. Please best me so I look like a punk bitch. That's awesome. Please. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, she's Ruby Rose is playing Batwoman in the CW, and she might get her own series. That's like people are speculating about that. Just like people were speculating that Tyler Hecklin might get his own Superman series, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. But um, yeah, but. Uh, you know what? Fat Fuck. girl. Let's yeah. go back to Batgirl. No, girl. let's not. Let's can we kill that? I want to take it back in the backyard and just shoot it in the head like old Yeller style and move on from this. Why? <laughs> I want to talk about Batgirl. Let's talk about Batgirl. I've been Batgirl trying to. Or... I asked you like ten minutes ago, who the fuck do you want to play Batgirl? And you're yelling at me about the movie and the TV show and and uh, and all this other stuff. I don't know. I can't yelling at you. I got confused about Ruby Rose because I got I got my bat bitches confused. I already said that. Like I'm sorry. Apologize. Wow, finally we get to an apology. Thank you. That's what I've been wanting this whole time. <laughs> finally. Shit. I finally. fucking gave him what he wanted. God I know. Let this be a lesson for everyone listening. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Don't make the same mistake that I made just now. <laughs> no. Honestly, I, I don't even care who you want. Don't step into that dog shit pile. Okay. I don't even care who you want as Batgirl because you don't know who's who and who's playing what. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so true. If I'm just, a bad source. I'm a bad source. Move on. Move on. I'm a bad source. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Rebecca, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> who do I want as Batgirl? Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, This is like. Uh, this is going to sound way out there, yeah. and and this might be an unpopular opinion, and it probably never happened. But I kind of like Saoirse Ronan. Oh, love it! You do love oh, it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I don't. I, yeah. I'm so in love with her. Like in the roles that she takes and the things that she does, and I love, I love, I love her in Lady Bird. Yes. Like, I, I love her as that just. Is okay, hold on, hold on. Lady Bird is Lady Bird is a great movie. I'm I'm gonna 100 percent agree with you there. But I think the people, I think the movie that people need to watch in order to maybe possibly even envision her as Batgirl is watch Mm -hmm. Hannah. Watch Hannah. Watch Hannah. Hannah is fantastic. Like uh, uh, one of our listeners, Kelly Claiborne, was like, "Dude, you got to watch Hannah, dude. You got to watch it." I think Kelly sent it to me. And I watched okay. and I watched Hannah. Oh my god, it is a badass movie. And Sir Ronan is I amazing. I haven't watched it, but I know you've talked about it before. Yeah, it's um, awesome. Yeah, like I'm just I'm kind of in I I, I like the choices that she take I like the, the, the choices she makes in roles and I like her range. Like even going like on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like I I loved her in, in Brooklyn. Oh, I um, love Brooklyn. Right. Ru- I, I 
I loved the way she brought that character to life because yeah. I, reading the book, I didn't particularly like that character. Really? Um, and I felt that she really conveyed on screen everything I liked and didn't like about that character. So I would kind of like, I would like to see her take on a role like Batgirl yeah. um, and, and have her show some vulnerability, but have her kick ass and have her, yeah, I, I think that that would be my, you know, if I had my way, fan casting would be Saoirse Ronan. I love it. It's not out of the question either when you look at uh, Academy Award winners like Brie Larson playing Captain Marvel. So uh, that that's a great example. You know, who who would have thought that like Brie would go from like doing something like The Room, which was uh, w- w- Room, <laughs> not The Room, but like <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Um, but like doing a movie like Room and then taking a role like Captain Marvel and, and I can't wait to see what she does with that role. I think it'll be incredible. And yeah, I, I would love to see what Saoirse Ronan could do with, with Batgirl. Her name is crazy. When you look at it, it doesn't even Isn't look. Isn't it? Yeah, oh my yeah. God. There's like uh, it's, vowels <laughs> and consonants just doing some crazy. It's, it's just, true. Yeah, it's just true. I, it doesn't even look like Saoirse. Like her name. No, it's, it looks like like Sayorsi. Sayorsa. Like, Sayorsa Ronan. Sayorsa Ronan, which it doesn't mean anything. But no. yeah, like it's yeah, that's that that's my fan casting I for, love it. for for Batgirl. I love it. I'd like fan to see her be an African American female myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh I'm serious, that's what I would like to see. Uh, oh, I, I think it'd be great. Okay. Rebecca, I'm making a joke like about um, Scarlett Johansson taking on roles. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I, I think it'd be great. My bad. That that would be interesting. I agree. Like like make her yeah like go a totally different direction. Mm, I think it'd be fantastic. There's already like fan art and everything going on like circulating around the internet about that. So I think it'd be fantastic. Well, me and Jake, me, Jake, me and you, have, we've, we've sent messages back and forth and we're all down for fucking uh, Michael B. Jordan being Superman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. big time. I, I co-sign cool. that. Yeah, me too. I'm one. We do not need more boring, same old, same old Superman movies. So that, yeah. would, that would be fucking I think amazing. that'd be great. He would. Yeah. And he would be great. Not just because he's black, just because he'd be fucking amazing as fucking Superman. God, he'd, oh, yeah. he'd be an awesome. Yeah, he would be great, yeah. He'd be a great Clark Kent, too. I mean, come on. Are you kidding yeah. me? He could be all, like, nerdy and shit. It'd be great. <laughs> oh, man. No, you're you're not wrong, like, to to see him take on on that aspect of the character. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like when fucking Steve Urkel turns into Stefan. Oh, God. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be great. Right? <laughs> That would be Michael B. Jordan as Superman. That would be like his inspiration. He would pull from Steve Urkel turning into Stefan. I really hope I really hope that's not true. When he goes <laughs> he goes into that like fucking like little booth and then he go, he goes in that nerdy, you know, uh pocket protecting weird son of a bitch and he comes out the sleek and suave Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> smooth oh my god he's so smooth and like laura winslow oh Wait, my god what show are we talking about right now family matters family, family matters. matters oh my gosh what comic is this? 
<laughs> it should have been a comic. They should have right? made one. <laughs> it was that crazy. Mm. Totally right. I'm done. I ain't got shit. Yeah, Star Wars news. Uh, not a lot, people. Uh, the Boba Fett movie would have been about the bounty hunters that we saw in Empire Strikes Back. That ain't happening. So why the fuck would we even talk about it? Ah, uh, boss gets fucked yet again. Yeah, boss gets fucked, right? <laughs> Every they're not, goddamn they're time. They're not making the Boba Fett movie? What? what nope. f- it's dead. No, it's dead. Yeah. It's dead and buried. No. Yeah, and whoever was directing it, Disney's ending their fucking career. <laughs> oh, Jesus. They're done. Yet done. Could be. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> no. And we're green lighting the because they didn't direct Guardians of the Galaxy. We're green lighting the Batwoman movie. It's Ruby Rose. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! I'm losing. Oh, man. Jake, I've lost. Yeah, I've but... officially lost my voice on this episode, yelling at Sarah. I think we'll get the stuff no, with the wait. other bounty hunters on the on the streaming show, though. Sarah, you like, are a breath of fresh air. You're welcome. <laughs> you were just, you were, I don't know. I don't know. You were just. What you, do you want, Brian? You want somebody to come on here and fucking lick your asshole and agree with you all fucking times? That's usually what you fucking Yes. Get. Yes. I want, I want subservient gas use. You do. You fucking want that shit. You like, you no, love that. I want to give you that. But so hold on. Agree. Listen, listen, hey, listen, listen, I listen. I a listen. little bit of offense. I do my best not to lick listen. your ass and get them riled. No, I want, no, I'm not talking about you, Jake. I'm talking about your guests. I want. They're all no. like scared of fucking death. Man, it's hilarious. Like, I want guests. Like, the, the past, like, look. I want guests to intellectually hold on. Listen to me. I am talking right now. I have the fucking floor. You've yammered on long enough. I want guests to intellectually. I want them to intellectually like come uh, come at me, and I want them to be able to intellectually kind of like uh, you know challenge me. But I want them to do it coherently. Okay, that's been the problem here with you, Sarah. Um, you know, <laughs> Great, so you're telling me that I'm not coherent. That's nice. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, come on! Uh, er, just moments ago, you were talking about licking asses and all this other stuff, and now I'm not. Hold on. No, don't don't get upset. Come on, knock what? it off. What? No, I said that you want guests to come on here that lick your ass. I do not. You I've do. never asked. I've never put out the bat signal for l- listeners to come on here and lick my ass. Um, All right, looking for guests to come on here and lick my ass on this one. Let me scroll through my Twitter feed. I'm sure I can find it. There are no. Hold on a second. There are no (laughs) ass licking posts out there. No, it's fine. If you want to challenge me and you not agree with everything I say, that's totally fine. Oh, God, Brian. I'm just fucking with you. Shit. Calm the fuck down. Oh, 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 I'm sorry if I'm being too Winona Ryder for (laughs) you. God forbid! Be too emotional. You need to calm down. I know. Brian, you act like you lost your son in the upside down. (laughs) And why are you upset about that? Like, God, we can have another one. It's okay, Brian. uh, I feel like this is a super appropriate time to uh, advertise that me and Matt Kirby are doing a uh, Hearthstone podcast. (laughs) Doing a what? <laughs> Called uh, 40 Dust. 
You can find us on iTunes. They just made new set announcements this week, and we're going to be putting out an episode on Wednesday. So that's 40 Dust on iTunes. You know how I feel about that, Jake? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That was coming. That's pretty much always the reaction I get when I bring up Hearthstone. <laughs> she also knows what's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, new cards. Oh, I thought you meant, I thought you meant her vagina. All right, guys. I I, 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 I want to thank I want to thank uh, two thirds of my guests tonight. <laughs> For joining us, I want to thank Jake. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. No problem. No problem. This has been fun, Rebecca. Thank you. This is um. This I will not forget this episode very soon. Oh. <laughs> I will this episode for a long time. I can't wait to have you back on to lick my ass some more, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Wish. <laughs> oh man, Matt's been really on me to advertise Forty Dust. He's really gonna appreciate the spot. All right, yeah. Everybody, ch- Jake has a Hearthstone uh, podcast <laughs> that he does with Matt, with our buddy Matt Kirby. It's called Forty Dust. So check it out. All right. So check it out. Sarah, thank you so much for making this probably one of the weirdest episodes we've ever had. I I can't thank you enough. That's amazing. At least you never said that it was the worst episode it's that you not, ever had. It's definitely no. not. It's not the worst episode. So that is, never happened. That never happened. Uh, it I is, was waiting for that. It is definitely <laughs> one of the most, I don't know, wildly crazy induced episodes it's just bizarre it's bizarre it's a bizarre episode it really is you liked it (laughs) wow okay fair (laughs) enough i I enjoyed it (laughs) jesus you said no you sound you sound like one of the guys that have been accused of this me too movement you liked it (laughs) (laughs) shut the fuck up and sit down you enjoyed it (laughs) okay all right whatever you say cosby <laughs> Don't accuse me of anything, motherfucker. You enjoyed that shit. <laughs> shit, somebody. She's gonna be. She's gonna be hosting. The talk. I was waiting for the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. Where is it? Doing. Doing. All right, I'm done. I, <laughs> that is something. That is that is something I Doesn't made. Even say your name. Whose name is she saying? Is it yours? No. <laughs> she says it. She says a name. Is it your name? Wow. Again, I, now now come the accusations. <laughs> yeah, there's a name that she says. Oh, Brian, did you satisfy her in that way? <laughs> yeah, what recording is this, Brian? <laughs> All right, guys, I don't even know anymore. This is this is getting this is getting off the rails. Anyway, we will see you next week, episode two fifty eight, Jake. But thank you for joining us on on our Heinz episode. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of pickles, <laughs> pickles. <laughs> oh man, that was a great transition. Yeah, I think that she says 
Brian at one point. She says. <laughs> no, she does not. She does not say my name. She, no, she totally does. She says your name. Don't do I go, Well, you know, what can I say? I just, <laughs> <laughs> at one point, I'm pretty sure that that's what I heard. Thing. That's you know that's 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 what Mrs. Byers needed. She just needed a good deep dick and to calm her out, right? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, she couldn't have hurt. So yeah, you know, Sheriff Hopper. He, that's how he got the nickname, right? No, that, right. I mean, he was right there yeah. the whole time. Like there you go. Like right. just. God, she needed to calm down. All right, let's let's <laughs> let's put this fucker to bed. All right, thanks. Uh, uh, just like all good leftovers stay in their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We will see you next week. See ya. So, thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, "I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap." Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy. It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Good it do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.